Previously on Martini Giant. You're a Martini Giant, and we're with the movies that we're talking about today are... No, I can't start over. <laughs> I was sure can. We're an hour and a half into it. It's only an hour and a half. We've re- we recorded other episodes Not before. That. We've done that before. Yeah, that was trial run. Let's go. Press market right now. We're going to start. Hi, welcome podcast. And I hung out there and stayed in this money exchanger's house with these two gorgeous Swedish girls who had wanted nothing to do with me. And um, they were so beautiful. We were saying comedy and tragedy? That was like, I was like, I can't understand how we can try to make this all work for all of us. And they would walk around their underwear and I'd be like, this is, you're killing me here. Socialism doesn't work. (laughs) Holy moly. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 24, which is our first and probably annual Halloween special. Yes, it is a triple feature. Each film is handpicked by one of our hosts. So we each picked a film that we want to talk about on our Halloween special. Uh, It is by far our longest episode at four and a half plus hours. But uh, it is a really good show and uh, really shows a consistency between these three films, even though they're very different from each other. So the first one is, uh, is Eric's pick, and is a Canadian film from 1988 called Pin, written and directed by Sandor Stern. Uh, it's actually really hard to find this film, and we discussed that at the beginning of the podcast, so you may want to figure out how you guys are going to try to watch it. Uh, the second film is Dan's pick, uh, which is a classic avant-garde film, Don't Look Now, from 1973, directed by Nicholas Rogue, starring Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Really great film, very interesting, uh, and uh, you know, well, well renowned in that in that genre as well. And then my pick is the Japanese horror film that started the entire horror phenomenon known as torture porn. It is Audition from 1999, directed by the very prolific Takashi Mike. Yes, he's directed over a hundred films, and Audition is one of his very, very good films. It is a very pleasant film. Starts off very beautifully, and then ends in a complete craziness that uh, would really gonna gonna give you nightmares. All three of these films will actually give you nightmares, uh, but uh, they are really great, and they actually have a relationship between all of them. Our Halloween special, Pin, Don't Look Now, and Audition. Enjoy. Do testing one, two. I feel like I'm a little hot, am I hot? You are always hot. Thank you. I love a good setup payoff like that. Okay, watch out because you have, Eric, you have a lot of liquids and your microphone is not positioned. So when you move that microphone, make sure you don't not watch that martini glass. Good guy. There you go. I got it. Those are very lovely looking martinis. Yeah. I just, honestly speaking, it's like all I had left. I should have picked up some alcohol. I I was going to bring some too. It's okay. I could drive. I have martinis and I figured, you know what? It's fine. So is this even vodka or is this like uh, I would never make a vodka martini. <laughs> that's right. You're not that a vodka. Is a that's, sin. that's a sin. That's not a martini. <laughs> that's, that's not a martini. martini. That's, that's just gin. vodka. Yep, yep. Yeah. Flavored. It's a vodka with olive juice in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no olive. In fact, this is the driest, most clean martini because it's pretty much a, a splash of vermouth and it's it's perfectly clear. It looks yeah. like Zima. Eric, you need to go a little lower. How's that? There you go. Oh my god. Okay, you know, there's been a request to uh, to see your sketches. I know. That's true. Yeah. But Thank you. Yes, I will do it. Are we recording? We are recording. Recording. <laughs> what is this you gave us? Okay, so here's the deal, right? So uh, first of all, 
this this particular let's let's go through what this episode is about first before I get into this piece of paper. Hello, everybody. This is Martini Giant. <laughs> Hi, um, a movie podcast, a, a podcast about movies. Uh, I figured, like, oh no, we get uh, October's coming up. We should really do a Halloween thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was. Uh, putting it out there. I was trying to figure out what the next movies were. I put this, I put a post out on Facebook saying, hey, what do you guys want to hear, which is what this piece of paper that I, uh, I, I printed for you guys is, and we'll get to that. But then I realized, like, oh, no, we really have to cover horror films. You immediately, of course, you guys went with, like, let's do Exorcist 3 because, you know, it's the the unknown amazing thing. It is the, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the sequel that no one saw because the second one was so terrible. Right. It's an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing one. But then I thought about the fact that the three of us each have brought up several times during the podcast our favorite horror films that yeah, – Multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. right? So you talked about Pin a huge amount of times. Strange, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a strange film. Oh, yeah. You it's talked special. about Don't Look Now, mm-hmm. which uh, is also a really strange film. There's Very something strange. about that film too and we'll get into that. Yeah. I, I noticed and we might have to do a separate podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that period – is where Donald Sutherland liked to be naked. He was oh, naked man. in Animal House. He is, he is naked. He was naked in Animal yeah, House. There's some nakedness. You just see his ass. And yeah, it's there's, like, there's nakedness. 76, 77, 78, 79. He wanted to show his ass. Yeah, that's true. No, it's like, true. He was, um, and we'll get hey, into it in guapo. Men, but men, he, like, really? He, no, he's not that guapo. No, in the, in, in the context, he was um, um, more guapo because uh, both him and Elliot Gould uh, during this period of time were, I believe, named sexiest man in America. Really? Yeah, I know it was true for Gould. I'm pretty sure uh, Sutherland was up Do there you want to well. know an interesting story? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay, all right, let's go. No, we'll talk about it later during when we talk. Put a pin in it. Put all right, pin put a pin in it. Yeah. Right. Pin. pin. <laughs> oh, the jokes. And then the last one was Audition, which I talk about a lot. Yes. Japanese horror film. And I'll get into why that was. Is it? No, it's not really a horror film, though. I mean, it's, it's a not. light comedy <laughs> that anyone should watch without knowing anything about it. <laughs> uh, but while I did that, I did post, like I said, I just before I, I said, well, we really got to do these things for October, mm-hmm. I did post something on Facebook and brought up uh, and a lot Ooh. of people responded. We got, I basically posted, uh, printed Kim, all the comments that people had. Kim Bauman Larson, you are 100%. Where's Kim Bauman Larson? Very excited. Who is this? Wong Kar Wai. I have a whole box set of his stuff. Oh, yeah, there right. we go. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through Wong it, right? Wong Kar right. Wai, for sure. Yes. So, so basically, here are some of the, uh, I basically said, what do you guys want to see? Which kind of guests do you want to see, et cetera? Uh, and so uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Smith wrote. What did What did Daniel say at the beginning there? Uh, I would love to. I would love to be a guest. Uh, but anyway, I used to teach a course in VFX history, and uh, I'd have my class watch VFX movies, and we would do film analysis. One of my favorite films, a trifecta of death and afterlife films. Uh, I showed them uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, that's a good one. What dreams be... may come right. and the fountain. Uh, makes really excellent uh, compare and contrast to the three films that uh, are th- thematically related. Yes. Now, I am a gigantic Jacob's Ladder fan. Yeah. Gigantic, gigantic. That's, we were just talking about that today. Yeah. It's a really good film. So excellent suggestion by Daniel. And Daniel, if you happen to be in the L.A. area and you're free on Tuesday evening, uh, we would love to have you on. Absolutely. Where's no. Daniel live? I don't know. I have well, no idea. We'll get it straight from Daniel. Now, uh, David Chappelle has said um, – uh, which he actually said ahem. Yes. He typed that, ahem. Uh, because I believe <laughs> that he would like to be on the podcast. Yes. And David, you're welcome to come on. Uh, you have to 
you know, text me or email me. You know who I am. And tell me what your movie suggestion is and uh, what should be paired. We look forward to having you on. We, yes, uh, we absolutely. worked with Dave, um, and uh, he's an excellent man. With uh, I believe, uh, I think he might want to talk. Last I talked to him, he may want to talk about the John Wick series. Mm. Oh, that would be good for David. Right, yeah, I think that might be yes. really excellent. So we'll, uh, we'll put that uh, up in the calendar or work that out with him. Uh, and uh, who's next? What's up? Uh, Nicole. Nicole Arnell, how are you? Yes, Nicole, uh, she, uh, 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 we, we worked with, with her at Didi, and she's awesome. Yes. And uh, she- It's almost like home shopping. Nicole, how do you like the blender? <laughs> so good. The four-speed Honeywell blender. I put chestnuts in that thing, and it was just like, it I, just made chestnuts. I do amazing. the same thing, so and good. we are so glad you like it. We're going to yeah. send you a you little You can make hummus with this thing in oh. seven minutes. No, I do have to say, <laughs> it did uh, blow up the fuse in the fuse box, but I had to replace that. A blade shot out and yeah. killed my dog. Oh, that's what happened to your dog. It happens, yeah. Are you going to pick that up? Well, you know, yeah, I, I love Honeywell. I love yeah. their brand. So, what, you know, yeah, got, a, got another dog. <laughs> so we roll. All right. But she, Vincent, basically, she loved the episode where Sally was on and she we should, she should have more female guests. Absolutely agreed. And uh, I would agree. And, uh, and then uh, Kat, uh, who uh, we also worked at uh, uh, with at DD and who recently had twins. So congratulations, Kat. congratulations, Kat. Yes. <laughs> Wait a uh, minute, I know Cat. Yeah, with a glass. Huh? Cat. Yeah, I know Cat from yeah. DD. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, so she she had tw- she had twins recently. Wow. Congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, Cat. So she said seconded. So basically, she went more female guests because they love the Sally episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally Existence, by the way, uh, did very well on our podcast. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, I completely say any volunteers. So either Cat or Nicole. I'm all for it. I know Dan is against having women uh, on a podcast. Clear. It just makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No. I, <laughs> That's you know yeah. you have to put up with my rampant sexism. That's just yeah. the way that so it Nicole, uh, Nicole it's and Kat, you two are definitely either you know we can only have one guest at a time. So uh, so let us know which movie you guys want to talk about and when you want to come on again. Tuesday evenings is when we record. Yep. We'd love to have you done, on. Done for sure. Yep. For sure. Alice Colomb, nicest guy. He lives in New York. Really cool guy. Do you represent uh, the coffee that we drink here? Yeah. <laughs> I, if you do, or if your relative owns La Colomb, because we need the, to talk to you. We're very angry about this. This is the third week of our uh, yep. co- uh, La Colombe uh, protest, and I'm, now I've switched <laughs> to drinking Rise Nitro That's right. Brewing Company. Classic latte. How is it compared to La Colombe? You know... The presentation is not as good. It's not as good. The, the graphic design is not as Alex, good. Alex, your family makes the most... Beautiful cans. Yeah, it's very true. It's the cans. We love the cans. And it has that patented thing on the top that makes it bubble. Yeah, yes. because this does not. Rise does not have that. No, they, Rise is still very good. I'm going to say it's very, very good. Yeah. They just have to it's get a little compare. bit sharper on the. Um, it's not compare. So no. what did what did what did Alex say? Let's see. What does Alex say? Do um, you want to take this one? You? I'll do it. Do Alex it. said this. Would love to hear an episode or devoted to the careers of certain directors mm. and how their work has changed over time. A few ideas. Steven Spielberg, yes. though you already covered a few of his. Mm. Michael Mann. Right. Seymour, which is another director out of his 70s. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I didn't hit and the Seymour button. Oh, so yeah. he had a delete longer Delete or hide this. I don't know. Oh, no, hide this is, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, Alex. Takeshi Katana. All right, Alex, <laughs> we will definitely look at uh, uh, like a director's favorite of some kind, right? That would be you cool. You don't have to uh, push me too hard to start talking about Michael Mann for way too long. Okay. So that's a big one for me. I, I always felt like I, – I remember I used to – my old writing partner – we used to watch really bad movies, and we watched one where he got me the French poster, and it was called The Domino Principle, and it was with Gene Hackman yeah. and Candy Bergen. That's right. And That's it, right. Was, it, it was I've, pretty horrible. I've not seen and the Domino it Principle, was the, the, one the director was 
in the 60s, it was like a monster. I'm trying to think who it was. And I was like, man, there's got to be a before, a before and after a film festival right. where it's like their best and their worst. Oh, like, yeah, turns the low points. The oh low God, points dude. because you can really see them trying to push their style through even though it's the subject matter sucks. Well, or, yeah, like, this is the one I was bringing up on this one. is Now, I love uh, John Frankenheimer, totally amazing director. Yes. Did uh, Seconds, did uh, Ronin. Uh, and a billion other great things. But he also directed one of the best, worst films of all time, uh, the giant mutant bear movie Prophecy, uh, which is indescribably amazing and we should cover on the show. Okay. It's a perfect Halloween film. He's dead though, right? He did die. Okay, he so he die. can't make movies anymore. No, he cannot make... Uh, he would never be able to make a movie to top Prophecy. Prophecy no. is a, a whole... Well, there's a chainsaw fight in Prophecy that... Uh, that a bears chainsaw? Uh, no, the bears... There's, there's mutant bears, there's mutant baby bears, there's mutant fish and a chainsaw fight and uh, a sleeping bag gets smacked so hard with a kid in it that it explodes in I've feathers. seen that this is amazing I've seen that movie so yes prophecy the sleeping bag scene yeah, like, I remember that it's movie it's incredible the, like the mutant bear attacks a camp that's right and this kid tries to get away but he's zipped up in a sleeping bag so he's hopping in a big yellow sleeping bag I saw that movie He sw- the bear swipes hits the guy and it looks like they fired the kid out of a sleeping bag cannon into a rock and he explodes into feathers. I remember that right sequence. Oh, it's, it's amazing. That, the kid, and I haven't thought about that movie since, that kid, yeah, it's the, it exploded. No, he explodes. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, they, yes, we are on board with the idea of, like, I would love to do, like, John Frankenheimer and talk about his good movies compared to Prophecy. You know what I'm going <laughs> to probably do? What? I, look, I don't want to talk. I know it's a podcast. <laughs> but the what thing you're supposed it, to do? Oh, God. The thing, I saw a film around 81, 82, Mm. In the theater, I would say Portchester, New York. The and Beast Within. No. No. It scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that film was, but I still can visually remember it. Mm-hmm. And I might try to just hire a private detective. It's, I, the thing is, like, there's, there have been times when I have an image from a movie that's described me as a child and it's floating in my head. Now that we have the internet, I love looking these things up. But you have to do basically all film released in 1981. Right. And then you have to go and look at the pictures and say, like, ah. Well, there was a a film that I saw when I was maybe four or five years old. And the only thing I remember was someone being pushed into a trap door that was filled. And then beneath it was like a giant pile of man-eating worms. And it was was a nightmare image for many, many years. I think you talked. No, you didn't talk. About I'm not sure. It. You talked like, about the ones the dolls in the firehouse and the yep, fireplace. That's yep, a different one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but this one, when I finally figured out what it was, uh, it re-traumatized me. I was very proud. Oh, so Battlestar so, so okay. So I yeah, have to that's say, the one. You know, I did. I, I, I did. I did print out the comments, but I didn't realize that I had to hit the see more button on all the comments to set the rest of it. So we did cut your comment uh, uh, short, Alex. But we will. We will definitely look into it. Uh, but However, there the is bottom, a yeah, there, Tor, 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 Torger, Torger, Torger Home. Yeah, yeah Torger Home says uh, Takeshi Katano, who is amazing. And right. uh, we could definitely cover, at very least, um, uh, Fireworks, which is one of my favorite films. Right. And Sonatine and some other stuff. Um, really, really amazing. Uh, okay. Jay Ramey. Jay Ramey has a lot. Okay, so Jay Ramey. Want to lose your current audience, he says. Yeah. Hey, guys, if wants, you want to lose your current audience, I didn't even know we had an audience. So. <laughs> uh, so, so, so he wants to do Jean-Philippe. Which is a it's a French film, but it's like not available in any other language but French. Mm. I don't think right, and it's about a guy who is a fan of Johnny Holiday, which is oh again, yeah, I love Johnny Holiday, right, right. and I love Johnny Holiday's plastic surgeon. That's <laughs> beautiful work. So <laughs> friend of the show. So he's like, unfortunately, there's no English subtitles, etc. And it's a big it's a big thing. 
I'd be happy to watch this. I'd be happy to watch this film. I don't know if we could cover it in a podcast because, again, it'd be hard for people to uh, see it or relate to it. But I'm totally on board with French films. So we really got to get some – I mean, I'm a big uh, Francophile. A Francophile. Franco-cinemophile. And so we can definitely cover some interesting French films uh, that I love. Uh, Have you guys ever seen – I think it's called the French film. It's a comedy. It's mm-hmm. very. It was very famous in France. I don't know how famous it was here to visitors. Oh, they they made an American version of it. Yes, yes. with Brian Cranston. Yeah. No. yeah. Yes. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. No, the guy from the original French version oh, no, was, I was hilarious. I, yeah, I remember the one you're talking about now. It's yeah. not the Cranston one, which is also that's just something I've thought out the top of my head. But something that people should like. You know, actually, that would be a good thing. Like French movies that were remade into American movies, where the American movies were terrible, but the original French ones were great. <laughs> There's a number of those. There's a whole lot of those. <laughs> There's a bunch of those. There's a whole lot of those. Uh, like uh, Cousine Cousine was made Cousin into Cousine. Yeah, yeah. It was made into uh, Cousins with Ted Danson. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or uh, um, uh, Three Men and a Baby. Oh, um, yes. With Ted Danson. With Ted Danson. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. that. Yeah. yeah, Three Men and a Baby, fabulous. That's right. Um, and uh, we also know that the Francophile that you are, we know that you have not seen Jean-Pierre Melville films. Yes, such as right. uh, the Red Circle, I believe. The, one. The, and, Cercle uh, right. the Cercle Rouge. The Cercle Rouge. And uh, um, uh, uh, what's the, what's the really great one? Shoot. I can't think of the name of it. Right yeah, it's the Alain Delon. Alain Delon? Yeah, Alain Delon. Alain Delon. Alain Delon. Alain Delon. Pretty good. There's, Pretty a, good. there's a wonderful selection of these on Criterion. Uh, if we uh, look them up, we should Now, what's so the when one I was, where when I was a, When I was a teenager and I would go to my friend's house and we would watch a bunch of uh, Betamax tapes of movies that he had, right? We were watching the, our action films were Alain Delon and Jean-Paul Belmondo. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Belmondo was like – well, he's famous for Breathless. But, yep. but he's also did a whole lot of action films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were awesome. That was great. And yeah. this thing is called – the one that I really love is called uh, – it's one word. It's like uh, – Le, Le Samurai? Le Samurai. Yeah, yes. Le Samurai is amazing. Good. And I believe he also did uh, the one Army those, of Shadows. And Army he, of Shadows is fucking Yes. Incredible. He also did one where it's those guys doing – they're on the coast of France by Chartres and they're doing that heist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, they're all getting in there. He did oh. it. Oh. It's right into my tongue. Yes, Belmondo did a film also called uh, The Professional. Le Professionnel, uh-huh. which is not the same thing as the as Leon, Leon, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and the professional is basically born identity. It's almost oh, okay, exactly cool. born yeah. identity. Is oh, a guy, yeah, yeah. Is that on Criterion? Uh, born? No, no. <laughs> Le Professionnel. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I have no idea. I gotta watch that. I think I have that on. I literally think I have that on DVD. And we do have to do. Uh, and of course, we have to do the combo of Breathless and Richard Gere in Breathless. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's lots of these. Jasper, great guy. Uh, I met him several times. He lives uh, down under. Uh, he wants to do some Wes Anderson films. So oh, yeah, of course, we should. Bottle yeah, Rocket. Bottle yeah, Rocket. Bottle Rocket and Rushmore. Rushmore. My go to. Yes. Mr. Kumar. Oh my God! I Did you ever think I do like I do I do, I do have a I do have a thing for uh, my daughter uh, Royal Tenon Bombs too. Royal uh, Tenon Bombs is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I like that one quite a bit. I'm, um, I'm by the way, hand to God. Uh, I won't say the name, but the members that family that I mentioned earlier from New York. Mm-hmm. I I am seventy eight percent sure that the Tenon Bombs is well, based on them. Is, yeah. Okay. So, so the I'm not Wes Anderson, but I watched. It, I was like, wait a minute, that's my old boss. Wes Anderson and, and who's the guy who's always in all the Wes Anderson films? Gene Hackman. No. Oh, Bill Murray. 
not Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, Shelly Attire's Luke, son. Uh, uh, Luke, Luke Wilson. Uh, Wilson. Luke Wilson. I think they're close friends. Uh, yeah, well, he um, he writes with Owen Wilson, right? Um, Owen Wilson, right. and uh, and uh, Owen Wilson co-wrote Rushmore, right? And Bottle so Light. I believe they all lived in Houston. Yeah, yeah. that's right. right. Yeah, and that's so right. Rushmore, which is interesting because it looks like it's a cold climate. It's all filmed in Houston. It's all Houston. Yeah. And so yeah. I lived in Houston, so I'm like, I knew like, wait a minute, that's you know, I knew all those places. It God, was I love that. Very movie. strange to. To see that, and yeah. because the the way the color looks, it just looks like Flat. New Jersey yeah. or yeah. Michigan, yeah, or something. but it's done. it's not. It's very hot, uh, and yeah. I feel bad for the actors wearing those heavy coats. I know, it's <laughs> bit, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, the um, uh, I would uh, I would say I would like to um, formally invite uh, my director friend Ben Hansford uh, on to talk about Bottle Rocket. If he doesn't have another movie in mind, okay. um, he's a commercial director. Uh, but he uh, and I uh, have known each other for many, many, many years. Right. And we went to go see a Bottle Rocket together, I think, when it came out. Yeah. Right. And uh, it, uh, it blew like, my damn mind. Great, great picture. Okay. So you had something to say about Kim Barman Larson, Eric. He's the next one on. Wong Kar Wai and I'm in Mood for Love. I love Wong yes, Kar Wai. So that would – yeah. And Christopher Doyle. I would – we should do that. Um, okay. Happy together. In the mood for love. There's a whole bunch. And I got oh yeah. And uh, what, what's the the, fam- the one that put him on the map was uh, 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 Chunking Express. Okay. Chunking yeah. Express. And we also have to do on that um, uh, Pedro Almodovar. Oh yeah. yeah. Time like, me, me down. Yeah. And yeah. also all about the, my mother. Yes. Yeah. All about my mother. Like all the stuff when he was with uh, what's his name? Um, Why am I? The actor. What's his name? You know, he lit uh, Melanie Griffith's ex husband. Yeah, he was in Zorro. Yes. Yeah, that guy. He was fantastic, but that 80s Almodovar. Oh, his new one's supposed to be great, and it has that guy back in it. What's his name? I'm so embarrassed, I can't think of his name. He lives uh, not far from me. Really? Yeah. So how do you cross Wilshire into the Hancock Park? <laughs> I don't live in Hancock Park. You cross in, he's he's got a house. Yeah, he's terrific. I can't think of his name, and I, I'm so embarrassed, but there it is. Um, yeah, he, he is uh, supposed to be terrific in Almodovar's uh, new I film. thought about Almodovar today because you know what? Um, I put on a Mark Almond uh, album from 83. I don't know if you guys know Mark Almond. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. He did. He was. He wrote that song with his partner called Tainted Love, and then he went solo. Tainted Love. Mm. But he did a, like, um, a Vermin and Ermin. Ermin and uh, Vermin. Ermin. Uh, Ermin and uh, Vermin and Ermin is the album, yeah, and that's it's like eight, it's it's totally it's totally like New York like gay disco, yeah, but, yeah. but it's not disco. It's like really great music though. Oh, that's awesome! It's very Euro kind of eighty forty five. And uh, listen to I'll send you guys a, a. It's so like period, but it feels like an all of our film. Oh right, right. Do you right. know that kind of music, and it's very kind of. Um, Euro beats, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Nowhere good. Girl from B Movie. Right. So I was like, oh man. And so I, I kind of had a hankering because I used to watch a ton of Almodovar uh, with this girl I dated and we lived together. Uh, she was Puerto Rican and she loved Almodovar. So we'd get the VHSs in New York and watch those. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Glitter is Futuristicum. I'm ADD moment, sorry. But that's the right. point is, they're very similar because they're real true artists. This true, is true, true artists. Banderas? I mean, is it Banderas? I, I, Banderas. Antonio Banderas, yes, but yes. Um, Almodovar and yeah. Wong Kar Wai yeah. are in the same kind of like their unique vision, and yeah. it's so oh, yeah. beautiful Wong Kar to Wai see. Blew, just blew my mind. I was like, I was really. He opened up an entire when I saw Chunking Express. Like that was like an absolute explosion for me. Like I was just like, I want to know everything about 
his cinema, about Asian cinema. There is another guy, and then we're going to finish on this, sorry. Uh, uh, when I lived in the village, there was a guy, I won't say his name because he's now a well-known screenwriter, uh, well-known. Mm-hmm. And But he, I used to see him at my video store, and he told me, oh, you got to see Bullet in the Head. Oh, Bullet in the Head, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I rented it there, and I was like, holy yeah. Christ. And I remember going to his place, like, I can't believe my head exploded. Yeah. How beautiful. And that was, who did Bullet in the Head? That was a it's, uh, uh, Chinese it's, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name, though. But yeah, no, it's those it's early ones of him. Yeah, it's great. Are great. Uh, those, but, uh, John, is that that's John Woo? John, John Woo. Woo. Yeah, it's John Woo. But it's early, 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 yeah. early John Woo. John yeah, Woo. John yeah. Woo. Yeah, who also yeah. did uh, like uh, uh, yeah. you know, like the, the feathers falling. The falling. Yeah, yeah, Birds exactly. flying. And uh, what's the the, the great the, one in them? Didn't he do the killer? No. Yeah, the killer. killer. And uh, the what's the. Oh man, there's the one that I love. Face I, off. I, I can't, oh. Face off. His American work. His is a American work is his, yeah, definitely his original weaker. work is fantastic. Yeah, the, the, really the Hong Kong fantastic. stuff Hong Kong is way is better. Yeah, it's it's the um, that's worth checking out. Yeah. As who well. is the main hard actor? Boiled. That's hard, hard, hard boiled. Is hard boiled is the big one. Who who's the the guy in hard boiled? Oh yeah, he, he's in um, he's in uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as well. Yes. He plays Lee Mubai. Uh, oh god, I can't think of anybody's name tonight. It's so embarrassing. That's okay. Coffee has not kicked in. But yeah, no, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that guy. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Eric Hansen says that Darren Guilford should be on because he should talk about idiocracy and how uh, it's so similar to what's actually <laughs> happening today, uh, which is great. <laughs> and like Eric, if you want to put me in touch with Darren Guilford and see if he wants to come Hello, on to the Eric. podcast. Uh, you know Eric Hansen. He can help me yeah. get a start in this business. Absolutely. He you got and me, him. He get me in touch with you. At, uh, at, but uh, I knew at him uh, when I taught myself the computer, and he was at um, the, um, the, the SGI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the yeah. SG in the late nineties. Yeah, uh, in the SG um, workshop in Santa Monica, the Silicon Graphics Studio. Yeah, and he was out of there. That's where I met him. Eric's a cool guy. Great guy. I like Eric. And then a finally, lot. we have a note from Sally Slade. A note from Sally. Go ahead. What does Sally say? Uh, Sally says, "Whenever I'm." Uh, uh, hitting the theaters, I like to take. Uh, now I'm going to mispronounce this name, but uh, Lillian Diaz Prisbel. 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 I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, forgive me, Lillian, if I got that wrong. Um, uh, when I met her a decade ago, she was a manga editor uh, at uh, the top of her field. Uh, she's since pivoted and is a producer at Butcher Bird Studios. Uh, would love to hear her take on literally anything. So would we. So we would we. So Sally, put us in touch with Lillian. Uh, we would love to have her on. Uh, and, you know, actually, Sally, you're also welcome to come back on anytime you want to. And I'll shut up this time. <laughs> Guaranteed. You're not going to mansplain her VR? <laughs> no, no. It'll be a good comedy routine if I did that again. But, uh, but yes, I, uh, no, I, will, I, I will sit patiently. I'm just kidding, Dan. <laughs> no, it was really funny. No. I'm, it was really funny. Sorry, Sally. <laughs> uh, we miss you and we love you and we would love to have you back. All right. So that was a lot of great, great feedback. And I'm going to put this all in the document. And I think that honestly, we have enough content from this stuff that we can just basically go for the rest of the year. Yeah. But that doesn't mean don't send us new stuff. Send us more. Send, send us, us more. Can I say one thing? Of and this is a challenge. Yeah. What if we did like a filler buster show where we just go on, we try to shoot for like 18 hours? <laughs> You know we, I could do we, this. We watch 12 <laughs> movies, and we do it, and we can't sleep, and we're oh. filibustering. Who, who, didn't, it's didn't, the great didn't Meg, Meg, Meg send us something about, like, the advent calendar of movies, 100 movies? Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100 movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
We yeah, might have enough in the catalog where we could take like a year off. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. So, so if, perhaps we should start like a, a GoFundMe to support us during the times. <laughs> but I, mostly I to d- pay like food. Yeah, exactly. And whatever. We'll else just we need. eat power bars. Whatever power bar company wants to sponsor us. That's right. We'll eat power bars and then just drink, and drink La, La Colombe. Colombe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we. Do. That's worth a shot. I, I would definitely. Uh, I would. I would. Uh, How far can you go? Yeah. How far can you go talking about movies? Easy. Eighteen. Easy. Eighteen hours is actually pretty easy. I bet I you could we, could, we could. Do we that. could do that. I could do that. I just in my need. Sleep. I need like some I sort of cup or something yeah. to urinate in. But other than that, I, I think it would be worth it to try if we edited it down to like we thirty record, seconds. Yeah. We. <laughs> Basically, what? Like we, if we did like thirty, 30 seconds, if we did thirty six hours, one thousand thirty second episodes, <laughs> like, and boil it down to like about, imagine that, minutes. and we posted them all. By the way, I sent some new logos. Do you want to put them on to Spotify? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take care of the logos. Magnificent. No, no, I'm not being pushy. I think, I'm just no, I know. I think, yeah, because I, I noticed said, today because like, you have huh? you sent. Well, you didn't send me. Lo- you sent me a bunch of logos. So we basically no. I sent to- you two in the last ones. Did you see the one I made? I that was I did. We, and we can talk about it after the podcast. No, we'll let's talk about it now. You guys no, are going. No, everyone we're not gonna- listening at home, you will see these logos. <laughs> yes. They are amazing. Well, no, I gave you two styles, so I, you can see a different I, resolutions. Yes. We'll pick, we'll pick the best one and show it to the audience. Yeah, it's not. But I just sure. you know, pump them in and, yeah, and make it happen. Yeah, it's be beautiful. How was, um, <laughs> before we get into it? How was everybody? I'm good. Good. You good? Ready to rock this out? Hey, let's do this. What I mean, okay. So the first thing I'm going to say about these movies, these movies, um, it was really interesting to see all three of them. Yeah, because there are they are very related. Yeah, there's um there's some weird crossovers between all subject three, matter wise, subject matter wise. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The most the, the the obvious relationship is that it's all dealing with people slowly going insane or obsessive. Right. After dealing with a loss in a family. Yeah, all three have deaths in the family. Deaths in the family. Yeah. And they're all slowly going crazy. Crazy yeah. or do different weird things. Yeah. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is Pin. Yes. Mm. Uh, which was Eric's pick. P-I-N. P-I-N. Mm. Which, if you guys try to re- – okay, one more note. We are going to spoil all these movies. Right. And, and horror films usually don't do well with spoilers. If you want to watch them, if you basically say it, screw it, I'll just listen to this anyway, go ahead and do so. But if you want, just stop the podcast, watch these movies before right. you get into it. But the only way we can really talk about it freely is to basically spoil the whole movie. Yeah, these are all fairly old movies. And they're all fairly old. When, yep. What year was Pin? 88. 88. 88. Okay. So it is the wow. only way I saw could find this movie to see it. Literally, I tried to rent it or buy it or whatever. Right. It was on YouTube. Yeah, same. For free. Yep. The whole movie, right? I don't think it was there legally. Yeah, but it's there. Yeah, no, and it's the only way I could see it. I, I, I get the feeling from watching this movie that people involved with this movie are probably in jail for something. <laughs> like it is an, it's a weird, weird movie. Yeah, really and I weird, told you that. Very weird yeah. movie. The, the acting is pretty. Good. Well, it's like it, the well, it's, father. It's is, all, oh well, the father's great. The father is the father is really great. good. The father is uh, the actor who played uh, American uh, on, television. Yeah, he was he's on Lost. He was on Lost. He is um, oh, right Locke on Lost. Yes, uh, so he's oh the one God. the notable person in this movie, and he is quite a good actor. And the the I always yeah he, sorry I interrupted. Oh no no good the opening sequence with the window. Oh it's yeah it's crazy. 
Like, it's a crazy movie. So let's get, let's let's give a synopsis, Eric. This is your film. Give your your synopsis, Dan. You want me to take this away? Take it away. Okay, I'll take this away. Because <laughs> okay. I'll ADD. I, yeah, I can so tell you that. Here we go. So Pin is a Canadian film. Uh, 1988. It, fe- it feels super Canadian. And for people that are fans of Canadian film, you'll know what I mean. For people that don't know, that means it is distant, chilly, sexually disturbing. <laughs> well, that, there's a sexual tension. <laughs> there's like There's some weirdness going on. And it's all... Just beneath the surface. surface so, like, yeah. can, like Canadian horror films, and uh, championed by David Cronenberg, but mm-hmm. all the Canadian horror films I've ever seen, um, there's some wonderful Canadian films that aren't like how I'm describing. But horror in Canada is is a particular tone, awkward, and it makes you feel very, very weird. And this movie, everything is happening essentially below the surface. It's not a very gory movie or anything like that. Um, but the basic setup is – It's when sex felt weird as an adolescent. Yeah. It's, it yeah. really makes you feel uh, gross. And, right. uh, uh And so the setup is that – let's see if we can get this right. Start with the opening scene. Start with the, the opening scene. The opening scene, scene scares the shit out of me. There are time. kids that uh, 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 are sneaking up on this house where they, um, where they believe – yeah, like the house. There's something weird about it's the a haunted, large it's a haunted Victorian house, house, and there's someone. Something weird about it. There's a guy in the window of the house, right? And it doesn't. He and, doesn't move. But he doesn't move. Like it. Like it's essentially like a a mannequin kind of flavor to this. Right. It's a medical ma- mannequin. Yeah. Type well, of, no, no. And, well, they, 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 it yeah, just looks like a dummy. Yeah, it looks like a dummy. But so like the. Uh, the kids dare each other and one dare one to get up, climb like, up. Is that the a house. real person? No, it's there all the time. Yeah. It's always there. It doesn't and move. Kid climbs up to the window and you just get a quick glimpse of a really weird face and the kid falls back off the house. And no, no, runs. no. And then uh, the, the eyes blink. The eyes blink. Yeah. So you think maybe it's like essentially like a right. mannequin in a chair and then the eyes blink. Yeah. So uh, then it says 15 years earlier or no, 20, Se- something 15, like that. 15 years. I forgot. Something like that. Something, 20 years yeah. earlier. Whatever. And um, you get the backstory that leads up to this, which mm-hmm. is you have these two kids, brother and sister. They're young. De- they're young. Their father is a doctor in this sort of small town. Mm-hmm. And the father um, in his office has a life-size visible man style dummy. So you can see through its plastic skin to its musculature inside and organs mm-hmm. and organs and stuff like this and it, it's just made of plastic it doesn't do anything it's just it's just a man's size it's, it's used for like education educational though. purposes, right. purposes. Right. anatomy things and he in uh in order to sort of communicate more sensitive ideas to his kids but or to any kid or to any kid um speaks through pin with a ventriloquist voice right and uh so pin has it pin is the name of the thing pin is uh uh, has it has the doctor's voice, but in a very sort of weird, high pitched, ventriloquist dummy kind of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the young kids don't know that the kid that Pin is not awake and it's a dummy, but everyone older understands what's going on, and this right. is just a way to communicate with kids. Right. Well, he does this with both of his children, and one is a boy and one is a girl, and the boy believes it is real, and that you can just. He's talk also to Pin. slow. Yeah, he's something, something weird about him anyway. Like there's something off about the kid, right? And his sister's very protective of him. And sister's younger sister too. Younger sister. Right. And And there's a point where the two uh they're they're asking specifically 
questions about uh, sex. Yeah. And this and is where the movie pin, is going to get awkward yeah, for you right. immediately. So Pin decides <laughs> to give them the the sex talk. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's, the, it's the dad giving them the sex talk. But it's Pin. That's, but it's Pin that's doing the talk. In a very trickless voice. Right. And uh, the boy is riveted. Yeah. yeah. And the girl is like, what? What's and happening? Right. she turns around, looks at her dad. And puts and, it together. And notices her dad's lips right. moving slightly. Right. So yeah, she understands. It's She's like, oh. The, the, her brother, though, weird. does is, not know that right. this is uh, a fake. Right. Uh, so he thinks that Pin is some sort of living creature who talks about sex to kids. Right. <laughs> um, and then he starts wanting to that ask. That alone is like, okay, that's why I've always said it's the strangest this movie gave that alone, that the premise, willies, yeah. The, the opening ten minutes, I was like, "This feels like a movie." Like I said, by someone who's in jail for something. <laughs> like right. a, it's the kind of movie where you're like somebody so, with a pedophile smile. Yeah, exactly. Like, does the director have to introduce himself to the neighborhood when he moves to a new town? Because <laughs> this it's feels really, really fucking sh- weird. Right. Uh, nothing explicit happens. Nothing. No one is put in a bad position. But that no, makes but great it, filmmaking. Though. It definitely makes it like it no. Is, it's really good. Now, juxtapositioned against audition, we should talk about. That later. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, but the so um, the the boy and the girl get older. The girl is very interested in uh, in learning about learning more about sex, and she's a very sex positive character, I guess. Right. Um, but the boy, she's interested in sex. Yes, she really and she's like it. she's curious about it, and and that's the way her character goes. Right. Um, the boy, however, has a sort of traumatic experience when he goes to talk to Pin. By himself, or, and hides in his dad's office, and then was it the, I, 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 the I can't remember was it like his secretary or was it like was it the mom or was something like the, no, no, the, the nurse secretary okay yeah because yeah, the, the nurse was, comes in and, and, and starts to and, get erotic with yeah and pen. basically uses grabs pen pen as a sex as, toy as a sex toy as a sex right. doll it's a sex doll this messes the boy up tremendously right and uh, and you can see that his brain gets scrambled by this imagery and it starts him off down a completely broken pathway. Sure. So he has a very, um, he like, there's nothing going on that's disgusting between him and his sister, but there's definitely like, he has very close feelings about his sister and is very protective of her. And right. essentially like, you know, uh, as they get older and they're in high school and stuff like this, like his sister is a little bit more promiscuous. Promiscuous. Yeah. And, uh, and when he finds her, Fooling around with a dude in a car, like, he, and the, they make fun of him specifically. Yeah, exactly. So the 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 because his sister is a little bit more promiscuous, and he is, uh, you know, a, a little bit nerdy and weird, and and not very approachable, or right. the kid that you make fun of in high school. Right. Uh, they they write on his locker for a good time. Call this guy's sister. Right. Little, exactly. You know, so he gets really angry. Right. Uh, he uh, he. Um, Pull like he he opens a car door where his sister is fooling around with this guy, pulls the guy off and punches him and like right. starts a big uh, thing about this. Right. Then two weeks later, uh, it you know, his sister comes to him and says, "I think I'm I think I'm pregnant." Right. Right. And uh, and he's like, "You have to tell father. You have to tell Pin. You and have to tell Pin. You have to tell Pin." She and, doesn't tell father. You tell Pin. Yeah, you have to tell Pin and get Pin's advice on this. Right. And she's like, "Pin's not." Real, and he's like, don't you say it's not real, and right. uh, and um, and so and these are these he's like he's in he's high teen, school, he's like yeah. a seventeen high school, yeah, he's yeah. definitely weird, yeah, and so they go to the dad, the dad takes the 
takes them to the you know takes says like the dad's very controlling and very pissed off and says don't tell that is very very controlling yes which is really the down the road you could tell the very beginning of the movie you can he's not a good guy he's He's not he's a bad he's a bad guy yeah and uh so his parents are messed up like they like early on you see them like essentially forcing them to stand and eat at the table and all this other right mother is a complete neat freak yeah and so the uh the minute they eat they like Like they're messed up from the from the get like 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 very very controlling right and so it's sort of surprising that the daughter turns out as normal as she does right because like it happens certainly the boy normal kids come out of messed up families yes the the but the boy is the one who is completely messed up right and um but so the the dad is agrees because he's the doctor says i'm you know i'll I'll facilitate this abortion for you, and we don't tell the mom and all this stuff. And uh, right. dad gives his do- his own daughter, daughter an yeah. abortion, which is nasty. Messed up. And like they they don't show any, they don't show it. But no. it's just like conceptually, it's disgusting and right. and, and awful, and uh, and manipulative and terrible. And uh, and it messes up the 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 brother character even more that all this has happened. Right. Uh, so he thinks very negatively about sex, very, very negatively about boys who want to have sex with his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, he now he's convinced that pin is totally real and all this stuff. And, uh, and he starts talking to pin, even though he's like planning on going to college. Now he starts talking to pin like by himself, uh, his sister discovers in pins voice. So, so he actually, you because, has Pin's voice. Yes. He starts – like he goes to see Pin you start, and starts it's, it's ventrilo- strange. ventriloquizing the dummy, but you, he doesn't you, realize that he's doing it. He, well, you, you don't – you don't know, like at the, like for a while, you're like – you're watching and it's like, is Pin really is, talking now? Yeah, is Pin really is awake. it a supernatural thing? Right. It's, it is not a supernatural thing. It is not. It right. is basically like – But they it, set it, it up a little bit like it's supernatural from right. the very first shot. Right. But, you know, like the when it blinks yeah, is this a ghost or is this a whatever? The right. right, and so like, like is he moving. really a person or what's right. going on? And you realize like, no, he's basically got, you know, schizophrenic, multiple personality disorder, right. that kind of stuff. Right. right, and so he he starts talking as Pin when he is talking to Pin. He so thinks Pin is talking. He has conversations with Pin, but right. basically Pin lives in his head. In his head, right. and uh, and he becomes obsessed with it. Um, uh, the dad finds out about this. And it freaks the dad out so much um, that he and he can't tell his, the wife and all the stuff that he like he uh, he finds out because he has to go deliver this uh, speech to a medical association with his wife, and he forgets some papers that are very important for that. So he drives back to the office and he finds his son talking to Pin, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That's fucked up. You stay here. You leave. Don't tell Ma. You stay here. I'm going to take Pin, and I'm going to." basically give pin away right now my solution is like i'm gonna put pin in the back seat and i'm gonna give him away at the medical party right and uh and the and the boy is brokenhearted and and he feels crazy that right. Pin is going away and now the father is very controlling right says i have to get i have to do my speech and they drive he's, he's like, driving gonna like, be like driving yeah. way too fast yeah 40 miles over the speed uh, over the speed limit uh the wife's like Please slow down. Please slow down. Pin's in the back seat, rocking back and forth. And there's definitely a semi-supernatural overtone where Pin is about to cause a car crash. Right. And the car crashes. Right. And Basically, because Pin is, you know, a dummy, he's laying down. But because they move the car up and down, 
Pin ends up sitting up right in the car. Yeah, right. And he looks like Pin is like back there, and right. he's looking at Pin through the rearview mirror. And then right. suddenly something crazy happens, and then Pin just bolts forward. Yeah, like he hits the brakes a little bit, and then Pin jolts forward. It looks like Pin is leaping on top of them. Right. Car crashes, and both of them are killed. Right. Um, Mother and, and da- father die. Right. Uh, the the the, the, for, the family fortune or whatever it is goes right. to the kids, but is being controlled by. Uh, aunt. The aunt. Right? right. And so now the kids have to live with the aunt. And uh, and the boy is like, you know, the boy is now a man. He's like, he salvages Pin from, Pin from the car crash. And now he wants, he keeps Pin upstairs in the attic. Mm-hmm. And the aunt is like, we can't have that creepy mannequin around. That's bad news. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't do that. And then, so to cut to the chase on that one, he basically uses Pin to frighten her to death. Right. That's his first semi-murder as right. the crazy, crazy kid. Right. Um, and it plays that scene as if Pin is the one who is actually doing this. Right. Like in this sort of hellraisery supernatural he way. He gives her a massive heart attack. Yes. Yeah. And so I, so he's, he's, I guess the kid is like carrying Pin around like a puppet and waving him in front of the aunt. It's very loosely, loosely done. And the uh, aunt is screaming and screaming at the top of her lungs. Uh, nobody else hears anything. She has a bad ticker. She has a bad ticker. She collapses. Then right. that's it. And now they, now he basically has all the money in the house. So it's just the two of them. Yeah, it's just the the brother and the sister, and Pin. And now Pin is like, you know, like he's dressed Pin up in a suit, and Pin sits and yeah. has dinner with him. Oh, and he puts skin and makeup and then he puts on makeup and like basically that to me and, was like. Yeah. There's another level. Talk about yeah. Uncanny Valley. Yeah, it's like Pin looks like a CG character from 1998. <laughs> so it's, a, it's nasty. appropriately disturbing. Yeah. Right? It is very disturbing. It's just that imagery alone. There's some really right. strange stuff that it just throws you off. And you're yeah. basically like trying to make him look like his dad. Yes. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, like I want to recreate this controlling force in my life. So suddenly these two kids that are no longer kids now they graduated high school or whatever right. they're right? in college and they're and in beyond, college yeah. or whatever yeah. so they live in this house that's just the two of them right big house with with pin a giant plastic dummy painted look like their dad and, yeah. and pin is <laughs> asking to be the accountant for the family yes he to wants, to, control wants to control over the control over everything <sighs> yeah uh and and specifically pin is unhappy about uh the daughter Dating people. That's right. right. And but uh, the daughter gets a job, mm-hmm. although they have uh, plenty of money to do whatever. But she's like, I need, need a job. She gets stand a job in the house with the crazy mannequin. Yeah, yeah. So she gets a job at the library. Right. And she's apparently agreed to, just like she understands what's happening, but she's like, it's my brother. It's okay. What can we do? You know. He's yeah. A, she's accepted, her, but yeah. she's lived with her brother for so long. But yeah. And like it's her whole life. She doesn't think that he's dangerous. At the same time, she knows he's really messed up. Yes. And right. because she happens to work at a library, mm-hmm. she starts to do a lot of research in psychology. Right. right. And realizes, like, he, these, this is the psychological problem he yes. has. Yes, yes. Right? And, and, and she decides to just continue to go along with it but, and treat him like, I'm basically taking care of him by letting him live out this fantasy. Sure. Right. That's, that, like, this is how he's going to cope with this problem, right. so let, this, let this Pin be how, around. Right, right, let Pin be around. Right. This turns out to be a big mistake. Big mistake. Yes. So she does start to date someone, as she should. Pin hates him. Uh, n- well, no, the brother hates the him. The brother hates him, yes. But she's trying to be very nice about it. It's like, hey, it's a nice guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you have to meet Pin. And, and then she, she's like, you should come, you know, 
come by the house and it's like and then it's like no bring him by the house i'll make something else like he has to meet pin right says the brother and he's like yeah yeah and she's like oh great that's not gonna great and then but she apparently warned Mm -hmm. the boyfriend beforehand beforehand and he's like whoa you know yeah. boyfriend does a very good yeah. face <laughs> face yeah. is like he was what? american his, yeah. his face was like oh okay That's okay cool. yeah i heard a lot about you pin, pin. yeah exactly they, he takes it relatively well he does take for it the well. level of crazy that it is yeah he realizes like okay because he's still interested in her because yeah. he could just say fuck this i don't want to have anything right. to do with this crazy family right. and he's represented as a relatively nice guy he's a relatively well, nice yeah, guy yeah, yeah. and he's Not he does the, he does a very cute little flirting about like trying to like pick up the girl Mm-hmm. At the library right. because like, oh, I need a book on this or I need a book on that right. and right, right. trying to ask her a bunch of questions until he finally gets the courage to ask her out. I thought of you, Eric, when you were trying to ask out Nancy at the, at the coffee shop. Oh, that's very sweet. That's very nice. <laughs> I just was thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was very it was very cute and sweet, right? Yeah, so sure. do that. And actually, it was like okay, and not unusual for She's, the film because there are no natural good relationships in this film at all. And none. To see, yeah, like none. It's, it's the I only thought, time you're like, oh. I was actually, actually watching that and was like key to the normality. I'm not talking about they weren't necessarily very good actors in this movie except for the the, the guy we mentioned before but I thought that whole like flirtation scene felt very genuine. Oh, it worked. Yeah, no, it definitely and she works. And was, she was good. She was yeah. good at feeling I, like... I would definitely there's say also like, such a preppy's 80 feel to it. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Like, the, the entire thing The feather feels. is very 80s hair. My God, her hair was so like... Yeah, the, the, it's like an explosion of blonde hair everywhere. Well, let's see, we'll, we'll, some, we'll fin- finish up the rest of the plot real quick. Okay. The, um, uh, the pin is unhappy with the development of this relationship obviously and um because you know it leads her to sort of lie and so um the brother is upset meaning pin is upset right and the brother uh attempts to get the boyfriend over to um sort of talk about something surprise party surprise party whatever it is they're gonna do a surprise party and so the boyfriend comes over and of course it's actually a trap the surprises i'm going to hit you with a hammer or something <laughs> right and uh he attacks the boyfriend no uh, no no pin, pin, i'm sorry pin, pin yes. tells the brother pin hit, him, hit him with a hammer yeah exactly it's so strange and yeah. uh and because like, yeah this is a weird scene because like he uh he uh like he looks to pin like what should i do and then pin's that like is... you should hit yeah it's really fucked up and um and then uh he, uh he believes the guy is dead or dying and he stuffs them in the wood pile, and then when the sister comes home, pretends like the guy didn't show up or something. We should just have a. And then she finds out. Like, but yeah. she clean. He, he cleans the carpet. Oh my god, that cleaning of the carpet. Yeah, yeah. It's like out, out, damn spot. Yeah, right? it's absolutely. very Lady Macbeth. Yeah, right. And uh, and uh, you know, shortly it is discovered that the boyfriend was beaten and put in the wood pile, and so she uh, uh, takes the. It takes uh, what an axe or something like that, whatever it was from the woodpile, and comes in and and has at her brother and uh, and swings at her brother and it cuts out, and you find out that the boyfriend lived, and they are ostensibly married, him right. and the, the the sister, and they live in a house, which right. is what you saw in the beginning, and uh, or. This is the place. Anyway, they're they're going to, and they, she goes up inside the house, and there's a caretaker there, and she walks into a room, and you see that Pin is sitting in the window, 
when this is the window right. that the boys saw the mannequin in in the beginning. Right. Um, and uh, there's a conversation she has with Pin right. as Pin is facing away. And then, of course, the hammer pans over and shows that it's her now apparently paralyzed brother uh, with lots and lots of makeup on to look uncanny valley-ish. Right. And he believes that he is Pin and that uh, that no one's seen the brother for quite some time. Right. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And uh, this movie, we saw, as we said, we saw it on YouTube. So I don't know whether it was the fact that I was watching on, like, I don't know, like... 640 by 640 480. by 480. <laughs> I th- no, it was 240. So it was 240? Four, 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 like, yeah, it was 360 by, by it was 240. So, uh, like, it was actually it was very low res. Very low res. It was difficult to tell who people were at times. Like, it was right. so, like, compressed and blocky and strange. Um, so, I don't know if a high res version of this would make me feel more or less disturbed, but the general tone was totally nightmarish. Strange pastel world. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very, very weird movie. It's an odd film. It's an odd film. And I, what I was going to say is It was like, a great suggestion. Yeah, it's a really, it's certainly a unique, a totally unique horror movie. And like it is a, uh, it felt like, like I, I feel like David Lynch might have seen this. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, the, like the really great version of this film, in a sense, is Fire Walk With Me. Like right. it has a lot of the same overtones. It has exactly the same kind of uh, weird pastel nightmare flavor, um, a consistency of I mean, you can't say bad acting, but like strange acting, stiff, St- like yeah, intentionally stiff. It's very consistent through the entire movie, and everybody yeah, mood does it. is over over the subject. Yeah, in terms of like let's get that mood right, 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 because everything is like a painting. Yeah, no, it's it's it was a really it was a really odd. But the sexual tension in so much of it is really strange. It it's it gets you. Yeah, no, it's very. It's it was a. I thought it was a very upsetting, weird film. And like, I think that it's like it's the kind of thing that I think that people are gonna. You know, a lot of people are just gonna be put off by the like the very strange relationship. All they have front. to do is watch the opening. Yeah, and, and then you'll know what the you'll, level you'll, is. Yeah, right. Um, but it, it is definitely worth watching. I think that the. Uh, I would I would like to see a good print of this movie. Like, I've I've seen a DVD of it. Oh yeah, okay. And it's 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 you know glossy. It's an eighty style, mm-hmm. particularly for the night shots. Right. But it is good. It it looks good. It's not the six forty four eighty. Yeah, thing, it's not the crappy. But it's still it's still creepy. So no when, matter when did, if, when did you first say what's the story behind this movie? Oh, how'd you even? I didn't. Even, I've never even heard of this movie. Yeah, um, my old writing partner. We God, we wrote probably uh, like seven features together. And we stopped writing together probably 2012. But he in high school used to work at a video store in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he he's really knowledgeable. He's a huge Robert Allman fan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. we could sit there yeah. and he could break every shot down. It's really wonderful, down to sound cues and yep. everything. And he's a bright guy. Um, he basically was like, oh, God, dude, this is the creepiest movie. Because he remembers <laughs> – funny stories, too. <laughs> like <laughs> – like people whose family members would come in and some family members would be renting pornos, but he'd be like, would you tell your son that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> totally. Oh. Three days late on uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like half the half, like families in, in 
<laughs> total douchebaggery, but funny stories. And he uh, basically was like, you got to see this movie. And I rented it and I was like so disturbed for days. Yeah. I was like, that opening scared the shit out of me. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. When you don't realize what is real and what's not. So in that opening okay. scene, years later, it's pins of you, he's moving and everything and just feeling a pin is alive in that window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is just like in, in the Donald Sutherland where the girl in the red yeah, raincoat. Yeah, the, the red, the red because raincoat. Yeah, well, we'll get now, to that part. But, yeah, but it's, the it's, thing it's, it's is to send a chill down your spine, uh-huh. it so doesn't need to be um, the audition. Right. It right. really doesn't because it's all it has to do is go and – It's all in your mind. Like the That's whole right. thing is happening in your mind the whole time. That's right. Sure. And yeah. I think one of the other things that was strange to me about um, uh, Pin was that underlying sexual tension was like – not that sex is strange. It's just there yeah, was this, this, this underlying – like I was – I had these issues and, and it came it, – it just was – It upsets uh, me. It upset me in the same way. Like uh, Like – the way in which the boy is messed up about sex, like, it made me feel like that. Like, I was like, this is how he thinks of sex. Like, this is not a good for you way of thinking about it. And, like, you, like I was so like, – if, if I were to be critical of one thing in the film, I think that it, got, it, it spent all of its super creepiness up front and then it becomes more understandable as it goes along. Well, you and, come to accept that Yeah, you come – it becomes Just normal, like the sister. Normalized, yeah, exactly. Um, and I was hoping, I guess I, like, I could have used a little bit more, cr- I mean, like, just for the horror movie aspect of it. Like, I wish they had, like, a, a secondary creepy punch at the end. Um, I think what do you mean, mean a secondary creepy punch? That, like, like, I had become, like I said, it's like, I had become sort of normalized with the concept of pin by the end. So, so yeah, because there was a part, like, you know, in, in the second and, uh, act or so where, where, you you started to think that there was something supernatural going right. on with Pin, and um, you quickly abandoned that after a while. Right. right. And it could have been interesting if you kept that going, and you didn't realize like, no, right. Here's a reality. It was all in his head. Right. Right. Yeah. The, it does lose momentum. Yeah. That's I all, personally yeah, that's, said yeah. people can just watch the opening. Right. And still have the whole thing. Yeah, like all the, all the really, really – like everything that's going to do to you, it's going to do to you in the first half an hour. The first – yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, like the rest of the movie – the rest of the movie plays it's, out it's well. It's a pretty short movie. It's yeah. an hour 40 minutes um, or something. But hour like, 44. Man, oh, man. Like you're like – if you're not freaked out in the first like 15 minutes of this thing, it's mm-hmm. – It's really strange. Weird and business. it always stuck with me because I just felt – it wasn't like – strange you felt when you saw magic with anthony hopkins mm. but there was definitely i think because there was that sexual underlying sexual tension right. and there was something about the boy who was slow yeah that it was well, the, every note of this thing feels weird like everything feels off it's it's, like, it's like, what i used to call these like spoiled milk movies where you're just like wait is this bad is that wait <laughs> you smells bad yeah, it smells like something smells off here and like every the only single, way you're really gonna know is if you taste it yeah and you're scared to taste <laughs> you don't it want to do it like this is the and and so like this is a and the canadian i really think the canadians are unique in this the control they have over this tone canadian horror filmmakers and like this is a great example of this because where the, do you think that comes from i don't i don't really know it's like because uh i i don't know how much i assume that um Cronenberg's had a fairly strong influence since the seventies there. Yeah. So like, I'm sure that a lot of that comes directly from him, but like, this is also true with a lot of other, uh, indie filmmakers uh, from, I mean, it's all great filmmakers. Um, but, uh, but there's even a sort of like, even in, um, uh, like Villeneuve stuff, 
like there's a strangeness to it that I can't you know, pin now, down. The one that I really loved, and it's very similar, but a really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie mm-hmm. was The Killing of the Sacred Deer. Oh yeah, yeah. That actually, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that. I think that guy is like Greek, but yeah, like it is. The, he it did is the lobster. Sen- yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful he, work. He oh, is. Geez. Yeah, it has the same vibe. It has the same sort of like. It, it is the like every moment of watching this movie. I'm. I was afraid of that. It was going to go too far for even me, and that's great. Like that's the tension I want in a weird movie yeah. like this. You know, where I was just like, uh, this is going to get to me in some way that I don't expect, and I'm going to have some. I'm going to have a bad experience, and like that. That sort of sense of threat in watching a movie is for me amazing. Like yeah. I love. I love that. And uh, so I was. I was very like. Uh, in one way, you can look at pin as a very like it's a low budget um awkwardly presented film in sort of like almost as an after school special kind of quality to it Mm -hmm. but it's consistency and pacing and patience of what it's what it's doing is is extremely upsetting and like i couldn't tell whether it was indicative of like them wanting to do this or the people involved with making it were actually messed up and that was really great they did so many details that just made you realize how dysfunctional everything was yeah yeah it, now, it, there's some based on true story going on yeah so they, they, like something weird happened to this director or the writer yes right. and then like, they're, they're uh, trying to deal with like it the kitchen way. was gigantic yeah right like Strange. you could you could pretty much in the kitchen you could feed an army in that right. kitchen right. and then it had mass like basically much all the lighting was this massive lighting there was overhead lighting. All top-down, yeah. All top-down yeah. lighting that was very strange. Yeah. And yeah. the kids would eat their dessert or whatever they were eating on these little stools. Standing on little stools. Standing on these little stools that had their names on it. One was pink and one was blue. Right. And they would just eat their dessert and then the bowls would go away and then they'd pick up their stools and put them away and the mother would immediately vacuum. Clean everything. And, yeah, exactly. And like this is like – so fucked up. Because like, there's a – I was talking about this with um, online about um, – Oh, the the uh, remake of it that they've just done, um, it, it, it Part Two. Uh, oh yeah, and um, uh, it remake of the original Tim Curry one. Um, and uh, I was I was trying to describe like, like I I think that the new it is I haven't seen the sequel, but I, the original, the new first new it that they made right. is the one I saw, and um, and I was like, yeah, it's cool, like it's a cool movie, and I enjoyed it, and I liked all the kids, and I thought like the, I got into it, right. But in terms of the clown himself, like it looked too cool. It was too cool. Like, uh, whereas like hmm. it, because like it was so, it was so like beautifully designed, nifty, nasty, like you'd seen it like a, like a video game boss. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, whereas like Tim Curry, I mean, like the old version of it is a, it's a bad TV movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really very watchable, but like there is a Tim Curry in that clown outfit with the makeup, like, is innately disturbing. Like that looks, he looks like a fucking maniac with clown, with clown makeup on. Sure. And it's that kind of weird, uh, dirtiness. Like they did like, I'm, I'm watching something that I may not be prepared to experience. Right. That is, uh, it's a certain kind of horror that is, if you ride that line really well, it freaks me out the most because like, I never, I'll ride, I'll watch the entire movie going like, Am I going to regret watching this? You know, sure. and uh, and and Pin is very much like that. Like I was less like I didn't know, um, I I didn't trust the movie, and I loved it. I loved it. I love that fact. Like that was the great part about Did it. Did you feel that way when you watched uh, Irreversible? 
Yeah, uh, y- yes. I look, Irreversible, I think, is... I have... I have I have a lot of positive things to say about Irreversible. Like the, the, uh, like it is so, um, it's like technically incredibly beautiful, uh, and incredibly well accomplished. And the, the twin scenes, obviously there's the, the famous 11 minute scene, uh, with Bellucci, um, which is horrifying. And then, but the, the scene when, uh, he beats the dude to death with the, uh, I was just thinking of that. It was like, fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher scene is scared the, the shit out of that's me. like that. The to way me was the, the body unfor- unforgettable part of the movie. For yeah. Me. For me, I was going to say that you beat me to it. No, dude. Like literally the fire extinguisher. And it was the way that it hit his head and body and the way that the skulls move back and yeah. everything was it's, very real. It's so viscerally done. And the, and it, it produced that feeling of just like, I don't know how much more of this I can risk my attention uh, on and, and uh, it was like a Caravaggio painting with all the yeah, guys watching. Yeah. I mean, it's and beautifully just, executed, oh beautifully done. God. And like, and, and, and of course like the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, uh, it's a, forgive me. It's a famous, the most famous rape scene in movie history is, mm-hmm. is in the reversal. And, uh, it's, it's like, it's extraordinarily upsetting. Uh, it's way more disgusting and chilling than it is, uh, frightening. It's just like, it's just like a marathon of like, I, how, why am I even watching this? Like, I don't know what's happening anymore. This is terrible. Um, which is what he wants to produce. And so I like, I, that's the, that's the emotion he wants you to feel. And I understand it. Um, but with the, the beating scene with the uh, fire extinguisher, like I couldn't act fast enough to not see it, you know, like it happens so like it, it, like it bludgeons you watching it. And, uh, and that's why it's in my mind. Like that's something that actually frightened me. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to see here. And then you keep on seeing more. Um, and so like for me, horror movies to be really effective, um, whether they're take on, you know, very serious material like irreversible does, uh, or, or they take on lighter material, like need to preserve that sense of threat, uh, to the audience. And, uh, and I think that pin does that above any, anything else it does. That's what it does best. And it right. really, really, really stuck with me. I was, I was definitely freaked out by that picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. good. A fine, a fine and strange choice. <laughs> yeah. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Write to us about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I have to, I want to, I want to move on to the, to the next one, which is going to be uh don't look now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to tell you my don't look now story because it's, Interestingly related to audition, uh-huh. right? Okay. So uh, years and years ago, you and I were talking about films, about horror films. We always do. Uh, and you were telling me about Don't Look Now. And so I wrote it down and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Don't Look Now, right? And uh, I watched it. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching him, it's like, oh, my God, I know this film even though I've never seen it before. Oh, really? Wow, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, what okay. the fuck? And I realized what it was, and it's related to audition. Karen and I, Karen and I always love horror films every now, and, you know, and 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 we were watching. This is again years ago, some VH1 show about like, you know, they used to do those top 100 whatever things, mm-hmm, sure. they used to do marathon things, and they'd interview a bunch yeah, of yeah, famous yeah, people. Right, right. So they had a thing about top 100 or top 50 or top 20 or whatever it was horror films, like. Mm-hmm by people who really know horror films sure. or whatever it was, right? And uh Don't Look Now was one of the movies that uh, right one on. of the guy talked about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh what's this 
funny about it or weird about it is that I remembered I was like, that looks really weird and disturbing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they completely spoiled the ending. Of in course, that. yeah. If you, okay, we, we do want to say, uh, for me especially with this movie, don't listen anymore if you haven't seen this movie. Yes. <laughs> Stop right now. Stop right now. Yeah. Because, but they're like completely spoiled. It's like, whoa, what? They Actually, they spoiled it mainly on the murderer side. They didn't actually spoil the whole thing about time right. shifting right. or whatever, right. right? Which we'll get to then at a point. But it's, it's, it is a difficult movie because you can't even Google this movie. If you just Google the words, like right. it gives away it gives away the ending instantaneously. Right. right. And it's like whenever I recommend it now, I'm just like, you know, see this movie. Don't even look Read at anything. Nothing. Like you have to just trust me and rent the right. thing. That's all you can do. Right. And which is what people should do. So right. – um, but I, anyway, so that was it. And the other movie that they mentioned to them that everyone agreed was at that time mm-hmm. was one of the creepiest horror films I'd ever seen was Audition. Of course. Yes. There you <laughs> Wait are, a minute. I think The Vanishing. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, one of, yeah. Like The Vanishing actually. And when the, did The Vanishing come out? 88. Yeah. So okay. it actually came out the same year as Pin. The, uh, the Vanishing is, I, I brought this up when I was rewatching it Audition. It scares me. Yeah. Like audition and the vanishing are, to me, like kind of the same movie. <laughs> okay, it's pretty amazing. Okay, we'll talk about more of that. We'll later, talk about yeah. that in a bit. Yeah. So so, but don't these are, even though there is a relationship between all these movies, mm-hmm. they are very different. Yes, totally and stylistically. Right. Yeah, right. Like like, don't look now is very strange seventies. Film. Very 70s. Very, very 70s. 70s. Super 70s. Pain is very 80s. Yeah. Super 80s. <laughs> super 80s. Audition is super very 90s. super yeah. late 90s Japanese. Yeah. yeah, late 90s Japanese for right. sure. Absolutely. And but but it is very 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I also thought was interesting about Audition, no, not sorry, uh, don't, don't look now, was uh the sound. Ah, uh, it's incredible. I'm uh, my list the of this movie is undoubted. The sound is so like, like over, like the folly is played yeah. so loud. Yeah, like, and it's like, it's if specific. someone walks on a stone, yeah. you hear it everywhere. Like, like this. And yeah. the, it's, it's, it's really startling. They'll, and they'll do it with these pinpoint images, like kid rides over the glass and the bicycle. Right. And it's like, and you're like, it happens like right in your ears. Yeah, it's really you know? loud. Or, or, uh, Julie, um, um, uh, Christie. Julie Christie's right. scream. Uh, in the in the opening, right. it's so like it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting, right? Uh, and it's so and because the sound level is at like generally at a four, and then suddenly her recording is at like a twelve, and it's, yes, and it's and it's out of the blue. It's really really it, it does that to you many many times. It's All right. really upsetting. Well, let's go through this one. Mm-hmm. All right, starts off. Mm-hmm. They're in England, yep. some country house in England. Right. He's an American. She's an English person. Mm-hmm. They're married, obviously. They have two kids. Mm-hmm. Boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. They're pl- the kids are playing outside. It's a montage of some yeah. sort, right? Yeah. Lots of montage in this movie. Lots of montage. based film. Montage-based film. Yep. Kids are playing outside. They What were they doing inside? I forgot what they are doing. Uh, they're doing a couple of different things. You have um, uh, Julie Christie is uh, – she is uh, looking up some – like. Looking he up was, some facts, and he was going over book. slides and he's for going like over this kind of church of Ravenna kind of right. So, so he's clearly doing his own little research and yeah. doing own little things. Right. Kids are playing outside. Boy and girl 
Uh, Girl is wearing Goring, a brilliant red raincoat. Very bright red raincoat. Yes. And uh, they're playing by a creek. Yeah, it's like a pond, something like that. Yeah. Pond, creek, yep. something wet. Yep. yep. A bog. <laughs> something wet. Um, something nasty. Well, they have bogs yeah. and it's a it's boggish. It has boggish. Bo- bog. It is. It is. It. it is. It is a very uh, wet. Yeah. Uh, deep. The whole place feels uh, moist. Yeah, like creepily, just yeah. Like and there's a like, there's like it's there's a, a loamy quality. To there is everything. a shot that's at the beginning that happened that reoccurs many times, which is the the big pond or whatever with these rain. Uh, bands sweeping Gouts across, of rain. Yeah, coming yeah, down yeah, across yeah, this thing. Right. Yeah. This movie is all about the mood of, and about water. And about water. It's, but it's like it's like, water. but like romanticism uh, painting style, mm-hmm. where like they're the water base kind of British creeks and somebody. Oh yeah, thing. no, right. you're absolutely because it reminds oh, me. Yes. Of, I was thinking of, it reminds me the of girl a, floating in the water. Yeah, the Ophelia painting, right? That's it's right. exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, yes. yeah they use that. that. Who is the director on this? This is Nicholas Rowe, Rowe one of my who did the Man favorites. Who Fell to Earth with David yep. Bowie. That's oh, right. And right. Walkabout and Bad Timing and one of the best directors in the seventies. Incredible, incredible stuff. Very really, experimental. Very strange. Very experimental. You yep. could tell that this is very experimental. Um So the girl. Falls into the pond. Yeah. So some somehow, like, and it's not quite clear what happens. It yeah. seems like she, someone, could easily get out of that situation. Yeah. Like she, she trips in and inhales some water and drowns. Goes, and drowns. The father. Yep. Mm-hmm. Has a premonition. A, a premonition. He senses that something's wrong, even as. It's, like there's no even act, before he see it anything. Yeah, like he's, even before even it before happened. it happens, he's he, agitated. Like, he's agitated in some way. Right. And runs out. Yeah, and uh, and and which is a first sign of something important. Yes, and uh, and he knows something has gone horribly wrong even before he gets out there. But when he when he is running full sprint, uh-huh. like you don't even you haven't even seen really what has happened yet. Right, but you can tell he is emotionally resolved that she might be dead. Like, right, like that's he is. He is aware that something terrible has happened. Right. And he dives into that mucky bog pond. Right. Uh, to try to pull her up and out of there. Right. And it is – it's so – everything about this is so upsetting. It's so right. incredibly beautiful and incredibly upsetting at the same time. But he time. gave the same type of thing that he did on Body Snatchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, he's like a super slow motion. He's like, no. Right, yeah. and he's pulling the girl up out of the water, and he tries to like. My favorite thing is like, the movie could stop here, on doing like the slow motion walk, like trying to get out of the water with the girl in the red, right? Beautiful right. image, fantastic, and it could have faded to black and given you the title. Instead, it cuts back to real time. And Rain co provided by Pierre Cardin. It's really lovely, <laughs> done. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> lovely work. The um, and instead, it cuts back to real time, and he's stumbling through the muddy grass, holding her. And the the jarring sense of timing on this because you're in the sort of the the high dramatic tragic romance right. of this one image, and then it cuts back to essentially reality, right. and it makes it even worse. Right. And then Julie Christie wanders out, and she fucking screams so loud, <laughs> like right. it, every, you get jarred again, and it's like the whole movie is like this. Like you, you think you're in one mode, and it switches to another right. mode over and over again. The uh, important thing that uh, not uh, that we. Mustn't forget is that when he's looking through slides, 
He is looking at a church that he is um, maybe hired to go and fix. Do the right. restoration work. Do the restoration Architectural work. restoration because he was an architect. Right. Uh, and I think it's archaeological. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, but like he, he's had, going to do he re- was an architect. Yeah, like going going to refurbish this. this uh, but he does tower. archaeological or uh, architectural restoration. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And uh, and trying to match the old style of the church and, and re- refurbish it. And right. he's looking at these slides, and you see this big, beautiful rose window in a church, and the pews, and in the pews is a little girl in a red raincoat. Right. And uh, in, in in the slide. In the slide, before his daughter, red raincoat, dies. He sees this. He notices this figure in the pews, uh, and then spills like his whiskey on it, and the red from the raincoat and the slide sort of bleeds out everywhere, all over the rest of the photograph. Right, uh, and uh, and that is connected to his seeming uh, psychic event of being able to sense his daughter's impending death. Right, and um, and from there, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, keep you. going. Keep going. Um, from from there. Uh, we cut to some time later. Some time later. Yeah. We don't know exactly how long, but... A couple of years, maybe. Probably. And... It says time, though. Does it, it, may, it, may maybe, say, it may say like a year or something Yeah, it's, like it's definitely it over a year, for sure. Right. And, uh, uh, and now we're in Venice, Italy. Venice, Italy. And... Uh, it was interesting because, you know, I was in Venice not that long ago, and it really hasn't changed. No, no. no it's... Yeah. And it, Venice is As the a, feature of this movie, man. Right. It's Venice like is the big The most of Venice it. movie right. ever made. Um, and, uh, and he and, um, and, uh, Julie Christie have, uh, come to Venice. Uh, he's there to work on that church, right. but it's also clear that they're both there so they can sort of reconstruct their marriage after this tragedy and try and like, they're trying to find, um, a healing path and a new place. They've moved out of that house that they lived in. Right. And he has to work. He has to work on this project. Right. She wants to reconnect with him. Mm-hmm. And their son is in boarding school in England. Yes. Right. right. Which is just a nice little touch that they're like having him around reminds us of that situation. And we need to well, – like, like there's something there's – People like, in England like to put their kids in boarding it's school. It's true. But like having this distant <laughs> unseen kid. Uh, yeah, I know. Like essentially having that distant unseen kid is a weird uh, – it's a, it's a weird stress in the movie because you know right. that he exists and you know that they've lost a child. Yeah. And so there's a very absent feeling – going on constantly sure and even though you know it's a couple of years later and they're not shown to be unhappy right like, they're really you know they're trying to bring everything back together and like you know, they're going out to dinner and they're talking and right, right, he's right. working and it's all you know semi-positive anyway you know right getting immer- immersed in this other place that's basically. sure take it away sorry i didn't mean to hijack no that. it's it's okay so they go to venice mm-hmm. he's uh you're introduced to their new life right and they seem Fairly happy. Yeah, yeah. Things are coming back together. Things are coming back together. Yeah. They are. They're, mm. they're again another big montage. Right. Right. They're. Uh, they're. They're. He's working in a the church. They're walking around. They're having dinner together. Right. Like there's a, there's a there's the a fo- love making scene. Okay. Too. Well, yeah, oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm getting it's at. Clan of the caper. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so so, just, so, ah! so good. So so basically. They are just chilling out as a married couple. Right. Like, we don't know their individual temperature in, in terms of, like, how they – where they're at individually with the death. Right. Um, but they are clearly making an effort together to heal their marriage. Let's say that. At which point it goes into this very strange and erotic lovemaking scene. Yeah, yeah. 
It's it good. is the most. It, it what's strange is like, it it is, it is very graphic. Yes, it's about as graphic as you can get without literally being a porn. Well, pe- people no, thought for a I long time. No, I don't think so. It was a very you know it it was odd at first because it didn't really there was a lot of. Um, desperate grasping so you can sure. see that he was trying to use it as a way to as they're healing through the death of a child right right so right. there was there was some physical movement there it was like really well like, yeah because it feels it feels a little awkward it feels like they haven't really done this in a while you know it feels like everything about it felt like the the great the greatest is that what thing. it feels like because well, it didn't did the thing it feels that, like, it, like i guess it, it felt like I think, as someone who's been married for a, like you know almost 20 years right like to me it was a very interesting montage because yeah. it was clearly the edit in the thing is the is the most brilliant the edit part. is brilliant because yeah. clearly this is like sex is part of a routine yeah, of their exactly. life right because what they do is they 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 edit two different time periods together right the 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 coital part yeah, and, and the, the postcoital part and the get and the getting dressed to go to dinner part getting dressed right. to go to dinner part so right. like two couples and like, a, you know and what a, and we're gonna a, hang out let's get a sho- let's take a shower yeah. you know what between shower and getting dressed let's have sex right and right. so they edit the the sex part and the let's get dressed to go to dinner part and have a good time and good evening and in Venice all, together all this cross all editing. of this cross editing and and uh, the thing is that like and I guess what I mean by I haven't done it's it very like, strange this, to see like, Donald Sutherland having sex uh, yeah he's not to to me not an attractive man but right. like he's uh, but 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 he's a very real looking guy you know? and it he's looks like, like very real couple married couple having this, sex this is like the one of my one of my core favorite things about this movie and is represented by the sex scene right. is there are very few marriages represented on screen long-term relationships represented on screen that are as realistic in in their tone as this marriage like, yes it is so uh it feels so much like they've been together for you know 15 years Yes. It's insane. I mean, just like it, it, it puts everything else to shame. I couldn't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like More. it's 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 so uh, it's both naturalistic and like they're so like they're so casual with each other that the intimacy is casual, and right. the and the sort of like their separate worlds within the scene are, are are like feel real. Like you know, like he'll be kind of distracted by something that he's doing with work, and you know, then he's then he's back in it with her, and like it's like. They're, it's moving you get so that sense at the restaurant because she goes into the bathroom with, later, right. but he doesn't question that. You know, she yeah. was the, gone forever, and yeah. he's like, yeah. and so you get that sense of that. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. There's, there's an incredible layered depth to their relationship in the movie, and uh, and the sex scene really shows that. Like, I guess he what was I, quickly. Yeah. He also had that naturalism when he was in Clute. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Donald, Donald Sutherland at this period in film is like. He's one of the absolute best in the game, and and Julie Christie for that matter. Like, yeah, they they have this un, this this almost unthinking, uh, unsexy naturalism to them that uh, that like they just don't they just don't care if you're watching this. Doesn't make any difference. They he <clears throat> he is old old one of my best friends mm-hmm. of growing up since we've been six. Uh, back on the East Coast, his mother. I used to go up to Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. In the summers, mm-hmm. they had a little island there in the Bay of Halifax. His mother and him grew up 
together. No kidding. And they're still friends, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mrs. Mrs. Smith. Well, it was Mrs. Pratt, but now it's Miss, it was Mrs. Pratt. It's, she went back to her maiden name. But, uh, yeah, her father was a shipbuilder, and it's a small town, seaside town. Mm-hmm. And I went to the schoolhouse where they with the school. It was, a little, it was almost like the schoolhouse in um, Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah, yeah. By these sure. rocky cliffs. Yeah. And that's where he uh, grew up. Oh, that's great. I mean, like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he he's been one of my favorites. For Which makes time. sense, though, you know, because it's a really look it up, Lunenburg. It's a beautiful little town, mm-hmm. and it's just a fishing, yeah, village. Just a regular, regular old place, regular beautiful old place. It's like the town of Griffin. Uh, but yeah, he's like that dude, and like, and it is true for the seventies. It's just like this is the kind of actor that was that was the face of the seventies male image. You know, it's like kind of scrawny. Weird looking nerd with a mustache, but real, but totally uh, intimate and real in everything that he did. Right, and and so the like, and his wife loves him. Yeah, totally, utterly. He loves her yeah, too. Like it's it's so it's I I'm just I'm blown away every time I watch this movie. I'm like I can't fucking believe this is, that they uh, captured this. Yeah, it's it looks not like like. You know, first love. Yeah. It is clearly old love. Yeah. And well, I guess like that's the, the – when I said the uh, that uh, they haven't done this in a lot of the sex scene, it's just like it feels like – it. I agree with you on the – like this is something that they naturally do as part of it. Just their – this is their hanging out. But there is a sort of like there's – a, there's a mild awkwardness to it that makes me think like they are focused on getting back to this routine. You know, like this is this is part of what their, their healing is and that's right. why this – is important yeah. you know and so like is there it's because there's a there's a playfulness to the to like the, the there's like there's foreplay is happening even before you realize there's going to be a sex scene mm. and there's sort of like little agreements between them that happen visually like this will be happening correct and mm. you can see that they're sort of uh they're saying yes to each other way early on right and it slowly folds its way into being a sex scene which is what happens with with real couples, with real couples, right. after they've been together for a long time, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, this kinda, is all, yeah, this is yeah, on the docket. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, this. I'm gonna read the paper, but yeah. I'm gonna caress your leg at the same time. Right. So maybe my, I'll put the paper away for. Oh, like now, one, one of my but. favorite gags is like he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's just like in the shower and he's like he's naked and he's sitting at his his art like his architectural desk. Oh my god, yeah, that's funny. And like she lets in the, the maid or something like this, right? Right, and. The maid opens the door and is like, whoa, like this, and is freaked out. And it cuts back to him, and he almost covers himself, but she leaves. And then it cuts Forget back to him, and he, and he just goes – he has this like, oh, well, whatever. That happens. And then it hangs on for a second, and you can see him sort of straighten his back a little bit. Yeah. Like he's just like, like well, I should look good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be naked. If I'm should... going to be naked, I should look good. And right. it's just like these little uh, incredibly simple touches – yeah. That they don't point out. They're just they're just all over the place. Like it's such a uh, oh God. It's like a fucking uh, a cavalcade of naturalism in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And that and so so that, here's a question: Do you think Rogue told him like the beats, or so you can get to that to what the main point of the film is? Mm-hmm. I hope I'm making sense. Or did he just kind of direct his naturalism and said, "Just do that," because I yeah, will I cut this tension in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know Rogue's whole attitude about it. I heard him talk about when they shot the sex scene, which is like they only had like an hour and a half to film it. And so they basically just rented a hotel room and yeah. and went and shot this thing real quick. Like, you know, it was like the actors and the DP and 
the, the director and one other guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so there was a, uh, like, I think they made use of the fact that they, they had very little time and they just hustled right through it and grabbed as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it happened in the edit. But like, there's, I think it's the, it's the freewheeling nature of the shoot. Uh, that is what makes it feel totally real. You know? But right. like directing him, mm-hmm. like because there was a naturalism with him the whole time, little Absolutely. habits and so yep. forth. And I'm wondering if as an actor, he kind of knew where all this, these little things that he was doing would add up yeah. or was it, he was always kind of kept in the dark. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Because the way he wandered through the streets and going through things, it's like he didn't really know. Yeah, he, like he's, he's, he's definitely perpetually sort of confused by Confused. Yeah, so exactly. by doing that, you kind of keep him like in the dark. So right. that way it's not like he feels as an actor or yeah. where he's delivering to – yeah, because like his his moments of like uh, psychic feeling, right? That happened yeah. in the movie. Like he genuinely looks like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, looks, it's almost like you want to keep him in the dark. Yeah, exactly. I think you might be right because like it's like there's such a and great, that's a very seventies thing. It's like, yeah. hey man, we're gonna because I wonder what he did with Bowie, you know? Right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. to keep him like that. Oh, Bowie's fucking tremendous in that movie. Boy. And you know what? Oh, Man of Hell Earth for people. He he basically all he did was had cigarettes and milk. Oh God! So oh, you can you can see him. There's an interview of him in the back of a limo on set, and then he drives. He does a show at the Universal Amphitheater, but you can see him. He's just with a milk carton, and so he was oh, smoking God. like two or three packs of cigarettes a day, and he was just drinking milk. God. And he lived up on Fairfax, uh-huh. and um, he uh, there was a Cherokee Studios is there. It's now a pizzeria, but it's a Fairfax. And that's where he did Station to Station album, right? Uh, yeah. TVC One Five, which mm-hmm. I always feel was from that angle. You can see Television City mm-hmm. and the soundstage numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So uh, Television City, TVC One Five. Oh, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. I always felt like he just probably because he got in his car and he drove up the hill and then he went home. Right. But he literally lived on milk and cigarettes. Oh, it, it sounds and like. And he was so way thin yeah. and so out of it, right. which goes to the whole thing that I. He he really – sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. cre- he created, you know, just kind of pasted words together. Right. Got a lot of his influence from that. Yeah. He, so – Well, I mean, Rogue really knew what he was you – know, like, Rogue picked him – So, not- yeah, he didn't say, hey, be a space alien. Right. It's right. almost like, hey, I'm going to keep you in the dark or here's right. – His motivations for moving him forward in scene by scene right. were probably different than everybody else yeah, yeah, yeah. because they are grounded on earth. Well, because I mean, like, yeah, what you're saying, like you said, it is a, uh, like, like you said, it was a, uh, a very seventies thing to do. It's like how Kubrick treated Shelley Duvall in the shining. That's right. So you know? I'm wondering if he did the same thing, right. the way he treated Bowie right. to uh, Sutherland. Sutherland, where it's just like, you know, you're just doing that. Well, what's my vote? Just, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. Cause I mean, like uh, Sutherland is really, I, I think Christie is amazing in this movie, but Sutherland is the, is the, is the hub of the emotion in this in this picture because like he is at sea he's the like he is the intellectual presence in the movie and things make less and less sense and he is more and more freaked out but he knew mm-hmm. and it's almost like if he could have done something to prevent it right right right, right? This, yeah this is the this, this is where the 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 brilliance of the movie i mean every level of this movie is brilliant to me but like the 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 editorial um uh is what makes this feel supernatural 
Like it is the time editing, it's the flow, and the sex scene is the first time that you really get into that cross cutting, like that right. strange cross cutting, and it's dependent entirely on selling. Like the reason, and that's the reason, an important part. Yes, absolutely, and especially it's like, going to different time periods and cross cutting. Yes, absolutely, and right. so like the sex scene is what sort of establishes this. Um, this language for the film and it wouldn't work except for what you're saying, Eric, which is like the connection you have both to this couple and to like Sutherland's pure comfort and happiness in the sequence. Like he never gets back to it ever. The rest of the movie, he is puzzled and upset and he gets more and more, he gets more further and further away from this one moment of, of uh, natural happiness that they shared together. And so this happens maybe in the first third of the movie, the sex scene happens. And like that becomes the sort of like the, the fading light of, of happiness in the film. Right. It's really, really astonishing to me. So they go to dinner. Yeah. And then they go to dinner and then they go to dinner Mm -hmm. and at dinner, what happens at dinner? (laughs) They, uh, they meet, uh, uh, they meet these two old ladies, English ladies, English ladies. Right. One is blind. Yes. And, uh, and they are staring at Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie right. from across the room. Donald Sutherland senses that they are staring at him even though he isn't, doesn't see them. He's right. like – he feels that something is bizarre. Right. Right. And uh, then one of the old women, uh, uh, she gets something in her eye and she's going to – Because he opens the door to get air. Yeah, something like this. So right? he caused that. Right. Well, the thing is, yeah, like he's, he is, yeah, like he opens the door to get air. She gets something in her eye. Then the old woman has to go to uh, uh, the bathroom to get the, the women go together to get the uh, stuff out of the old woman's eye. And Julie Christie intercedes to say, I'll help you with that. I'll help you with that. And she goes to the uh, women's bathroom with the two old women and talks to them. And the two old women, one of them, the blind one, uh, is psychic, so they say. Mm-hmm. And um, she says to Julie Christie, I wanted to talk to you because I saw your daughter. Your daughter is here. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and she's, she wants you to know that she's happy and, uh, and you don't have to worry and everything is wonderful. Right. And, right. uh, and Julie Christie is knocked flat by this information. Of course. Right. And, uh, and this is Julie Christie is a very open kind of personality she's open to these kinds of ideas and donald sutherland is not open to these kinds of ideas right he is a realist and he is well, see i don't particularly talk i didn't take him am i close enough yeah you're good. um is i don't take him as a realist mm-hmm. i always felt like i'm wondering if the note wrote gave him mm-hmm. was you there was something about him that i perceived as though he was when she looked over to him, mm-hmm. it's like as though she was an arch, archangel mm-hmm. and he was the devil. That's why right. he goes to the window and he causes that wind to come in right. to harm her. And right. it's almost like you know you the truth. So? Well, hold on. You know the truth. Uh-huh. You know the truth about what I, I see. I think you're onto something here. You look here. right through me right. the way he did it. So maybe he was directing him and like, you are the devil. Right. Well, I think that's why that priest was always uncomfortable around him. Right. And you always suspected the priest was uh, like corrupt or something by his haircut. 
I'm not judging him, but the, he corrupt by his Something's haircut. Or the money. Yeah. But yeah. the thing There's was. definitely a, a show of wealth because yes, he's a right. bishop, right? He's got a really nice boat. He's got a really, he's got like the Great. nicest He had an incredible in desk yeah. and a beautiful pad of right. Post-its. Right. 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 Very, very, they're, they're mahogany. mahogany. I got to say, watching this movie, I lived um, in Italy as an art student for a year. And it was like all these guys are walking around creating culture. And, you know, what do they do? And there were so many people around these giant mm-hmm. cities. It's like, I guess he's working creating culture. I mean, and yeah. it, it was <laughs> like, I, I see what you're saying, Eric, but I, I didn't. I, I saw him. I saw him as a reluctant person to. He is. He is afraid because he has these experiences. He has. He. he right. He clearly, does not want. Yes, clearly, he, he, he knows that his daughter was going to die before she did. Yeah, right. So he has this experience, and he and he had the experience with the old ladies right. be, behind him. Yeah. So he, he knows. He knows it's happening. He doesn't yes, want but to admit I'm it to anybody because he's a man of science. Yes. He is afraid. Well, of I what don't this pick is. him up as a man of science because you don't get a sense that he was a man of science, even though he had blueprints in front of him. He just doesn't. Well, he, he, does, he doesn't want to confront uh, the reality the truth. Of, of the truth of what he is feeling. Yes, right. but there was something about him with the way he was trying to hurt those women right. that that was the thing. It was now the beautiful thing about this movie is you can go and think Jesus that woman is corrupt mm-hmm. she is evil the right. way her eyes were yeah. and it everything flip flops flip flops right. you don't know whether or not they are trustworthy at all like, just right. like the nearest she is the, the, the bl- just to put people in the blind woman is she's blind right. uh, she doesn't wear dark glasses so you can see her damaged eyes, eyes yeah. her, her, her damaged eyes and it's very creepy mm-hmm. very creepy Obviously, by design. Yep. Especially when she just stares off and says, "I know your daughter." Right. Blah, blah, blah. And, so her, now, and these two are not women, a like, friendly they're, looking. They're, they're sisters, right? Their right. characters are sisters, and it, it it feels like it might be like at first you're like, "Is this like a fucking put on? Is this some sort of scam?" Right. You know, because it feels like a sort of a almost sideshowy. Kind of yeah, they could definitely be con men. Right, they could be. Well, they play it that way because right. when they are gone, mm-hmm. when he comes and visits the room and they're gone, yeah, it there's feels, definitely it like something. And particularly, you get the sense that they weren't, they were not evil, but it, it, the way they looked at and talked about their kids. Right. Right. Oh, did you bring Angus up? Yeah. Why? Like they have a strange relationship. Like they, like there's a there's a deeply personal yeah. relationship. You're supposed to feel the, awkward around them. Yeah. Because you're seeing you're seeing it from Donald Sutherland's point of view. Like right. I don't trust these people at all. And like the and clearly uh, he doesn't. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that I think well, like where where you're totally right is like he is uh, he is afraid of what they are bringing to the table. And like but because, I, like, like I was saying earlier, I'm sorry. I, I thought he was. There was something about him. That was evil. Maybe because he wasn't recognizing. Yeah, I, don't think, his... I don't think he's evil. I think he's. I think he's a good person, right? But, but there was is, something. He is unable. I think the core of the movie is. I that... think it's interesting that Eric sees a, a channeling in him, right? That is evil. Well, there's why a, he opened the window to get the dirt in her eyes. Maybe subconsciously. Or sub- yeah, no. I think I think he's exactly right. I think you're exactly right with right. this. Like, there's like I don't think that he is choosing to do something bad. I think that he is subconsciously, like you're saying, like I like I don't want to face this, and I'm going to try to do something to interrupt this. Like whether they get hurt or don't get hurt or whatever it is. Like yeah. I don't want this. Yeah, because I am afraid of whatever it is. Because like I think the main core, the core thing for the the entire film is that, uh, and it's, as it slowly gets revealed, is like. Julie Christie comes off as the one who hasn't let go of the daughter 
But in reality, it's reversed. Donald Sutherland hasn't confronted this. No, yeah, like, he was the one who was picking her up. Right. He is like the Julie Christie is is uh like her openness and willing to talk about everything is actually well she's seen a doctor. It's yeah, a like, big step. Right. Like she's she's actually having the natural response of wanting to face this grief and process it. Right. Right. And because it's very personal, it makes the us very uncomfortable. And so we want to believe, at least I wanted to believe Donald Sutherland, like maybe she's going off her rocker and she's in a very um, sort of, uh, 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 she's in a position where she could be manipulated by, say, two old con people, yeah. you know, and uh, and so you feel protective of her and maybe she's gone crazy or whatever this, actually she's the stable one. Donald Sutherland is the one who is lying to himself right. and cannot deal with, uh, like he wants, like he wants to uh absolutely bury the uh, the idea of his daughter completely and not right. face it you know and so any hint of some supernatural connection at all like he's like fuck that that doesn't exist all that's nonsense right because then he has to face things emotionally that he doesn't want to face right and so when she comes back after being in the bathroom with the two old ladies she's like they saw her she's like he's like oh my god what the fuck is going on these two old creeps and, right. But then Julie Christie passes out at the table and lands on the table and knocks the table over, right? Mm-hmm. She's so overwhelmed by everything that's happened. And um, and she wants to continue to talk to these old women. Donald right. Sutherland's like, that's a terrible fucking idea. Right. You know, take it away. Sorry. No, it's, it, it's good. So so basically she's uh, – that, exactly like you said. She, she basically is like, I want to keep talking to them. Mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland is doesn't want to do that, right? But he doesn't stop her. But he doesn't, doesn't stop, stop her. her. He's right. not gonna. He's not gonna talk he, her out of he it. He lightly. He says, respects her wishes. Yeah, he, like he says to her, like I bet I I basically believe they're con artists, and they're and because he he says go fine go talk you know, like you know go get to uh, you know like they're looking for a victim go ahead and go talk to them right and he goes to a bar right and he goes to a bar and gets hammered and gets hammered yeah. right while this is going on because he doesn't want to actually deal with the situation so his right. solution and it, and this is like I'm not talking about like a nice bar he's talking like where the locals get like a pack of cigarettes and yeah. maybe they can have a Bacardi or something right right right, right, right. it's not a it's like a little hole in the wall yeah. right, situation right, right? Yeah. and uh, and meanwhile she goes to talk to the old, the, the old couple, right? You know, old couple, old uh, old women, right? And uh, and they um, offer to uh, connect to uh, the daughter, to the daughter, right? right? Exactly. And this is the most strange séance experience you'll ever have in a film. They'll talk about it with the uh, and, and it's another great. Uh, Incidents of cross-cutting between Donald Sutherland's experience. Right. Of him at a bar. Of him at a bar and just getting sloppy and getting worse. And right. Everything's going wrong for him. And Julie Christie uh, is uh, is dealing with the, the psychic woman. Mm-hmm. And once the psychic sort of connection starts, like, it's not like, I'm going to talk to your daughter and she's going to talk back. It's mm-hmm. like a rapturous orgasm, this Old old woman has right. Or like she is squeezing her chest and moaning and all of a sudden, like it's really, really upsettingly strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but this comes to represent like really connecting 
uh, emotionally to the spirit world. Right. Right. And so when Julie Christie comes to talk to Donald Sutherland again, she's like, this really happened. You know, she, I want to see him again. I want, yeah, like this, this is, this is real. She wants like, and, uh, and you know, like that we connect with the daughter. She's, she's safe and happy. And, um, but, but she says, our daughter says, you have to leave Venice. We have to leave Venice. Like right. you have to leave Venice. It's dangerous for you here, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where we have to bring in the fact that Donald Sutherland has begun to see the girl, the little girl in a raincoat. He sees that little glimpses, little glimpses of his daughter running through the shadows of Venice, right through the alleys, like just a, like whoop. just little tiny catches of it. Right. That's right. more scary than knives and little pins in the chest. Oh God! It's like this is one of the like it's so because like the movie continues in its realism, but Venice itself is a very unreal place. Yeah, you can easily get lost in it, yes. which they do a lot. Yes, yeah, they, they point out like how how maze like it yeah, is. Yeah, but right. then he's like, oh, I've been here before. Yeah, yeah. Right. that but, one but, spot. But, but yeah. he's like, there's a lot of like going around this. Oh, is that the corner? Is, is that this it? Corner? But we're, we're, and we're then it's here. dark, and, and then, then they they walk for it. They walk and walk and walk, and then they're like. Oh, it's we're right around the corner from where we were. Right. You know, so like there's there's the semi supernatural feeling to just how the city works. There's the city is uh, uh, in the sea, right. which is weird all by itself. So there's it's it's pedestrian and canals. Yeah. There's no cars on this in this city at all. Right. So you like you can't. It's it's. It's strange. So you're either going down a, a weird narrow alley, or you're with in, strange bridges everywhere, or you're in the water, or you're in the water. Right. And it's not like it's not a happy sunny place. It's a weird dark shadowy place. And they use uh, a lot yeah. of fucking smoke. And a lot of smoke. Right. A lot of smoke. And not right. only that, there's something terrible happening in the city where there are murders. Murders happening. Murders like, happening. And it's just in the background to start with, but like they well, they're they're, see, they're like, going through. They're going. They're, they're on a boat. And they're pulling a body out of the That's water. That's the best shot. Oh, oh so my good. god! So yeah, pulling the and of course, like the way that this movie intercuts, it starts to do things like Donald Sutherland sees the body being taken up out of the water, and then it cuts for a flash to him lifting his daughter up out of the water in the beginning. Right. I know? wondered if they hired a trapeze artist girl oh, to, to do, do that. that. To do that. That's, that's definitely she had the work. figure. Yeah. Nice figure, but then she was hoisted under from underwater. By her legs, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I bet you that's they a went tough, to a, a like a like a circus. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, for sure. Because like that's, 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 that's a dangerous stunt to be doing. Yeah, we should check who played the body coming out of the water. And, <laughs> Just Google it. Google yeah. it. Yeah, um, and then go like to her family history and say, yeah. you know, was she was she in fact was a, she a trapeze artist? Yes. Because we need to know for the Martini <laughs> Giant podcast. Hey, we go deep. We want to just hey, we go deep. We go deep. Yeah, it's it's coming. It's coming. Um, but yeah, so like the intercutting becomes more and more like, and the, and the, and the strangeness of the intercutting where like, it will just connect an image from earlier in a flash over an image that you're seeing now. It represents Donald Sutherland's state of mind is he's starting to fall apart a little bit. He's trying to like pretend like he's holding it together, but he's getting pretty weirded out. Right. Um, and he's trying to work on the church and all this stuff. And, and he, Gets very sick from drinking too. And he gets very sick from drinking, right? right? So he's clearly like lost a little bit of control. Yeah, like whatever whatever control he had, right? After like his life was pretty good mm-hmm. after having great sex and a great dinner with his wife. But now things are things are changing. Apart. Yeah, things, things are, are starting changing. to fall apart. Right, uh, and and she says, you know, you got to get out 
of Venice, and he's like, right. "This is horseshit." Right. You know, like even though he's feeling like he's feeling weird himself, but he doesn't want to believe it, so he's like defensively saying, "And none of this is happening." You're we should also basically we mentioned before he's working on this church. Right. Very important church. Apparently, it's getting restored. It's a church in Venice, but there's tons of churches in Venice, obviously. Right. Uh, and they go visit one for some reason with his wife, gets involved in the whole candle situation. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting one. Yep. Uh, but uh, one one of the people that he deals with is the a bishop, right, who who is help during this thing. Bishop is clearly very powerful, yep. very powerful. Powerful person, so it's yep. a little bit of a nod to the power of Catholicism. Yeah, it dominates oh everything. Oh my right. god! Like yeah. the, the these office pe- shots yeah. said it all. So good. It's like <sighs> right? unbelievably. You compare like the church to like the offices to the police office. Right. And it's just like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, the church. Insane. The church is clearly. But what's also strange, and we can get like there's a, there's a shot of the bishop. In his bedroom, which is like a teeny bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is also right. interesting. Yeah, like in yeah. that part of it. He's still living. Yes, that's the life of poverty. The life of life of poverty ish. <laughs> yeah, because he's got the most magnificent. That fucking boat is amazing. Boat. Don't you the, want that boat? The boat that you that could boat. ever have in Venice, it's and he's just he's on that boat, yeah, and and, and, and a luxurious, beautiful boat. And yeah, you know his bishop's cane or whatever the hell right. it's called right, is right, like right. ugh. It, you know, and there's something, yeah, there's something about him that makes you distrust what's going on. Oh, yes, like, totally, a hundred percent. You know, and so you're he's a like, politician. Yeah, exactly. That's all he was. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, so, he's like, clearly there's like there's no there's no safe spot in the city at all. Like there's no nothing safe about the church. There's nothing safe about the buildings. There's nothing. Right. Everything feels like unstable and the police station and, is yeah. and the police chief. But I yeah. felt like that. Yeah. yeah, but he was a knucklehead, and that was typically <laughs> like you know the bureaucrats there right. Right. Um, having experience. But the thing about that was that was a very humanizing for me. That scene, by the way, their offices are always like that. It's like huge offices mm-hmm. with a lot of marble, right, right, right. and a small desk and an Italian flag, right, and, um, <laughs> and, and like and, almost no one's there. Yeah, like, and oh, these big phones, wide and it's open, like weird. certo, you know, yeah. and like so, Signorina. So here's the thing: they, um, you really got a sense of how unhinged he was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by just being with a police chief. Oh yeah, it's oh, fantastic. We'll get to the police yeah. chief in a second. So, but, yeah. so, so, so he does. He almost does. There. No, we're almost there, Eric. Uh, That's we, it. I'm so, out of here. No. <laughs> so he he gets. I mean, he's basically restoring his church and he's doing all stuff and he's worried about the mosaics. He's really into the minutia and the details. Of what's mm-hmm. going on, right? Right. Like he's got a. Con- he's in control. He's going to fix the little things. He's going to fix the little things, <laughs> right? right? And so he's up climbing the scaffold, etc. And then there's a scene where he's like, "I got to fix this," like. Uh, no, he uh, wants to see one of the new arrivals of uh, some mosaic tiles that came. Right. right. And these right. are teeny little mosaic tiles, and he wants to match it to the old tile. It's got to be exact. Everything's so got to be, be exact yeah, because yeah. he's a detail-oriented person. Yeah. It's like, and so he takes this one tile, yellow tile or whatever it is, mm-hmm. to see if it matches the old yellow tile. Right. And the, the bishop hands him the, the tile, and he climbs up the scaffold to get up to the, to the, to the mosaic at the top of the church and just match the tile. Right. And the whole thing falls. Falls. And he is left dangling from a rope. From a rope. Right. 
And it's it's a dizzying weird. It's a fucking. I almost got very, sick watching that. Like very yeah. like you could have you you. It you was a near death heights, experience. This right? is it's a real fear of heights scene. If you have any fear of heights, this this really it's not even a real really high fall. It's just far enough where you're gonna get freaked out. And the camera is always like spinning with the rope. Right. And like I, every time I watch this, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this makes me crazy. Yeah, it makes you dizzy. Right. Very dizzy. But it's a, it's a terrifying scene. Uh, and he is. Uh, the, you know, the church people are running around trying to save him and they save him mm-hmm. and they pull him over, they hook him and they, they get him over to another scaffold and everything is fine. Right. Right. Um, but then, uh, uh, there's a phone call. But from, this is a, this is also in light of the premonition. You have to leave Venice. You have to leave Venice because, because you're in danger. Is, so you're in danger. Right. And so he thinks that was the danger. Right. This is it. That's fine. And I avoided it. I avoided it. it. Even if, if there is anything, that was it. Right. right. That's what he's thinking to himself. Sure. Right. That they get a phone call from the school in England. Right. Uh, and the school says, uh, listen, your boy's been in, a, in an accident. He's right. going to be fine, but, you know, he's in the hospital and, you know, we just want to let you know. Concussion. Right. Yeah. He's had something happen to his head. Like right. he fell badly or something. Right. So there's a weird connection to what happened with Sutherland also. So like right. there's a weird happens, rhyming right. thing. Right. Um, and Julie Christie's like, oh, well, you know, like I, I better get back there, you know, so he and meet- she, and she tries to sort of get him to come with, like, she tries to leverage it. So he goes also, right. but he decides to stay. And so she leaves for, which I didn't understand because he was so distant about it. He's already lost one child. Right. Like, well, that's, this is the thing is he, he's, he wants everything to, to not be dangerous. Like this is like, he's like, no, if I go there, I'm, I'm essentially admitting that my kid might be in danger. And like, if, if I, if I, if I just accept, cause he says, no, the school says they're, says he's fine. There's no reason to worry, you know, like, of course, go see him, but everything's going to be, his whole attitude is like, if I say it is fine, then it will be fine. Did you think something was really interesting? Cause it came up in the, in movie a lot about the hotel they were staying at. Yeah. 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 It's really strange. Closed. Yeah. Because it hotel, like they're, bet. they're like the only people in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And all all the furniture's got sheets on it. Yeah. And, and there's a like, beautiful shot of just the furniture with sheets on it. Right. And, and then the, the the hotel is like, are you going to have dinner with us tonight? It's right. like, no, we're going out for dinner. I was like, oh. oh we cooked all that shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess. There's right, something, thanks. there was definitely something weird about that. And I've actually stayed in a hotel like that uh-huh. where it was like semi-closed. And I remember I walked through a window. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Yikes. It hurt. Yeah, I imagine. She said, "You had to that happen." They keep they. I <laughs> they keep was, them really clean. <laughs> I literally was in this hotel, and it was pretty much empty. And there was about seven or eight of us in the room. It was mm-hmm. only for two. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking upstairs, and they kind of have these windows that open up. And when I walked up the stairs, I'm so tall, I hit it and I yeah. took it off its hinges oh, no. and it came straight down through me oh, my and God. it cut my head open oh, and oh, I'm my... down at the bar with these old Italian ladies and they're pouring ozu, ozu, ozu. Yeah. on my head. Oh God. oh, God. And then I'm like, I'm just going to go upstairs to my room. I go up to the stairs to the room. I remember this guy, James, I was, who was one of my roommates and he was like, get the fuck out of here. We, we, there's too many people in the hotel room. I don't want to lose this room. Right. So I was like, oh my God. So I'm like bleeding. Yeah, I almost I, had my head cut I, off. Cut, <laughs> dude, I still have a scar. And I just, it was like near empty and right. the, the glass went right through me. So oh, when God, I saw dude. it, I was like, God, it's just like the it's lobby the, that fucking, it was in, uh, on an island called of Elba. Oh yeah. Where uh, Napoleon hung out for a while. Yeah. yeah. 
it's true. <laughs> but uh, but near empty off season, and it just it's like that, you know. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best. And there's a loneliness amongst the people that you you distrust. Yeah, the people who work there. It feels weird, yeah. right? It feels totally weird. Like especially when like you know like they're going to close down, and you know like essentially like Sutherland and Christie. But everybody were, can be a villain. That's right. the thing. You it's, distrust it's everybody. Unsta- everything is but unstable. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's just their way of life. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you. There's a lot I, of. You totally hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. It's like he is. He wants stability constantly. Like he's. He's just like I'm going to be a stable force. I'm a stabilizing force. Right. Right. And he is in literally the most unstable city, physically unstable city. They're not. In the world. But they're not unstable people. Right. It's just that their way of life is. Uns- it's yeah, just, just figure it out as you go. It, it's yeah. It's it's different. Yeah. And. The thing that really reminded me of when I lived there was like the space mm. and those sounds cues that you talked about mm. um, because all the floors are stone right. and high ceilings and it's stuff from the 17th century or 18th century and then they retrofit it. So all the door frames have those kind of modern Euro, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, right, the latch right, doors right. onto marble right. and then like the detail on the, on the paintings on the yeah, walls. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, all that stuff is so like uh, – it's it was – Perfect, and yeah. it, but it's a loneliness because it's really there's a lot of space. Inside. Well, it's like with the, uh, the when the blind woman uh, talks about how the sound cha- she can get find her way around essentially because the sound changes the closer you get to the canal, and like you can feel the shape, like the flavor and the emptiness, yeah. the feeling of emptiness and echoiness. Is I was constant. thinking about that. There was an actually there's a guy who I think he had a TED talk about. He's a blind guy, and he has figured out a way to navigate through space. Uh, basically using his own version of sonar. Oh yeah, and like it, and he clicks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he can hear. He has trained his ears yeah. to basically just these clicking sounds, and then he can hear how close he is to a surface based on that clicking sound. Well, this because this is it just makes of, total sense. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's yeah. also like this That's is how you're. Yeah, and it's also like how your own – the reason why your ears are so weirdly shaped. Yeah, right? it's to tell you what's behind and in front. And well, and then, well, it's not just because you can tell right and left, for it, but you but you can't tell up and down. Or back and front. Or back back and front, right? Right. And, and so the, the, the ear, shape of your ears changes the pitch in a way that your brain understands. Yes. As that means it must be coming from above or But below. it's also a little bit of sound difference between your left and right, right. in terms of time, right. temporal things. No, it's, it's, it's totally incredible. It's All totally right. incredible. We got to get back to it. To, to, okay, so where were we? Uh, so uh, the boy has a concussion. The right. wife moves right. to Italy. Right. And it's going to take her a while to fly from Italy to England. Right. And he right. books her a flight in Alitalia and it's a big deal, whatever. She and she leaves and he's going back to work. Right. Uh, at which point he's going down the canal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who and, does he see? And and as he's he's driving on his boat, and then he looks and he sees his wife and the two old ladies and the two old ladies on a boat on a boat dressed in black. Yep, and they are just cruising right by, cruising right by, and he <laughs> and goes, he's like, "Laura, Laura, Laura." They don't hear, and they don't hear him, and he's like, "What the fuck was that about? Was that why aren't?" Why aren't you in England? Like the little la- the la- old ladies, in his mind, the old ladies have swindled her in some way, right? And are and she has lied to him, and they are taking her someplace. Yeah, you distrust them, and yeah. you distrust it, and it's and he's and he's freaked out, right? And he's like, and he starts looking for. He starts asking all around town, asks the hotel, well, have you seen? These have people? you said where? What the fuck is going on? Like right. goes to goes to try and find their place, can't find it, but you're not sure whether it's. Yeah, he goes the, to their hotel. Right. He finds their hotel, right. and he goes like, "Have you seen?" He and he tries to speak in a broken Italian to right. these women, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they were here." 
and he goes to the room and they're not there. And it's right. like, oh, they fuck. They fucking packed up. They, they swindled her somehow. Swin- it's bad news, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Bad and, news. And uh, At which point he goes to the police. The police. And, and the police – and he like has a sketch made. Right. And the police are – the police chief is – Odd. Yeah, he's that. Yeah, he's that's, weird. Yeah, right. That's a bureaucrat, but uh, but he, like, like you like you're but saying, like if you, once, so you, once you see it unfold, like you're like Donald Sutherland sounds crazy. Like he's trying to describe he's totally this. Un- yeah, he's totally unfolded, and you get the feeling that he thinks that he is the murderer for the people in the city. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he like the ultimately the cops like we should. I'm gonna have a cop follow this guy. Because right. he's acting very. By the way, strange. I have to say, and maybe we should have a special podcast. There are a lot of movies where people are followed by other people. That guy was the greatest follower of a lead actor. <laughs> that is like French there connection is no, level. Yeah, there yeah, is true. no category for the academy, but he was so natural. Yeah. He followed like nobody's oh, business. When he was up by that archway, and, and he just, just kind stand of, there and he oh, looks away, like penguin. I'm not looking at that guy. Uh, yeah. That's Academy Award winning. Oh. Tip top, tip top tip. following. In, in his, if you in guys a don't sense the, the sarcasm, it was literally, <laughs> I think I could follow Donald Sutherland and literally pee on his leg. <laughs> right. And do a better job than, than, this, that, dude. than this dude did. <laughs> the yes. dude essentially gives up the chase and reveals himself to be a cop soon. Yeah. Um, but the uh, he when uh, Sutherland talks to the cop, uh, the police off, police captain uh, initially, the police captain is like, there's a couple of things going on. One, Sutherland is clearly weird in the scene, and you can see it from the police captain's point of view. Like he's like, my my wife's missing, and he's like, for how long? He's like, I don't know, a few hours. Right, <laughs> like the captain's like, "Fuck is wrong with you? You know, right. what's going on here? You know, we'll we'll walk you through the paces, but like, and the other the other level. Who, is like, I mean, why he says something really interesting? It's like, why why should I blame someone for being worried about his wife? Yeah, why should I why should I blame someone? Yeah, yeah like, so it's which like, is like, I am you were acting fucking weird. But he was like, no, I'm, I, it's of course, course, it's completely natural for you to be worried and to come to the police. Yes, please. You, I tell you what, if you find those two women, Mm -hmm. you let us know. You help the police. We want help from you. Right. We want help from you. It was a very weird scene. And then the the other subtext is like, this guy's investigating murders that are happening in the city. And this this fucking freak show comes in and starts talking strange. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, uh, unhinged too. this is this guy's this weird american shows up and bodies right. are in the river right <laughs> like, like we got to take care of business here right and figure out what's up so yes the, the the police do not trust him the police do not seem trustable right and everything is everything is awkward everything's bad and in fact like there's a there's a great scene where he is talking to like uh, she's already left and he is talking to the um the priest the um uh, the bishop, the bishop, rather, mm-hmm. uh, by the edge of the water, and this is when the body is being pulled up and out of the water, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and Sutherland has the sort of flash to uh, his daughter when yeah. he pulled up the water, and he says to himself, "You should go," you know, like he's saying what his wife said, his daughter said, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, and he's like, and he, you see, in this moment, he makes this decision to stay, uh-huh. like. Uh, you should go. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay. And you can see that on his face, I'm going to stay. And it cuts to a shot of him up in the scaffolding after the scaffolding collapsed, mm-hmm. hanging on to ropes. Only this time he falls. Right. And that's it. Like this is just this one little cut of this weird alternate version 
of what happened. Of what happened. Right. In which he falls to his death. Right. You know? And, like, that moment, like, that's the moment. You'll miss it if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fast. And it's the moment when the movie essentially makes the audience feel psychic. Right. Like, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that. the decision he just made of staying is is truly bad. Like he's right. made an irrevocable bad decision yep. in staying. And that's when, so like when, by the time he gets to the police, the police station, you're like, you're as freaked out as he is like this. Something is fucking bad wrong. Right. And, uh, and it gets, and it gets more and more sort of visually confusing from his point of view. Like he is wandering around trying to find his wife and he's lost easily in these maze of streets all this bad stuff is happening and you right. feel, it feels very ungrounded. He's trying to talk to the church. The church is going to pay him for getting money for the, the reconstruction. And you're just like, it's very confusing. Like everything is very off kilter for yeah, this part of the. And you, you, the, the film feels very unbalanced, yeah. which is a reflection of what his emotional his, state, his emotional state yeah. is. So, so this is getting interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point he starts to. He needs to make a call. He He needs to like, Okay, so the police don't quite believe and doesn't know what they're doing. The women have swindled away. Uh, he runs basically to the bishop to talk to the bishop. Right. At this point, the police are like, I'm, I'm with you. Right, right, right. Right, because they realize the women aren't there, right? right. So the, the women are now the, essentially the suspects. So now the, now, and the now, police are now, thinking they're the sub- suspects in a larger sense. Right, so, so the, the, the police have gone from you're the suspect to, oh, these women these are – These weird old ladies. These weird old ladies. Yeah. Like, we want to help you find these weird old ladies. Right, right, right. right? right. And, then he gets a, and then he gets a phone. He, go, he goes to the bishop uh-huh. and he's panicking. Uh-huh. And he wants to make a meeting with them. He's like, I need to make an urgent phone call. Right, right, right. At which point he's going to call the school. To say where's, you know, like what, like. Uh, where, to talk to his, the, like. The head oh, of the school. The head of the school. At which point the person, which is very English, right? Yeah. She goes, oh, my God. Oh, yes, Mr. Baxter. Oh, oh well, yes. your son is fine. Oh, your son is fine. It's like, I just want to let you know he's fine. He's like, we were worried about a concussion. And he's trying to interrupt her. He's like, right. what's going on? Can't get a word in edgewise. Can't get a word in edgewise. And he goes, I suppose you'd want to talk to your wife would you he's like oh she's right here and he passed suddenly she's like julie phone, christie's there in julie, england in england and right. he's like she's there yeah, and she's yeah like, he's like what the what? fuck what <laughs> like, you're what? i just saw you on the fucking river on I, a boat <laughs> i just saw you on the river on a boat and he's extraordinarily confused yeah and she just goes on it's like oh yes everything's fine don't it's like worry, oh, don't worry about it. like, i'm coming back it's like yeah so so i'm gonna catch a flight at this time you want to write that flight down it lays at nine so we'll probably we maybe we can catch a late dinner or whatever and he's like what yeah he just can't he's in a state a he state is, he is it like, does not make any sense because i mind. just saw you on the river right why are you in england right it doesn't make any sense. Like Michael Douglas and falling down. That's right. He's, he's totally lost control. Like he's of like I and 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 so he star, starts to re, you know compose himself. Yeah, right. Okay. Everything's going to be fine then. And then uh, he he talks to you know the the the, the bishop and the bishop looks at him. He's like, you don't look so well. Yeah, and right, he's right. like, okay. And then uh, he realizes at this point that the cops have arrested. The blind lady and the blind lady, the, her sister, sister. the sister, right? right? So the sister is at the UK consulate, right? And then the blind lady is in jail, is in jail. And Donald Sutherland's like, "I am so sorry. I am. I, I made a big mistake." <laughs> the blind lady is 
distraught. Right, 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 right. Very confused. Mm -hmm. And he's like – She just wants to go back to her apartment. She just wants – like, I just want to go home. It's like, yeah, I don't blame you. You're and blind. he offers to take her it's home. It's like, I will take you home. I'm and so he sorry. I messed all this up. Mess, and so the police are basically like, okay. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Stupid Americans. Stupid Americans. Yeah. And but they still managed to arrest her, right? It's like, yeah, she was still went through all the process. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Eh, you yeah. Know. And that is that is the difference between Napoleonic law and uh, common law. Right? <laughs> right. Napoleonic law is you are guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to put you in jail and then see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And so he decided he's going to take her home. He takes her back to her apartment. Yep. Right. Uh, and uh, meets up with the her sister there. Right. And uh, the other sister's pretty pissed off at um, at Donald Sutherland. But, but she offers she, him a scotch. She offers, offers him a scotch and says, okay, fine, fine, fine. And uh, and then uh, just as he – like he's drinking the scotch and then the blind woman starts to have some sort of fit. Looks right. like she's having an epileptic fit. Right. And uh, and the sister, the other sister is like, thank you very much. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Just, she hustles him out. It's like, like oh, You can't be here for this. You can't be here for this. She's right. just rushing him out of the room. So he starts to leave and head home. Right. And, but at the same time, the plane lands. The plane lands and Julie Christie is Julie Christie arriving. is arriving. Right. So as this is going on, she uh, is greeted at the airport by someone with a sign that says Mr. Baster. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to Baxter. Right, right, right. right? Baxter. And, and so she was like, oh, he's my ride for me. And so, right. and then it's the police that's picking her up. Right. And they are taking her to where he he, la he last he, was. Which was the police station. The police station. <laughs> so so she's like, this is not to my place. hotel. This is not my hotel. Right. This is the police station. So all and the he, lines start getting so crossed. easy. By the way, that's another thing. It's like where people are is all over the place. Yeah. And Venice is very confusing. Yeah. So it's all about getting lost in Venice. Yes, exactly. Like they, like everyone at this point is like all the all the lines are trying to converge, but missing each other all over the yes. place. And it's very it's like it's maddening because like you can tell that like people like she basically just misses him here. She like he leaves while the blind woman has the fit and. But the he, police people says like no, they went over here. So she goes to the hotel. Right, 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 right. And uh, and so when she shows up uh, uh, at the blind woman at the sister's place, right? Donald Sutherland is gone, and the blind woman, in the midst of her fit, has said, "You have to bring him back. You have to bring him back. You have to bring him back." She's having a panic. It's yeah, like, like save him, save, save him, him, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back right him now, back. right now, right. At which point he's already gone, right? And because he's being tempted, yes, by by the girl in the red coat. The girl in the red coat. He sees the girl. He sees the vision of, of of his daughter running deeper into the shadows of Venice. The shadows of Venice. His wife shows mm -hmm. up at the hotel mm -hmm. and sees the the not blind the, the not blind sister right, right, right. <laughs> leaving, and she goes. He goes, oh, hi, is my husband here? Yeah, right, right. And she goes, no, we're trying to find him. At which point she goes. So she starts running after her yeah. husband like, in a similar direction, right? But she's pretty far behind. And so Donald Sutherland, yeah, she's far, she's far behind Sutherland. Sutherland is going deep into the the, the shadowy parts of the the, the city, yeah, uh, where it's getting very foggy and strange and very supernatural, foggy. like very foggy. Yeah, very, like there's shots of like this fine mist yeah. all over the ground, and as you walk, like, it creates you, these. We swirls. are now in a horror movie, you, like you, for sure, in are, a ghost story. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> almost like cliche. 
way yeah, horror. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, everything looks everything looks extremely heightened and extremely strange. Yeah. And Sutherland is chasing this figure as you're seeing glimpses of the, the, the girl dark. run away. Mm-hmm. And then he like because there are gates that lock up areas and streets, mm-hmm. like he's like, I'm going to lock this gate. And just I'm just the dumbest. Yeah, because he's like, I don't want to. Do, I want her to get away. I want her to backtrack. I, like, I'm, I'm just gonna essentially corner her, right? And uh, and and find out what's going on, right? Right. Locks the gate, continues on further, and then he sees the little girl up in the hollow of what looks like an old church, right? And basically, in the position where he was trying to position the uh, statue before, in that same right. kind of locale in a church, right? Right, and you just see her in the back, and you see the red raincoat and everything like this, and you're like, and it's like it's oh, the red raincoat from the very beginning. It's though. the red raincoat from the, the very beginning. No, no, not the girl. In the, the photo. photo. That's in right. The photo. In the pew, yeah, right. Is that outfit that she's wearing in the pew? Is that's he took that photo? Yes, right. And he took that in Venice at the church, right. the previous and, trip, in the previous trip. And he walks up, and he's like, "No, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay." And he walks up behind the girl, and she turns around, and it is not a girl. It is a strange, old, little woman. Little woman. And she uh, has credited a, as the dwarf. The dwarf. Yes. And she turns and she is horrifying. She has a horrifying expression on her face. And she's just this little. And she, she is little, shaking her head shaking like. Her head. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And in and she reaches into her pocket, and in her pocket she has an enormous knife. Right. And he's like, no, 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 and she hacks him in the neck. And he falls over and begins to bleed to death. Right. And the blood coming out of his neck is about as red as it gets. Yeah. It's it like is vivid. Fluorescent. It is, in, in fact, raincoat red. Raincoat red. <laughs> it is the most, like, insanely, yeah. like, unrealistically. Vivid, yeah, yeah. It's like it is It is dreamy, dreamy paint red. Right? Dreamy paint red. And, and he, then there's a lot of blood. And, a lot of blood. And do you see Julie Christie is at the gate. She can't get through. And she's like, my darlings. Right. Can't right. get through to him. He is bleeding out and you start cutting to all of the images that you've seen previously in the film from the little girl from the sun riding over the glass to to the pulling the girl out of the water to the other being like every Every, sex scene everything is being cross-cut and inter-edited right and it's incredibly disturbing and emotional as you're basically watching his whole life bleed out of bleed out of him right and uh and uh and he uh dies the woman he's been chasing the girl he's been chasing is the murderer of venice right the whole time exactly uh and the next thing you see is julie christie funeral bunch and the two uh old women man. old women on a boat <laughs> going by on a funeral procession dressed march. in black dressed in black because he's dead because he has died and so what he saw was a vision was a vision of his wife and the two old ladies at his funeral at his own at, funeral at his own funeral exactly and so that was what confused him yes. the whole time and that's what and essentially what trapped him into his own demise right and self yes self fulfilling prophecy yeah uh, and uh, fulfilling prophecy and uh, <laughs> and the last thing you see is there's Julie Christie and the uh, and the women going into the going into the church which he was renovating right um uh, for his funeral right. and like. This, uh, like, the first time I saw this movie, I fucking hated it. Like, really? I, it made me mad. I was just, I don't know why, and I don't know why. Like, it upset me in some basic way, and I was just like, oh, fuck this stupid movie. And I, I remember, like, 
I, I talked about it. And I was just like, you know, I saw this dumb movie, blah, 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 and then, blah, 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 little red, and like all this stuff. Until a friend of mine finally said, dude, you've been talking about this fucking thing for a week. Maybe you actually like this movie and you don't want to admit it. Right. And so I watched it again. It's kind of like not liking the girl that you keep talking about. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I hate her. I, I hate, hate, her. I hate her. her so much with her pretty hair. <laughs> her stupid, beautiful eyes. Soft, <laughs> soft skin. And when I saw it again, it was transformative. Yeah. I was like, this is truly one of the greatest movies I've yep. ever seen. That's good. And, uh, and it, is my, it is my favorite horror movie of all time. And I think that the uh, ultimately is because it is a horror movie, but it is a horror movie because it's, it's about being unable to deal with grief. Like, well, that's what the vanishing is. That's what the vanishing is, right? right? And like, it's like uh, being unable to let go of something is uh, is is what locks you into that that hell. Yeah, you know. And uh, and I've never seen a movie that so that represents it so well, and in such a way that feels so emotionally real like it's such a heightened weird movie and it's so stylistic and strange and all this other supernatural semi-supernatural stuff is happening but the base performances and what the way they're represented are are realistic in a way that you don't see in regular dramas like right like it's it's at a level that you're just like i i i, I can name two or three other movies that are as as convincing emotionally as don't look now is don't look now would work if there was no horror movie like it would just be a movie about a marriage then it works fine mm-hmm. you know but it's that it also brings it to this unbelievably this baroque intensity at the end uh and like it's so that that last montage when he's dying is one of the most striking and upsetting things i've ever seen in this movie is really like a study in montages because oh, yeah. they're yeah. the montages are like Good. Oh, if brilliant. This, this is not like the 1980s montage of fixing the house. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we're done. Yeah. No. Do, 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 no, these are like every single, like, yeah. the, like every image you see. Who did blow up? Uh, and, uh, oh, bl- Master bl- Antonio. Uh, yeah, it's Anto- yeah, Antonio. But, Antonioni. Yeah. Antonioni. But yeah. the thing is that those montage sequence. That's the, that's the meat and potatoes, man. Yeah. That's the meat and potatoes. Like, and the thing is that I'm a big, like, montage can obviously be fucking terrible. And, uh, oh, yeah. uh, like you're saying, how it's like, you know, it's like, let's do a montage, you know, like, right. it's, it's like, it's been parodied. It's been parodied. And then, right. and the reason why montage, when montage is bad, mm-hmm. it's because it's trying to hustle through something. Like, right. we, we need you to know this, but we don't. Yeah, we're it. just going to fast forward through a part of the plot. Yeah, and it's just we're going to show you some images, and you'll get the idea. Whereas, like, what montage really does when it works Which well. Which we saw in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's true. There's oh, a lot. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot. Because of that was, there was nobody there to say, take that fucking thing out. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But, yeah, that the that when montage works like it does when a Nick, Nick Rugg film uh, and uh, – uh, the Bowie movie works like this as well. Is the is that uh, every image is not just relating to like as a uh, like here's a bunch of facts. It's like it's making these metaphorical comparisons to every other m- image that's juxtaposed with. And in Nick Rogue's movies, the images happen so fast and so uh, in such a shattered way, like you can barely keep up with it. And so montage is not like a smooth way to get through something. It rather represents like how disorienting memories can be and, sure. and how uh, like upsetting the flow of time can be when you're getting you know, like it confuses you uh, and it can creates like like those those montages create such a depth of feeling and history without 
um, that it feels it feels uh, it feels dense in a frightening way instead of uh, a soothing way, and uh, and it and it feels more real uh, than any other horror film I've ever seen. Like I feel like I, I like I got downloaded a bunch of history that I can't sort out. You know, even during the sex scene, you know, when it cuts back and forth, you're like, it creates this flavor of just like, I'm in this relationship. Like, this is me. This is me sorting through my own memory, you know, and it's so fucking visceral and immediate. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're unprepared to face what has come true from his own shitty decisions. Like, and I just, the end of the movie feels so desperate and sad because of that. And it's like, nobody's been able to do that since Nick Roeg. Like, he is the champion of this thing. And this is one, this is his best movie. Unbelievably good. Really good. There you go. That's really my, good. that's my addition to that. Well, it just felt like a lot of the framing was like, um, paintings. Oh, it's gorgeous. Because like when they were in the bathroom with the blind woman, mm-hmm. all those mirror scenes were like triptychs. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so like everything. Yeah. Three Julie Christie's and six old ladies. And yeah, it's just, insane. there was kind of a, a biblical feel to a lot of the, um, the uh, the framing and stuff like that. Yeah, there's yeah, like uh, you said, uh, um, yeah, like uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who did the Garden of Earthly Delights? There's a lot of that kind of like cramped staging of things, like really old classical painting styles, and, yeah, and flat long zooms and really well, beautiful yeah, stuff. Yeah, and the good thing is, if you wanted to see like Sargent painted Venice uh, at the turn of the century, and his stuff watercolors phenomenal. Sure. And uh, there are a lot of, like, Canaletto was a great Italian painter, uh, 18th Canaletto, 18th century. Um, and it captures a Venice. So people can go and check out Canaletto or Sargent's work. There mm-hmm. were a lot of great uh, painters who went there because just the mood and the shadows uh, was so incredible and invoked a lot of feeling and memories. And I, I got that feeling like a painterly quality to a lot of those scenes. Yeah, Just, absolutely. And, and who's the, like De Chirico as well. Comes De Chirico. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. These incredibly haunting uh, sort of puzzling perspectives and, and, and weird uh, dark compositions and stuff like this. Like, it's all over the place in this picture. Yeah. You know, and it's like the, like the, the sense of um, uh, emotion and emotional confusion in this movie and then how they capture it visually is like, like Man Who Fell to Earth is the only only thing I can think of that's in competition with this movie. But he definitely uses the environment to enhance. Like Man Who Fell to Earth, like this isolated desert mm-hmm. and the whole thing to show the isolation yeah, yeah, yeah. of everything. And here in Venice, you know, it's confusing and shadowy and historical rats on the ground. Yeah. And it evokes a memory wherever you go. Right. And um, there's a lot of, it's easy to say history, but there's there's a sadness to like, so, like even just those interior shots. Yeah. Is, it's lonely. It's Everything lonely, is lonely, dude. Yeah. And the high ceilings, a lot like. It's empty. It's strange. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at the police station, it's like, there's like two people. And it's just. Share like, it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like the police stations it were like the post offices and they're just huge with small little desks in the middle of a marble floor yeah, room it's, it's, and it's strange it, it's haunting it's a totally haunting experience well because all of the buildings were made 17th 18th 19th century mm-hmm. and then you're putting a modern spin on a 
building which you can't really change. Right. Yeah, you're, re, you're repurposing, repurposing it. Really. Yeah, because yeah. you can't so, knock down these buildings; they're underwater. <laughs> like there's nothing else you can do. Once yeah, it's and so it's really, um, it's really a, kind of a retrofitted. Yeah. So the environment helped invoke that. Yeah. You know, so he really puts you in these really harsh environments in yeah. a sense of like they're totally different. Yeah. You could have kept them in England. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have that. Like Venice, you couldn't have done it. Yeah, it's like it's such a weird. And I think when you said history, that's that's so important because the movie, just like with the, you know, with the sense of their marriage, you get a history of their marriage in their performance and in the editing. And then Venice itself is just like you see the history literally everywhere. It's just like jam packed, and it's sinking into oblivion. Like it's all shadows, and the water is swallowing it up, and he's barely trying to keep ahead. Of that well, that collapse by fixing this, you this get, church, right? The, the the water is such a big theme. We said it at the beginning, yeah, but the right. water is such a big theme, and Venice is like it's going to deliver water. Yeah, every, right? water every, is bad. Water, water is bad in this movie, right? <laughs> so it's a big, big thing. Water is death. All right, and based based on our timeline, I need to move. We need to move on. Okay, oh, I say one well, more. How thing? many minutes has it been? Thirty. It's about thirty-seven. Thirty, say thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah roughly. It's, it's been. More. I, I've, how off long? of what you just said, I want to add one thing that I just realized when you said it. And I I want to thank you for this because it's great is the line when she says, um, we brought it before when she says, uh, the closer it gets more echoey, the closer you get to the canal. Yes. Right. The water is death in this movie. Right. Right. The closer you get to the canal is the closer you come to your own death essentially. And it's going to get more echoey. What, what happens when he is dying? Like you're seeing echoes of echoes of of his his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's brilliant. This, this is, this is an unstoppable movie in my mind. It's one of the it's one of the pillar movies in my whole like, I, filmmaking. I know uh, you want to move along. Existence. I saw um, guy misses his daughter, goes to Venice, has a premonition uh, of his own death, and dies. And dies because he. There engages you go. It. Yeah. I just gave you the whole synopsis in fifteen minutes, <laughs> there in is. five seconds. So. Now, like, back and forth what is the interesting? The <laughs> there was a um, Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. Uh, writes books and I would go with a friend of mine who's the actor on Twin Peaks the new Twin Peaks mm-hmm, right uh, he's one of the, the act, main actors and he for 15 years we go to these screenings that he does of his movies mm-hmm. they're awkward have you been to one? no but you told me about it yeah sounds great and he would sign his books I, I met his father once who was in Chinatown I said forget about it mm-hmm. and um the movie, all the actors, um, well, particularly this one, it, what is it? It's called. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember this one that came out. What is it? Yeah, they all have Down syndrome. Yep. yep, that's right. I feel like when I saw that woman turn around, I felt like he took. Yeah, sure. It's like, can I get that one moment? And it's it's so upsetting. It's that it is such a that's such a. It's so, but there was also very a Joel Peter Wicken mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. I know you don't like his work. I'm not a, you know, I'm indifferent, but, but there is something about that. You can say it's exploitive or not, but there was definitely um, a feeling of that. But right. he's like shock, whatever. Yeah, like, I, no, no. I, but like, the uh, point is, there is there was something about her in that outfit trying right. to look young. Right. But was a dwarf or somebody malformed. Right. And using that, it's really 
haunt John. It's, oh, it's it's, it's absolutely and, like it's deeply deeply haunting. And the whole right movie of what is it is that right? And it's like, yeah, it throws you off, right? Well, I think that because there's something I don't think that like uh, I don't think there's anything exploitative in the way that it's used in Don't Look Now. No, but you know, it's just. But it, but it is. I feel it is, like they took from, from sure, that movie. Sure, like they, they're de- like certainly like they like you know like the it, it's meant to turn your emotions on their head. Like you, there's the there's the ex- expectation in the story you're telling yourself, and then there's. What's but here's really the thing: it's like it's like um, it's like a psycho mm-hmm. where you know we have to move on, guys. Almost there. Once uh, finished, where he comes up to the mother and it's a skeleton. Yeah, yeah. There's always that kind of a gag like that, but that was really it threw you off. Yeah, and in both cases, and then the brutality of the throat cut. So good. It's so it's so good and so awkward. It's not even like it's not even sexy violence. It's like it's like this weird like awkward funk. Yeah, it's you're just like what the fuck am I looking at? What's happening? It's incredible. Anyway, four stars, A plus. Move on. All right. <laughs> so the last one is Audition, which is the ultimate Me Too film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, boy, this movie. Yep. All right. All right. All right. Let's uh, – so Audition. If people – again, if you haven't seen this movie, just go see it. Just go rent this thing with no explanation and see how it treats you. <laughs> right. And if you have, then you can keep going forward. Yes. This movie uh, – is another one where it's just like when I first saw it, I didn't know. I th- I thought it was going to be like the beginning of the movie all the way through. Yeah. It is not like that. It is not like that. It establishes a tone and then betrays the tone. Betrays the tone. Yes. But I I saw it. I knew it was going to be scary mm-hmm. and it definitely creeps you out. Mm-hmm. A lot of creepy stuff in yep. this film. Yep. Uh, but it starts off very sweet mm-hmm. and – well-intentioned yeah it feels like a, a sort of a sweet melancholic indie comedy you know it's sort of like this guy's, no, there's no comedy no, no but no, at the bar like, we're going after romantic. the hot chicks yeah there's no romantic there's, there's and no, i'll help you out with we'll do this audition right. it feels okay. like exactly the but, auditions themselves feel very they're very comic that's right. very comic that's that's very comic very right. light I agree. and breezy light now and breezy. i gotta tell you uh most people are going to go, okay, this is a creepy, weird horror film and very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And it is. And I saw it the first time knowing that it was but didn't know anything about it. Right. And I got creeped out and the the horror films, the sequence is very strong. Mm-hmm. But then watching it the second time, mm-hmm. it's actually – there's a lot more mm-hmm. going on, especially – not dissimilar from Don't Look Now where you have this back and forth timeline situation. Yeah, absolutely, sure. And there is some very interesting parts of the dialogue because he keeps flashing back to different parts of his right. of that relationship mm-hmm. and it changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and that great. is really good. Yeah. And you start realizing like – Different interpretations of the wait, same wait, sequence wait, of events. Wait, 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 what? Because I just saw that scene and it was a different yeah. – no. And then you start to realize that there's a lot – like her whole story changes yep. and then you like – but was that because a dream or yeah. not a dream? When does, when does the when non-reality is the rea- When is the non-reality or is there a non-reality? Yeah. And, then, and then you're like, oh, OK. So the whole, then the nope, nope. And it's like right. it keeps basically tripping on itself. But it's, it's a porno fantasy. By, by the guy, Takashi Mike, who plays the guy and he's masturbating, mm-hmm. 
uh, when you do those flashback scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. But there is a lot of that. Like, I was uh, in Tokyo last, like, three years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, and I love Japanese prints, so I went to a print museum of uh, watercolors and other kind of block print stuff, and there was stuff from the 1870s, and uh-huh. I, have, I bought a beautiful book of it, and I'll bring it in next time, and I, we can post the artists that – are in this book because mm-hmm. it's not hokusai stuff. It's totally the characters are like that. The guy uh, Takashi Mike is right. Uh, Takashi Meek Meek in there with the glasses. I may be totally wrong. Please, but me there are glass. I mean, there are characters like that mm-hmm. who are the old predatory old men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like in this stuff was like it was so mind blowing because it was violent. Yep, and it was huge paper uh, prints that's you know size of like there but all the stories kind of went like, like right. throughout and it's like I, a, it's like a i comic. went to one yeah, yeah and i went to one big show and there were characters on the outside like angels mm-hmm. tintin yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like holy right. shit that yeah. is tintin that's like the heads yeah. with the little hair going up like right. this right. and yeah. the way the innocence coming down i will show you the books and interesting I, I was so blown away and it was one big show of this guy who's ultra violent right and the thing was 1870 1890 right. and i'm like, like my head a- exploded i know that like van gogh and Gauguin, they loved japanese art right. and inspired them right but the breath and i felt like it was the, one of those drawings right. or paintings that i it was a drawing like come to life come to life yeah. because it started to be fragmented right. like I'm following this line right but there's always the old guy yeah. who leans out and yeah. then there's oh sorry about that yeah I didn't mean to I just kicked something so there's I I felt I think you're right there was this kind of light comedy up to about the bar scene right right and the warning and mm-hmm. then it became but then it stopped making sense Right. Well, well, let's, okay. let's, 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 let's start. Let's start with a story. Okay, yeah. so it opens up with uh, a young boy going to a hospital with a bouquet or gift saying "Get well, mom." Right. The mom does not get well. The the and the the husband is at the deathbed of this woman, and she dies. Right. And this young boy, who is very young, right, says, "I brought these for mom, and mom's dead." Like right. it's. Sad. Sad sad opener. About sad, as sad opener. as it goes. Yep. Right? It's Bambi sad. Right. Right? At which point now it's the boy and his dad and they're alone. Yeah. And it's yeah. years later. They... Seven years later or something right. like that. Again, another one. Same thing, right? Yeah. All three of these movies start with a, a loss. A loss and then they go either back in the past or right. in the future right. or whatever right. it is. Right. Loss of death, death of mom mm-hmm. and then they go on. And this is a very – Common theme in Japan, loneliness. Yes. Loneliness well, is Well, and they say in the movie, uh, like one of the characters, like the Japanese are very lonely. Japanese are very lonely, yeah. right? And and so this 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 middle-aged man has now a teenage boy, mm-hmm. right? He hasn't and met anybody else. He has nobody else. Yep. They're, they're, they're fishing together. They're, he's a nice guy. He's a good nice guy. guy. Good guy. Good and he's dad. Good dad. And he's working at a company. Uh, they do under he's editing a, a film about some some documentary about some kids at a rock concert right. and he goes all these people are lonely why else would you ever go to a concert like this if you weren't lonely right like that whole thing and it starts to really press down on him yeah. right yeah. 
And then he goes middle aged. He's feeling middle aged, and he's a widower, yeah. and uh, and but he's doing it. He's doing it as good as he can as a single dad, right? right? Uh, and he's got a housekeeper that helps him, right? Uh, but Who's very nice, very nice, and that's right. about it. And right. then he has uh, he meets one of his coworkers at a bar mm-hmm. to have their extremely lonely drink together. That's the bar scene you're talking right. about, right? What do you th- wh- th- how did that bar scene feel to you in terms of your Tokyo experience? Uh, nah, not so much, but mm-hmm. I do remember uh, on one of my trips years ago with uh, Nancy, my wife's Japanese, right. uh, being at this place, it was by a railroad and we went to this bar, but it was, it was second floor, and it was like this green trellis railroad cutting through the city. I felt like I was on the set for Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I always would say, you got the wrong guy. Right. And so um, – but we went upstairs. Sure, Nancy loved that. She loved it. She loved it. And um, <laughs> Two, two, four. No, and noodles. Two, two. <laughs> they say, you Blade Runner. <laughs> That's right. I did say that in a noodle shop. She's like, eyes. just shut up. And so, <laughs> I just, it's so cold. Just did you, okay. I'm but hold sorry. on a second. Oh, we nice. went to this place <laughs> and it was like 12 o'clock at night and we ordered ramen. Mm-hmm. And you sit on these the tatami, these mats, tatami yep. mats? Tatami. And the guys at the table next to us were these 50-ish businessmen mm-hmm. smoking mm-hmm. and drinking beer super loud with legs crossed like they just got out of work. Right. Do you know? And it was just the same, like they were alone. Yeah. And one guy was smoking and he was, arms were crossed. He was smoking like this mm. and he fell asleep with a cigarette. With a cigarette in his hand. Oh my God. Dude. It was like totally right. like, oh. And so when I saw these guys, I was like, it's just like those guys. They yeah. work all day. Right. And you go at 10 o'clock at night, you'll go through uh, Shinjuku or some areas or outside if you're taking a cab somewhere and- You'll see office buildings, and mm-hmm. there are people with white shirts and ties on, eight forty-five, nine forty-five at night, right. full office people working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, holy shit! Right. And it, yes, so that loneliness I got, and there was so much of that. Like, oh yeah, totally, totally. And it's just natural. It's like and no ba- propping. Yeah. Right. So, so, so these two guys are at the, at the bar, and they're commiserating on their loneliness very much as you described right, right. and and the, this and this, uh, and like this point in the movie it doesn't like it's not it's not a funny movie but it's sort of like a kind movie right you know and it's like it's it's a little sad you know like but you're like i like this guy and i like his relationship with his son he's very and, affable and he's very very it's very sweet it's a very right. sweet slightly sad and you start to realize characters i need i need a woman in my life right and, and, and then they're at the bar, and there are these 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 young ladies that are giggling and cockling at the side, and they're like, "Ugh, yeah, that's yeah, that's they're, they're like not a, cool." Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "I need it's like I need a perfect person in my right. life or whatever." And it's like, "Well, you know, how am I going to find this person?" Right. And his, his friend, friend is a filmmaker. Friend is a filmmaker. Uh, well, he runs a uh, uh, a studio. Yeah. Right. right? The, the our, our our hero runs a studio, and so the friends of filmmakers is like, I got an idea. We'll hold an audition. We'll hold an audition. Right. We're gonna make, make like, up a fake. We're gonna movie. make a fake movie. We'll hold an audition, and you will be find. You'll be interviewing tons of women. Right. 
and you'll find the perfect and you'll one. find the perfect one right so like the estab- the the, uh, the established story here like the and the tone that leads into when it rolls into the auditions is sort of like a uh, a charming affably sexist rom-com of yeah, that's what totally, it is it could totally be like a brendan fraser comedy right. about like whatever you know yeah, like it's, it's just like where well, there's a little bit of a lie to get some girls to like him and right. yeah you know, it's like oh he's a sweet old guy and like right. that's basically the tone of the movie for right forward. so that's so uh, so so he's given a a, a crap load of, of resumes and 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 headshots right. right and they're not really like really big headshots they're like kind of like clipped on whatever right. not looking great right. and so his friends is like don't focus on the don't fo- focus on the pictures they always lie right uh read the essays read the essays see what they these people are really like right. And so he 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 reads this sees this picture. This one thing he gets a stain on it. That's what pulls it out, right? right? Stain on it, and he reads this essay about this woman and talking about ballet and, and how much she used to be a ballerina, ballerina, and how she really uh, uh, loves ballet, uh, but she got injured and she it was you know and she could never do ballet again. Right. It was like it was like giving it was, a, giving, it was like um, it was like it was like death. Yeah, it was like experiencing it, that was like death, death, a loss yeah. of such greatness that it right. felt like death. And so he related to that with the death of his own wife, mm-hmm. and so he gets fixated on this woman. Gets fixated on this one, but the guy tells him you need to pick about thirty, right, and go through the process, and 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 we will and we'll go through them. So he definitely picks that one, right. And and, and meanwhile, his, his son sees him looking through these applications. It's like are you looking for a girlfriend. What's happening here? Yeah. You know, so like this, the, 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 even the, the it's a little creepy, yeah. Like, but even the guy himself's like, I feel creepy and criminal for yeah, this feels doing weird it. that we're that I'm lying. And Them, like, yeah, like he's expressing some. But there is an actual, doubt. there is an actual uh, movie mm-hmm. that they're trying to do. Yeah, like they, there's a script. There's, there's a, a script. Story anyway. There's a script and a story, right. and they're right. doing it. And so it was like, yeah, don't pick the one that's actually going to be the lead. Pick the one that's not going to be the lead. Right. Right. That was the his friend's advice, right. right? His friend is kind of like feels a little. He's creepy. a Jim Belushi of Japan. The Jim yeah. Belushi of Japan feels he's a little creepy, skeevy. but a, he's a little skeevy. Little skeevy, no, but still likable. Still likable. He's a likable guy. He's mm-hmm. got a little angle. Yeah, and you know, yeah, he's just like, yeah, we can scam this. We can get you a girl. It's gonna be great. You know, that's basically his attitude. And uh, like, it's the like the what's really great with the movie is like it's very. Uh, familiar Michael Keaton in Night Shift. Michael Keaton in Night Shift. Perfect example. Perfect there example. Go. There you go. You like exactly him, right. but he still was up to no good. Right. And right. the thing is, like Night Shift itself is like it. You know, like you couldn't put that movie out now and have anyone be happy about it. I love Night Shift. It's a very charming movie. Can we um, take a small detour? Sure. Oh, whoa! Huh? Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm going to pull this one. Yeah. I I am having a real problem with. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, fuck it, it's our podcast. Mm-hmm. The backlash on social media about the Joker. Oh, dude, this is a whole conversation. Whole conversation. This could go on for an hour. Yeah. Like, we got to do the quick time version of this thing. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's only gotten hotter since... It's gotten so much worse. Yeah, by the time you hear your name... What's the po- big complaint? Okay, so Joker is... For, it, it won the Venice Film Festival, yes. which is... Nobody, nobody expected, and it's a big deal. Right. Also, the big winner Toronto. was uh, uh, well, Polanski's. Polanski also won the second prize. That um, and so this upset a lot of people because they don't feel very good about Polanski, um, and because of Pol- what Polanski has done in in his past, as we've discussed on the show before. Right. Um, and Joker is. Um, let's see if I can describe this quickly. It 
is seen by many people as a dangerous thing to have made um, because they are very worried that people it will makes st- a hero out of someone that is a, it's a ostracized white person that leads to mass murder. Right. And, uh, and Rupert uh, Pupkin, Rupert Pupkin. And, and so there's a lot of very, very, I'm, I'll just say frightened hand wringing on, um, that's mostly on the left mm-hmm. about very this, left, uh, the, about this movie being released because it's a disgusting this- thing to have made, been, been made, and they believe that it will cause people to be, be it'll cause Trump supporters and incels and everyone that that is terrible in America to come and do violence. Now, uh, the uh, I would say that there's a that's so dopey. It, yes. Well, there's a level of like now I'm. I'll, I don't. I, I don't think. Like for instance, like with Taxi Driver, which is this movie. I haven't seen the Joker's, but I know that it's modeled after Taxi Driver and um, King Comedy. And, uh, King Comedy. Um, Taxi Driver uh, did serve as the motivation for um, a near assassination of the president because the guy believed he was saving Jodie Foster because he saw Taxi Driver. So art, uh, art like this is not unrelated to. Violence. Uh, the violence and people that go crazy and do things. Um, and I would never say that. I don't think that there's, I don't think these things are disconnected. And I do think that there is a sense of responsibility that artists should have. At least they should think through what they're doing and how they're representing things. To an extent, I think that is totally true. I do believe that um, two things. One is that anyone who watches a movie and uses that as a justification to murder someone like they're already at the point of wanting to murder people mm-hmm. and something is going to trigger them. It might be taxi driver. Like that's possible, but it may also be, they couldn't fit their pillow in the pillowcase. <laughs> you know, like they're like, if someone is at that level already, like the, this particular work of art may or may not be the thing that tips them over, but they're going to be tipped over. The problem that they have is they are in a position in their life where they are going um, to be tipped over. They're going to be tipped over, and uh, and that is it doesn't the, this movie doesn't rationalize violence? No, in, like the thing is that in fact it, it, is, it is it is, it is, is the putting Joker, right? Yeah. It's put it is is bringing to light the fact that this situation exists, right? And so, like I think that the Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix looks so great. Oh, it. it looks incredible! Looks incredible, and all Joaquin, the like, like even like there's no there are no bad there are, oh, there are a couple of bad reviews, but there's like there are almost all the reviews say that this is an incredibly good, well-made movie, like, and that Phoenix is incredible. Um, but 40% of those reviews also say it should not have been made because it's so good at what it's doing that it's going to uh, be the flagship for craziness that sweeps across America. So the, like, I guess my, to just to sum it quickly, the, the, the issue that I have. My God, people said that about fucking Avatar. <laughs> the, the, like, what? Yeah, the, there are people yeah, that were going on about Avatar, saying that like this beautiful world of Avatar is so amazing that they can't live on this. That world people want to commit suicide, commit suicide, and not live here. I mean, so, so for you can't no. You're getting upset. I'm getting upset. <laughs> I have been restraining myself because I saw this and people on social media right. saying this, and I was like, I I felt like I need to comment. Right. I did not. Right, right. Because I I don't want to get involved in this, but I'm gonna because it's but the podcast I can say they're wrong. 
this movies like this I think need to be made. I think people I, need I, to be exposed to things that are agree. uncomfortable to them. Right. You actually said it on a tweet. It was amazing. What was it? What was it? Oh yeah, you know, and I said it because I was thinking about Charger. I said that uh, that that we should look for films that challenge our beliefs. Uh, you know, as much as we look, uh, instead of just re- reinforce our beliefs. Right. And the. Uh, and the thing is, like, I don't want to. Di- I, I don't mean to disrespect people that are that are concerned about this. I totally understand where the concern comes from. But the, but uh, the the big upset that I have with it is that um, I've heard this argument before, and it was from Republicans about Muslims, right? Like, and uh, the uh, the the hysteria that has cropped up around this is um, because you have successfully dehumanized in your mind a whole segment of the population. And you believe that these, that there's an enormous amount of dangerously crazy, violent people that wear MAGA hats. And, uh, and that is, you know, like, because we have invested in that belief, that is partially why people are feeling tremendously isolated and that ups the chance of bad things happening, which is what, movies like the Joker are actually trying to bring light to essentially like when we dehumanize, when you dehumanize someone and say, we shouldn't pay attention to them, whoever they are, whether it's a white guy, whether it's a whatever, you know, like that's going, that's what drives them into the hole and turns like, because there's, there's, there's no way out. Right. And the movie, if the movie shows this, yeah, like it is, it should be scary because you know, that's what we are that's what we're doing and our re- and the reaction to the movie is doing it harder. And I'm like if you are worried about people uh being attracted to a particular event like this because they are uh they love the idea of freaking the liberals out from you know doing something terrible, then we are advertising that they should do that by freaking out. Right. You know, like I think this is the like instead we should say this is a movie. It's a a work of art that we should talk about and talk about what it means instead of we shouldn't show this. People are untrustworthy and they're going to lose their minds because, you know, if, because, because as we know, if you, if you read the right book, you'll go crazy. Right. Like the Quran. If you just, you could give the Quran to just a regular person who has never had any stress in his life and they'll go insane. So you could look at what the Joker is and satanic verses. It's the same thing. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Okay. So a couple, a couple things I want to put a point out. And I, because I I just want to go through this thought process and I'm sorry to to derail a little bit and then I want to get back to audition. Right. One is I want to make a call out to uh, Eric Stoltz. Not the Eric Stoltz, the actor, but the other Eric Stoltz. The, the, the famous from the podcast, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Yes. So Eric, uh, who is, by the way, welcome to be on this podcast and, 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 do, and be part of it as well because I think he'd be amazing. He has pointed out several errors mm-hmm. that I have said on this podcast, several of them. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Please email me. So the first one is the building that is uh, – that everyone in Culver City, including everyone that works at Sony, calls the Gone with the Wind building – yeah, right. It's not the Gone with the Wind building. Okay. Uh, there was – that's actually not uh, – the Gone with the Wind building, if you actually look at Gone with the Wind, it's not that building. Right. That building is actually modeled, I think, after George Washington's first home. Oh, okay. It's nothing to do with Gone with the Wind. It's the George Washington building. Right. Yeah, that's right. Not even close. And he knows this because he has been working on renovating that area. He's very familiar with that area as an right. architect, right, because he's been involved in a bunch of the work there, including uh, – uh, 
pretty much designing most of Sony Imageworks. Right. Um, he's an architect. The other thing that he noted is that I was falsely said mm-hmm. that SML XL, remember what I was talking about oh, that? Right, yep. Was uh, Bruce Mao and Sanford Quinter. Uh-huh. It's not Bruce Mao and Sanford Quinter. It's Bruce Mao and Rem Coolhouse. That's it. Oh, <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I honestly, I have, I, we talked about that. I had the book at home. And when you said that, I was like, okay. But then I'm like, wait a no, minute. It's but not. then I forgot about it. But it's and Rem the reason, Coolhouse. The reason I said, the reason I said uh, uh, Sanford Quinter is because Sanford Quinter uh, was part of a, uh, a, a publisher that did zone books and they did zone one, two, three, incorporated, which involved uh, uh, Bruce Mao as well. And uh, the uh, his uh, Sanford Quinter's co-editor uh, for the Zone books was also the editor for SML Excel involved. So it's all interrelated. Right. But I automatically assumed that SML Excel was also right. Sanford sure. Quinter, right. which it wasn't. But I'm sure Sanford was involved in it. Um, that's another note of correction. I want to make but that sure that was an ADD moment because we were talking about something else. I know the third. The Don't f- ever get after the, the, me. The, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> uh, Sorry, the third. I'm, I'm rounding the horn here. Yeah. The third thing, and it's related to the Joker thing, uh-huh. is that he said is he had a note to me about the fact that I was complaining about the fact that. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was irresponsible filmmaking. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is related to the Joker. Oh, it being ir- minute, ir- supposedly I irresponsible filmmaking. I said, I said irresponsible right. filmmaking. Right. You might have said it too. I said it uh, about certain things about it, but I just felt um, because of her death. Right. 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 But I said it was ir- – and exactly about that. And Eric's, said- po- Eric's point was like y- artist – it's a work of art, and artists don't need to explain their art. Sure, right. and and so it's very. And I respect Eric's point of view. Uh-huh. I think he's absolutely correct about that. Right. But the the problem I have is that Tarantino's films are so popular mm-hmm. that he has a responsibility. Yeah, I get you. Right. 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 Yeah. So so and. You could say that, but like Picasso doesn't need to explain why he does this. He right. Like, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Right, 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 right. But, you know, I get it. Yeah, no, I hear it. I mean, the thing is like, I, okay, so. So, so that's put the Joker aside at this point, but that's, I, I want to acknowledge it, Eric. I hear you. <laughs> I hear well, you. I, the, I, I understand. And you have a very valid point about that stuff. But. Right. Right. But yeah. Well, like the, the, cause the, I think that like, you know, I'm like, and I said on that podcast, like I, I believe in responsibly responsibility, you know, and I think that the, that, that you should actually be very aware of what you're doing and you should like, I mean, you know, it's, it's perfect. I haven't seen the Joker, so it may be a terrible film and it may be very like, no, like, like I, I, I have no, yeah, I, I have mean, no yes, idea. I agree. You yeah. know, yep. I'm only talking about the dialogue that's being had about it. So I don't know anything sure. about the movie. Like I'm, it looks really good, you know, right. um, but the dialogue that's being had, had about it reveals an enormous amount of, um, enorm- enormous amount about where we're at, uh, socially right now. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that really upsets me. And just like, and uh, to, uh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to read to you two things. Like, okay. Um, one is from the, these are tweets. I'm assuming the one is there are two reviews, mm-hmm. uh, but only going to read a small section of each. Oh, uh, of, of the, it's on Rotten Tomatoes or something, right? Uh, yeah, no, here I'll, I'll quote it for you right now. So the, the, uh, this is from time magazine. Um, yep. talking about, where is it? One second. Here we are. 
uh, Time Magazine's review of, the, of Joker, which was uh, very negative, uh, opened up with um, uh, the reviewer essentially said uh, re- revealed that you know she is of the left uh, by talking about you know in a, you know essentially like we can't even get gun control going on and this and I know and to you know well, uh, full disclosure I am extremely left and I have consistently voted nothing but left for mm-hmm. all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quote from the review uh, is let's see. But it's not as if we don't know how this pathology works. In America, there's a mass shooting or an attempted act of violence by a guy like um, Arthur, Joker, Mm. practically every other week. And yet we're supposed to feel some sort of sympathy for him, the troubled lamb, because he hasn't had enough love. I think this is... And I was like, uh, yeah, actually, that's true. You are supposed to... like. You are supposed to empathize with people that Absolutely. are broken and hurting how else, and shattered. How else are you going to solve the problem? <laughs> like I was, I was, I was shocked. I the, was totally the, fucking shocked. The left yeah, wants that, to basically just say "fuck you." Yeah, no empathy. Fuck you. You're out. You're out. Mm-hmm. Right? To to people that are like to people that are to people mentally fucking messed up, damaged right. and dangerous. Instead of like coming at them and saying like these people are extremely extremely hurt, messed up and dangerous. That's and we how, need to care that, for that, them. That, that is They're why coming at them exactly like Republicans in the 1980s talking about the homeless. Yes, like, fuck these guys. They don't deserve to live. Yes, right? that's the attitude. Yes, and, and that's exactly the, does does that does that person not realize that that level of 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 shaming of that of that person's thoughts? Yeah, like, is actually why this is, we got Trump is, fucking elected. Yeah, like this is the this is what is like if there's any trouble that comes out of this movie, it's coming. It's going to come from our uh, very revealing reaction to it. Yeah. And it was it was so troubling to me to, to read that. I was just like and, – and then in this one right here, uh, this is a review of Taika Waititi's new movie, um, uh, Jojo Rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. Which the, it's a – it's called an anti-hate satire and uh, where the kid has a uh, – kid in World War II has a, um, an imaginary friend who is sort of a jokey version of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally – I mean like it's played as a very Wes anderson strange comedy. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the movie is clearly to – uh, say like we have to let go of our hatred of people. Like this is the where the movie goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this review they gave it a D minus. This is the playlist, which is a very popular site. And let's see, what is, it, what is the quote? I'm, I'll try not to scroll too long. Uh, blah blah blah. Oh, I, just quickly while yeah, you do that, I realized because I had to just quickly step out, and I came back in the room and I sat down and I realized. I said to myself, I was like, is it me or is it all we do is talk about movies? Yeah, good God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. That's right. I was like, I don't think we've talked about anything else except movies. That's true. It's true. Uh, okay, so here's just it is. the point. I'm just pointing something out. <laughs> one of these days. Uh, uh, so uh, I'm sorry. One more second. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna... but perhaps we, uh, the director's tenderheartedness would be commendable if it existed in some kind of vacuum beyond the real world. Uh, and yet that's where he insistently situates the targets of his critiques. Uh, he champions softness in all its forms, leaving young Jojo, Jojo with the, le- the lesson that his meek side actually makes him strong. This is a, cr- that's a criticism. 
that's a criticism of like because meanwhile, largely about uh, okay, like, uh, my, uh, well, blah, blah. that doesn't sound like a criticism. It, it's saying like it, it's saying like that forgiveness is bad. Like right. he's and he outright says he outright says it. He says that and that uh, that if this is a dangerous film because it uh, it makes you think that oh yeah here's there it is. Uh, I'm so sorry this is taking so long. Um, that. I'll just look for the word it is. This really, really struck me. Find in page, Dan. There we go. Okay. Uh, as uh, here, Jojo serves as a living illustration of the concept of increasingly popular in liberal American politics and increasing. This is a liberal person writing this, mm-hmm. right? Um, popular in American politics, uh, increasingly difficult to believe that a number of that a number of the people now identifying themselves as Nazis in the year 2019 are merely misguided, swept up in sentiment, and as such are salvageable. So he's he's saying like they're, they're not, not they're not salvageable. And so, so wanna, your solution is to yeah. I'd love to. I would like to ask this dude. What's your solution? What do we do then uh, with all these unsalvageables? Like, what do we do about these guys? Because there's pretty much only a few choices. What would you like to do? Well, Put them I in think concentration we. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? There's well, a that's lot, called, that, there's that's a called l- the rush to lose 2020. It's just like the Clinton's deplorable comment, and that all it does is alienate people. It's 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 mind blowing to me that like the the inc- the celebrating a lack of empathy on the left. I was like. What is happening to us? This is heartbreaking to me. Like, I believe as a, as a, as a very staunch leftist Democrat liberal, liberal in every way, mm-hmm. um, that the core of these beliefs is trying I, I to could, understand people could, and sympathize yes, or empathize but, uh, with you know them how, when they broken. It's because so many of the left or the Democrats were based on the working class foundations of the 20th century. Now, it's all about tech billionaires yeah which is all ayn rand stuff which is all from the right you know no like so much of silicon valley is left the point is that they are controlling this dialogue of where to go we are they forgot we are we are afraid we are afraid and we're acting out of fear and then when the joker comes out like everyone's like everyone sees this and people freaks out like by freaking no, out, it's you so make naive. it worse. It's so naive. It's low voltage see- stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. really like, come on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's like the PMRC in the eighties where Tipper Gore was. I knew. I knew. I knew. My my. <laughs> we my, almost my, cut this part out, but we. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> Everything gonna, else is discreet. I don't, don't want to cut it out because I actually it, there's two problems. Mm. Uh, one is when we do this stuff, sometimes it just like last time. It's so where, late. where we did have to cut stuff out because it went on for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just got late and I need some sleep. Right. So, uh, but what time is it? That's uh, three. It's, I have a watch in front of me. Uh, it's ten thirty. Ten forty two. We've been going for close to three hours. Pretty much three hours. All right, let's get back to uh, to audition. But like, listen, I'm sorry. I this has been on the top of my head, uh, my my brain for like a, a, a couple, couple, couple days, yeah. and I'm like, and it's related to filmmaking, and it's right. related to what we right. talk about. And so, I was so tempted to go down the rabbit hole sure. of of commenting on this stuff, right. and then you know, based on our previous podcast, I said. Don't 
comment. Don't <laughs> it's, it's write anything I, down. It, right, right, right. And, and like, Have you I stayed off a, social media? I, I've stayed off social media since that whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I rarely ever do this. I did. But uh, I needed I, – I, I just wanted to get it out with you guys because it's – what I need to do. Well, I'm one of, I, I wrote on the playlist site. I know, almost never do this. I, after re- reading that uh, review for uh, Jojo Rabbit, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what it says, but it seems like a kind-hearted movie with a good message right. uh, that we need to hear. And so I wrote the following that I... Uh, this is how I feel about both This is movies. a comment about it? This is a comment that I wrote about it uh, mm-hmm. to them. I said, um, it's comforting to imagine that empathy is naive because actually practicing it is frightening, difficult, and in the short term, personally dangerous. But it is only is the only long-term winning position. See Gandhi, King, etc. Dehumanizing the other side is much easier and makes you feel less afraid in the immediate sense. But overall, it actually only makes you, uh, makes you act in ways uh, the other side uses to justify its own violence. After that, it's rinse, repeat. In short, uh, re- dear reviewer, you have been radicalized, but you are not unsalvageable. Keep thinking about this movie if it upsets you this much. I haven't seen it, but if it triggers these fears in you, that means it got under your skin. I'm betting some part of you is afraid that it might be right, and it's frightening you. <laughs> like that's and this is how I feel. I mean, like I feel I feel bad for this guy. And well I feel, said. And and this is I feel it bad is. for the people that are frightened by things like the Joker coming out. Like instead of also what you basically said is like. You can't. You can also be salvaged. Is what the empathy that they should be feeling. The, That's this right. is, this is right. the way. This is the way yes. to face it. So, like everything to do with Joker, I, I co- totally hear you. If you're afraid of something like of people flipping out or right. whatever, reading this. If the, I see someone with a MAGA hat, don't go fucking terrorists. Right. Like, like, like. <laughs> look at the look at the Joker instead. Whether the movie's any good or not, I'm not right. talking about that. But look at it as an opportunity to try to open a conversation that calms yes. things down. Like, look at it as like, a, uh, like say the, the the filmmakers more than likely mean this as something to bring this topic to the table so that it gets diffused. Because yeah, they're showing a, a nightmare version of this, but they bring they're bringing the stuff up so that we actually face the troubles in America rather than make them worse by uh, giving into fear. And uh, it's it's difficult to do it, and I totally understand being afraid. I've been in this place my, myself before, but. Man, oh man! When I see those tweets, I was just like, "We are losing our our souls to this nonsense." Yep. All right, where were, where did we leave off on? Uh, sorry, that's right for that. Where did we leave off on uh, on audition? Uh, that um, uh, that he was holding auditions. He was holding. <laughs> he was holding auditions. So right. So now we're at the audition scene, which is very comical. It's pretty much the most comical part of the whole thing. Right. And it's a montage. It's the lightest it gets, I can tell you that. <laughs> and it is a, it is a montage right. with some uh, uh, lighthearted music. Mm-hmm. Funny. Quick cuts. Funny. Quick cuts. Yeah. Most of the girls are awkward or yeah. strange. Cute or juxtapositions. Do weird things. Right. Some of them strip down for no reason. Right, right. Like in the middle of the audition. It's like watching a, a montage on The Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. 
basically. What did you think about the the the, the audition sequence? The audition sequence was very good. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious! Yeah. Very, very, very. A lot adorable, of talented right? people just go competing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, very, very wholesome. Very nice. I was just thinking, it's yeah, like sure. a parade of beautiful Asian women. Yeah. It was a parade <laughs> of uh, beautiful Asian women. And, it, and and on the on the sort of film critique level, it it, it makes you complicit in what he is doing. Right. Like by making you're this real, fun, you're, you're realizing like the, the circus that this is. Right. Like and he's like it's uh, inviting it's inviting sad you. though too. It is. Oh, you, you do feel like like it you, feels weird after you, a while. Well, you can see his face. It's like uh, right. Yeah, it sucks. This, this, and he not, says he I, feels strange. He feels yeah. he feels strange. He doesn't like it. He knows it's wrong. Right. But the movie invites the you, the audience, to be in on the gag because it's fun. Like, just have fun, man. Right. It's just girls and they're fun. Right. Yeah, right. but not really. And it's the that is the like this. Like instead of making a movie where it's like sexism is bad, it goes. Oh, it's oh, it's not it's not bad. Bad. Come on, everyone does it. It's fun. Right. It's fun. The, and the key thing that's also it, it's a, it lures you in. The key thing that's also <laughs> happening during this the the entire uh, montage of all the people being interviewed as mm. they're going through thirty of them and they they go through a lot of them right right uh, is that uh, his buddy is asking all the questions right and he's like. You know, have you done this or like? What are you, are you feel comfortable with sex scenes or like? Well, yeah. like he's asking all kinds of weird questions. Yeah. Have you ever had sex with someone you don't like? Right or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. and this is, this is, you know, seems like it's a question that. But you they're might... letting the the slightly creepy guy. It's a slightly creepy friend la- asks the slightly creepy questions. Right. So you put off of the creepiness on that guy. Right. And you feel mm. like, oh no, but our hero is still kind of nice. He feels bad about doing this. Right. Right. And at which point they take a break, right. and then he goes to use the restroom. And as he's walking out, there's a you know office filled with women right. ready to be interviewed. And he catches a glimpse. He catches a glimpse of this girl. Mm-hmm. He sees the back of her hair, which is like perfect black hair. Yep, long, and straight, perfect, classic, classic yep. hair. Right. And then he and he he knows it's her, right? right? The girl that he the saw. way you guys come up to Mike Fran's really creepy. Though. I'm just saying, huh? it's like this. He's so just he like, sees right. yes. He sees this yeah. This is, but this is the way the movie portrays it. Yes. Like it's like he's like, that's her. And yeah. You can see it in his brain. You can see it in his brain. He's like, that's the girl from right. the ballet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he goes to your restroom. They continue with the interview, and then she walks in finally. Right. And uh, she's very tall, mm-hmm. very thin, very beautiful. And about the most innocent-looking person you could of all the interviewers. Right, she's about the the most innocent, docile person right. out there. Right. Which point they start asking questions, or his buddy does, and then he jumps in, like not asking questions, just telling her about how much he loved her interview with the ballet. Right. Right. He's like not asking a question about the essay, right? At which point his buddy is looking at him like, what's your problem? What are you doing? Dude, 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 shoot. Whoa. Whoa. TMI. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Cool your jets. That's that's weird, right? Right. And then they take a break and he goes, "Um, that was odd. Right. And that's not the kind of questions you ask at an audition. You didn't even ask a question. Right. At an audition, and that was weird, right? Yeah, that was strange. That's that was a strange, strange thing to open up like that, right? Right. Uh, but she seemed very polite and responsive, yes, et cetera. Right, and she's and you know she is a very um, 
slender. She's diminutive. She's she's very like she has a almost schoolgirly look to her. Like there's a, there's not quite. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know the. Um, she looks frail. She looks frail. She looks like there's all the sort of wispy. Ear, yeah, like all the earmarks of. Um, uh, the the reason why she's attractive is because she is weaker than fragile, yeah, than him, and and, and it's her it's her fragility that is attractive, right? And uh, which is, you know, like it is, and she's wearing white, yeah, like everything about it is like he is a middle aged man who has confidence problems, <laughs> and he is attracted to someone he feels that he can control and manipulate. It's all framed in very relatable nice guy terms and so it's like instead of making a villain out of an obvious sexist he's saying this is how we are sexist all the time yeah and i know and and it's interesting because and i don't know how it translates in japanese or maybe it's a sign of the times or whatever Mm -hmm. but he was like she's beautiful she's kind She's obedient. Obedient is the word. He uses the term obedient, obedient several times. And I don't know how that translates from Japanese yeah. or what's going on. But, pretty but similar. It, yeah, it, but it, it it's like, but obedient mark. seems to be an important part. And maybe that's part of an, an important part of Japanese culture for, for relationships. Right, right. But obedient. Yeah, that's a key word here. It's a key word. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's the, the, the genius of the movie is that it, it's so, it would be so easy to have it be like, He's a sexist scumbag that gets his comeuppance. Instead, he is a normal guy that you might be who gets his comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> he actually seems like a very normal guy, yeah. except for the term obedient, which seems yeah. like – Little hints of what his actual psychology is. Is it, is yeah. it or is it like that's part of Japanese like, That's culture. part of the culture. Yeah, but, but – right. well, like, You know it's, what I mean? Yeah, well, it's absolutely true. Sure, I understand. But and, like it's certainly like that's, that's throughout uh, a lot of um, Japanese uh, storytelling, filmmaking, and manga, right? Like this right. is like they, they deal with this as a cultural Do issue quite often. Do they use the women in – like schoolgirl outfits for any of the manga? Oh, for, for, <laughs> yeah, for the manga. No, no, there's not an entire no. I don't five think floors so. dedicated to it. Holy place in Tokyo. moly! Yeah, we like, went to a toy store. We took our daughter to a toy store, and, we, and then the whole fifth floor was yeah. in Shinjuku. Um, and the whole fifth floor was uh, uh, like Godzilla toys from the right. '60s, and right. I got her a bunch of Godzilla toys. And the it was a Girl in a schoolgirl outfit, but it right. was actually a guy. Yeah. And, but there, oh, it was yeah. only like yeah. 30 seconds into I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, dude. No, like, this <laughs> Has is, a beard. Like, and this Dressed like a schoolgirl. Like, this this but, is something that, that Japanese film uh, takes on quite a bit. Like, oh, yeah. Like this is a real – like there's there's something culturally that they're chewing on in their media that they're trying to face something that's, that's very difficult to I kind of wonder like all that deforestation in the Brazil mm-hmm. – all oh, the trees going. It's probably to make like Japanese porn magazines. I mean, it's like it's so much. Like there were floors of porn. I was like, I, we can't go here. My daughter. There was a, America has its there, problems. There's also, a, there's a guy. There's a guy. Uh, there's a guy. A friend of mine who I'm not going to name, obviously, mm-hmm. based on on what I'm about to say. But he was really funny. But he really loves Japanese manga and mm. stuff like that, right? Right. And there was some sculpture or like a figurine that he saw, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Which was a a a, a, a Japanese girl in a schoolgirl outfit, right? That is sort of kneeling down with her legs slightly apart, mm-hmm. and uh, if you look at it head on, 
it looks like a girl kneeling down, but because the base happens to be a mirror, uh, the mirror you can see up her skirt. Of course. Right, right, right. Right. right yeah. And his reaction was like, I've only got three words about that. Oh, no. And he goes, I, I said, what? And he goes, sold to me. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, uh. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone's got their things. I guess. Yeah, everyone's got their things. It was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, and I just watched all of um, Neon Genesis Evangelion on uh, Netflix, and uh, so, and I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since I was I know, probably like twenty or something like this. And I was watching this thing going like, this really makes me feel weird. <laughs> like there's a there's an awful lot of strangeness going so, on in this thing. There, there, and there is a girl in the. Uh, a schoolgirl outfit in this film. In as the well. film, yes. yes. But uh, we'll so get it to is that. a thing. It is a thing. It is a yes. thing. Right. It's a thing. Okay. And it is definitely like the thing is, I mean, like we can't. We trying to pretend like this is only a Japanese problem is ridiculous. Like no. obviously, America. It's a has, French problem. It's also a French problem. It's also an American problem. It's, it's also no, American it's problem. It's not blame like, girl. We have, we have different. We have different ways of expressing the same issue, but the, that's the the raw. Uh, it's been more political. Is is basically a lot of people are going to Japan to find this stuff because it is seems to be more openly, yeah, it's talked it, about there. Right, right. And or the, maybe that's what's being exported, and the Japanese probably are really ashamed of it as well. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Like, but the thing is that like the certainly the the the, the banal sexism of the main character is relatable. In American terms, sure, right. Well, like it's not like some uniquely Japanese thing. Like no. you totally watch this and you're like, yeah, like this is nor this is the, this kind of guy is like uh, like we've definitely seen this kind of character representative positively in American film, yeah, like in rom coms galore, like, sixteen candles. Like I have certainly <laughs> my yeah exactly. Like I myself, <laughs> I'm sure, have made many yeah. mistakes just like this guy has made. Yep. but they're also sort of subtle and constant that you that just become sort of acceptable sure and so like it's it's fun and wasn't it's silly. there a little bit of tootsie in this this it's just a touch of tootsie no brian dennehy's character oh oh, uh, oh oh you mean um, brian dennehy's character not, not brian dennehy um uh the yes. guy who looks like brian dennehy yes yeah yeah right sure. yeah exactly exactly but yeah so like this is a like the the the, the first two-thirds of this movie are wonderfully subtle in building this character and oh, his problems. Oh, but no, it, it, it creeps in about like about the 50s. Yeah, halfway through though. Halfway through something. It lets you know something. You're on a different fucked train. Fucked up. Okay, so anyway, uh, uh, gets the interview or, or gets the audition. Right. He decides to contact her. He is all in. She's like, "This is the girl I want to interview. I want to. I want to uh, see her again. Right. Talk to her. Picks. Gets her number." She goes out to dinner with him, right. and she is the most sweet, obedient. Like, oh, you're just gonna buy me a nice meal? Oh, it's like, like completely uh, uh, a subservient, right? Right, uh, uh, personality. I'm so thankful. So thankful Which for makes all the guys. Stuff. Feel great. Oh man, like I'm, I'm just. Thank you so much for treating me so nicely. And yeah, know, like and and, and being, you know, and then. Uh, and You're then, the one in power. Don't worry. You're the one in power. And then this is where it gets very interesting. Mm -hmm. he, he On the second or third date they have, he's like, tell me about your family. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, my father lives in, you know, uh, my uh, my father lives here. I don't talk to them too much. I'm not too close, but I'm not too 
uh, I'm not I'm not too distant from me. Just like average, like any other family. Mm-hmm. Remember that conversation as we go back, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then uh, and then he keeps going, and uh, his friend mm-hmm. gets concerned. He's like, "Some weird stuff." Listen, I looked into this On a um, resume. I looked at her resume. She, lied. she mentioned something about a record company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, this guy the, that she worked for. The guy she worked for. Uh, the guy is not there. And it's not that he's not there. Is that he disappeared. A year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. It's a so weird. that he, she's not part of that right. somehow. And then – I can't find any other information about her. It's just not right. Right. And this guy's like, no, no, no. She's great. He's like, trust me. I'm an adult. I can deal with this. I know what I'm doing. Right. And it's like, do me a favor. Don't See call her. her right away. Right. Like, like take a break. Take like, take a breather about this. Right. And he's, he's like, promise me. And he goes, okay, I promise you. Right. right, which was a hard thing. You could tell he was like, "If I'm going to make the promise, I have to be true to it." Right, right. so he didn't call. He didn't call. He didn't call. Right, right. Um, and uh, also you start to see this interesting thing that happens with his secretary. Yeah, and this awesome bit of sadness. <laughs> yes, she looks at him and says, uh, "This in the early part of the movie, she says." I just want to let you know that I'm getting married. And he's like, cool. Cool. That's well, congratulations. Nice. And she looks very – Like, what the fuck? Sad about yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe she has feelings for him or something like this. Like, so, like and but she, she's, again, very Japanese obedient, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my boss. You know, you respect the boss. Right. Trying to remain within this right structure. Right? And then, and then it as happens again, today, at which, which point she's like leaving for the day. And she's like, all right, I'm, le- I'm leaving for the day. Right. Uh, and she just right. looks at him yeah, right. and he goes, okay. See you later. Bye. Take See you later. Easy. Take it easy. See and she, do, do you say anything? Nope. And she, but there's this. This thing, this like this she awkward. has feelings for him in some way, and yeah. he is dismissive of her. But you don't quite realize that because her expression is like confusing. There's something. There's something happening. Something for her happening. emotionally. Right. Right. And we don't know why. Like the like the first time I read it, I was like, I guess she has kind of a crush on him. Maybe like that's yeah, she's how trying it, to get him jealous. Yeah. Just like and it's, like she wants him to say like. I've always liked you. Like, like she's trying to elicit that right. response. Right. Uh, like, or I've always cared about you right. or something. Right. This isn't what's going on. Right. No. <laughs> so anyway, so he doesn't call. Right. He doesn't call. He doesn't call. He doesn't call. Mm-hmm. And finally. He decides. He breaks down. Hold on. And this is the best part. Mm-hmm. I love this part. This is when you realize, oh, shit, this movie is fucked up. Right. You see her. You see her. Waiting by the ne- Kneeling. Mm-hmm. She's waiting by the phone. She's kneeling by a phone that's sitting on the floor. It's an old-fashioned telephone, a rotary phone, black telephone. She is kneeling in an uncomfortable position, absolutely still. Completely still. Mm -hmm. Her hair is down around her face. Think about the girl from The Ring. The Ring. Yeah. That's what she looks like. And she is completely immobile. When the phone finally rings. there is a 
giant burlap sack mm. in uh, the background. Sitting in the background. Sitting in the background, just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And she, it is nothing's happening. And you, you, there's a tension between him trying to call her, looking at the phone, da, 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 and then cutting back and forth between her just sitting there and by waiting. the phone and waiting. Waiting. And, waiting. and it's she looks fucked up. She looks but crazy. The only way you realize that is when it rings, you go to a tight shot of her and she smiles. Yeah. Oh. The and, smile and is the, the greatest. The smile and it's so slow. Yeah. And it's through Once the, the hair. Phone starts it's ringing. through the hair. So you see through Bird the hair. The prey. It's yeah, in my it is yes. a grin. It's a pure grin. And the thing is that like I think your comparison to the ring is totally apt because this is what made the thing feel like a ghost story. Right. She is a vengeful ghost is what's right. actually happening. Right. Yeah. You know. And so as soon as the, the lure is set and as soon as he gets hooked she grins like she's... That's why the fishing in the beginning? That's why the fishing in the beginning. Right. That's why the fishing in the beginning. There's a fishing scene in the beginning. You're yeah. right. And uh, and he is he I is only hooked. go for the big ones. Yeah, he is hooked. I only go for the big ones. <laughs> That's right. Right. And she has hooked him in and starts reeling it. And she then back at dinner, she's like, I didn't think you'd call. I was so worried because I like you so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he feels very gratified by he this. He feels very gratified. It's yes. like, oh. I must be a real man. Yeah. Yes, magnificent. Yeah. Well, Look at me. We and so he gets all excited, mm-hmm. tells his son, I've met a girl. Mm-hmm. And wonderful. his son's like, yeah, I could tell because you're smiling suddenly. You're right. And uh, and his son is like, yeah, great. Go after it. Right. And his son is also trying to meet girls. Like, you know, hits on a girl yeah. on the subway. And, like, hits on a girl on the hangs subway. Out with her hangs at home. out with her at home. And, and that and, feels like something like – it feels more normal and sort of like yeah, it's like a teenage boy, meet, but in, meet, in, in, in the most innocent, girl. totally innocent, uh, yeah. very innocent. They're not yeah. trying to have sex Playful, or anything it's yet. Fun. They're like they're just the the beginning parts of an interesting teenage relationship. Right. Like, and the girl shows up and she's like very respectful. Yeah. Everyone's very nice. She's she's kind of interesting. She's kind of cool. She's right. whatever it is. Like smart. It seems, it, yeah, and she's smart. smart right. right? Yep. She said like that. His son seems to be working out some sort of successful relationship with women right and tr- and and treating them well and is and it's all seems good right? right that's happening in the house also right but it, but he is that's not happening for him like he's involving himself in a in a stranger and stranger fantasy <laughs> right <laughs> in but, by contrast he but, is making mistakes but by the way i sh- we should know that mm-hmm. this is not like like the tenant right he's not like going crazy no he's not insane he's not insane no. he's just like and it's not literally a ghost story no and he is he, he is uh he's just excited right because she's very attractive right and uh and he hasn't been in a relationship in a long time right and he feels that he is going to take this woman on and 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 she's frail and he can protect her and right. do all this stuff and she's much younger by the way much younger yeah that's you. the that's the other thing right yeah she's like 23 yeah 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 it's weird and his son even jokes about it. He's like, oh, my God, she's not much older than I am. Yeah. This is a little weird. Like yeah. she's a little, you know, right. I mean, go for it and whatnot, but that's a little weird. Right. right? So he decides he's going to take her uh, for a weekend trip. Yeah, to a lovely hotel. Go to a lovely hotel, at which point, you know, like he's not going to hold back. He's going to propose to her. Right. He's going for it. He's going for it. Because right? she must something love him. I don't know. 
whatever. I just want to note a couple of a couple of of shots that were amazing in this film. Mm -hmm. Several amazing shots in this film. Mm -hmm. One is when they're setting up for the audition and they've got that perfect like symmetry shot of the audition chair in a huge empty space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Iconic. Iconic. Absolutely iconic. The other one was uh, I for me is when they were doing the audition and then Donald Sutherland was naked, and that was one of the auditions. Oh my God! So he's it was just like, oh, no, how did you I'm get? I'm just going to be smart detector naked. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, how did he get he naked from that one film all the way to this? But, yeah, that's, but that's what he connection. does. That's what he does. That's what we do at Martini Giant. Yep. Uh, does anyone? Everyone knows we're naked, right? Is that on the one? Side? It's one of the great well, naked. This room is hot. <laughs> it is gets pretty we hot. Got to air out the boys. Very excited about movies. That's how it goes. <laughs> we are that the three boys that are in the room. Those are the boys we're talking about. Yeah, but yes, so he decides to take her on a lovely getaway to a very swank little hotel. Little, little, uh, you know, it's the Japanese equivalent of a Vermont B&B. Yes, exactly. Like it's, <laughs> it's very, like it's, it has a, a, as a weird blank classiness to it, you know? Sure. It's like, yeah. And it's, uh, it is uh, a by the, by the shore. Yep. So uh, there's a shot, you know, like as he's there with her, they're in their room. Right. And uh, she's staring out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell, like, okay, so I brought her out here. And he's trying to come up with, like, maybe we can go to town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I've got a hotel room with the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's different. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's like, oh, well um, – the chef's really good mm. at this hotel. Um, he makes really great food, and we should go to the restaurant. But we have, you know, what, what we should do something before dinner. So uh, maybe what what can we do before dinner? And he's frust- He's just flustered and awkward, right? And, and he's like, maybe there's a there's a there's a museum. It's about a twenty minute right. drive from here. And Meanwhile, then, she's taking off her clothes. She she basically. <laughs> Slowly takes off her clothes. Right. In a, in a very – like this scene is fantastic because it is 100% a striptease scene. It shows you nothing. Right. Right. And it – again, for the male audience anyway, it's hooking you deeper into this – The web. The, into, the, into the fantasy that he is right. indulging in. Like he the, – the audience makes the male viewer like in, like the villain of the scene – Right, like, <laughs> like it's and it's awesome the way that it does it. Like it's so she's so and her performance is great because she is so both in control of the scene while pretending to be not in control. Uh, not in control. Right, you know, and it's really it's a it's stunningly done, stunningly done. It's and it's like this this sexy, creepy, uh, shift of control uh, in that sequence that. Like she does nothing but get undressed and get in bed, and by the end of oh, it, you're like she, she gets shows in, her scars though. Well, she she, get, she, him, she gets in bed right. without revealing her body, even right. though she's naked. It's very interesting how they did that whole thing. Yep. Puts herself under covers, at which point she says, "Come to me," right. at which means goes to her. Oh, and, she she says, <clears throat> "Come to me." Pause. Don't, please, please. please. Right. right. She really like it's too much of a command to start with. So she amends it and that's when he that's when he uh, uh, Oh comes right. To her. Obedience. Right. Right. 
you are in power. Yep. At which point he starts <laughs> to take his clothes off and he goes, no, don't, please don't take your clothes off yet. Right. I want you to see me for who I am. Mm-hmm. At which point she starts to raise her. And it, I, you already noticed something fucked up is going on. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like this is again, so she starts to raise the sheets and you it's see using some, again, it's using the male gaze against you. Like right. this, this is it. Cause like, you're like, I, you know, like it's hooking you and saying like, we're going to show you the naked lady. Right. Right. And at the same time, you're like, something's wrong. Something's going to be weird. <laughs> right. It's very, <laughs> it's luring you in and freaking you yeah, out. Cause she's beautiful yep. and her body is clearly like, you know, yep. very attractive, yep. but you're like, uh, I, you know what I was thinking is like when the sheet was coming up, I was like, did she allow nudity in her contract? <laughs> did she? Sorry, I was like, oh, not sure she didn't sign that waiver. Oh, she didn't sign the waiver. Like the, the, the higher, like the higher that, that, uh, the sheet goes, the more I'm like, no, actually the someone, transition, someone's gonna, someone's the transition, right. the best <laughs> part of that was that transition. Cause it does that sheet snapping. Yeah. Oh, it's oh my God. We'll get, we'll, okay. Yeah. We'll get to that because yeah, that one was it's great. It's great. Amazing. You're uh, I'll get this, but basically she raises the thing and you and she exposes like right, you know, at the upper thigh, mm-hmm. two big scars yeah. on two her legs, burns on her inner thigh and her inner thigh. Yeah. And she explains that I got burned as a child, right. et cetera. And I want you to know my body for what it is. Mm-hmm. And then she, Reveals her whole body, which is not on camera. Right. And then he says, I just want you for you to love me for who I am. Right. Only, only love me. me. Only me. Only right. me. You only love me. Right. You'll only love me. Yeah. And he goes, yes, you and, are beautiful. Right. And even like once you've seen the movie and you see the scene and you know where it goes, like the tone of her voice is clearly mocking him. Like you don't hear it the first time, right? But what she's actually saying, like the first time you see it, like it sounds like it's a pleading and desperate thing. But when I saw it again, I was like, no, she is. She's, she's like, you're like you're a liar, and I'm going to make you lie. I'm going to make you lie right to my face because you are such a desperate fool. And it's just, right. and it's like it's she's she's got him utterly. Right. She's like you. You are a fucking weak, um, sexist awful thing and I'm going to make you debase yourself. Right. And she does. So he's he, like, absolutely. He, he gets in bed <laughs> with her. You. And then Eric, t- talk about that sheet scene because that was, so he makes the move. He comes over and he starts to kiss her and embrace mm-hmm. her. But the moment where you think that they are going to, the love scene is going to start. Start. Right. There's this snapping of a sheet. Yeah, she pulls the sheets really hard. And it lifts <laughs> up and it goes against the window and just kind of comes down. And all of a sudden it's later. Yep. And you and miss the entire sex It's a nice natural <laughs> transition. But, but it, it was like it seemed like it was an act of violence. Yeah, it feels violent. It, it is. It's, she's she's like a spider <laughs> pulling yeah, into the web. Going and it's just enticing, enticing, snap. And yeah. it's that kind of – Thing. It I think it you up. guys, yeah, nailed it when you said spider web. It's like it's like the spider yeah. snapping away. She web. is here to dis- to to. She wants to punish him, and she's going to punish him. And this right. is how she's hooked him in. And then as soon as she's as soon as he's in, in like as soon as he's close enough, as soon as he's as soon as he has lied, which is what you know, she's like you, you know, I know you're going to do it, so go ahead and go ahead and lie. And he's like, absolutely, only you. And she's like, yeah, I thought so. Snap. 
Right. And then everything turns. Everything turns from this point on. And which point she is... Just quickly, she, before he goes to the bed, tries to get him to donate $50 for a raffle to win a Chevy Volt. Did you... um, Is that in the extra scenes? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Does he win? He doesn't. That's the thing. That's That's the irony. Yeah. But he deserves it, really. She's like, buy these raffle tickets, and then you can come to bed. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Mm, Sad. Just that's pull, a tragedy. Trying to rip off older people, and I, I don't know, like that's that. Ultimate, it's it's, it's about senior abuse. It's, it's senior, senior abuse. abuse. Yeah, especially, yeah. especially from Asian countries. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. <laughs> and you see a manga all the time, as we generalize By the way, broadly. I saw something in uh, uh, an online newspaper, and it was, it says everything about the cult. It's really sad, but the guy was probably 54 and he was walking on the beach and posing with his sex doll. Oh, but one yeah. of those silicon, the yeah, super yeah, yeah. photo. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the real and, dolls. And he's the posing, he's posing <sighs> with her because she was dressed. So there, he put her arm on the balcony and, and it's some beach like going. But like beach like going pin. people and he's like posing, he's wearing a suit. There is nothing sadder to me. That's so sad, dude. And <laughs> I was like, that's the kind of things. stuff that Dan does. I do a oh, podcast God. with him. Yeah. My mm. wife's like, ugh. Pin. It's like those are pin. like a thousand dollars. It's pin. It's pin. It's pin. It's, 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 it's I saw it. Like, I saw it over the that's summer. Something. It was really sad. I was going to say, but that that's a lonely culture. What we what we should have. This done. is in Japan. Yeah. Wait. By the way, quickly, I mm-hmm. just interrupted you, but I wanted to just tell you a really great idea for a film mm-hmm. is, and I'm just going to give it away. Shark terrorizes a summer beach. Nice. No, um, this in, in Cape Cod. Cape no, Cod. Okay, okay, yeah, don't like give it. my stories out. <laughs> so, um, but the I thing is, years. don't make fun. There are a band of people, groups that go around in China, very attractive women with men, and they move into town. She'll marry a guy, mm-hmm. get the dowry. And they all take off. Oh, man. And there's yeah. like these bands of people because everyone yeah. is the, uh, with no women around because of the one child policy. Mm-hmm. Attractive woman comes to town. She starts to integrate with a month or two, gets a big dowry, for, meets a guy. Yeah. She and her cohorts, grifters, just yeah. take off. And that's it. And they go to another province. And it was like, wow, that is a film. It's yep, so sad though. Yeah, Taking advantage of the loneliness. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, that's it. And America's version? The real doll. <laughs> well, no, this guy has a Japan version. Yeah, no, it's all. Oh, it's oh, it's all over the place here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the the thing that I want to say is that what we should have done was a double feature of Pin and Lars and the Real Girl. Like that <laughs> oh is the, my god! <laughs> like that's the that's the comedy love love triangle version of Pin. If for me, Pin was really the opening, mm-hmm. and it scares the shit out of you. You don't know why. Yeah, but it just does. Yeah. It's just so it's like that's like that was up there with like the pig in the window in a in an amityville horror where you're like I can't get that out of my brain. <laughs> it's in there forever now. So do you need a lot of violence in order to scare? You don't. No, well, I'm not against. You need violence, a girl though. in a red trench coat right. to go around and no, hide. Well, there. Yeah. Okay, there is. Okay, yes. Spoiler: alert, There's a lot of uh, of physical violence oh, man, in, yeah. in 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 this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't think that is what's as interesting about this movie. Especially when you go back and see. Oh it yeah, again. totally, totally. There, I didn't like it that much. I know you didn't. How do you I, know? I, I, because you 
I could I, you you've been hinting at it the whole time. <laughs> Have I really? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's true. Why? Because I, I said it fucking sucks. That no, you, because yeah, he says like you're wearing the t-shirt that says it sucks. Because you basically <laughs> like, no, like isn't that so much better than like putting pins in someone's stomach? You said it like <laughs> okay. several times. You know what it was for me? You know what it you was know, for I'm me? I'm a psychologist. I can sense that you didn't like this movie. Or maybe <laughs> maybe it's because I am like Donald Sutherland. I can see in the future right, that you didn't yeah. like. I, it. I edit forward to where you. No, hold on, hold on. For me, mm-hmm. I gave this movie for you. I thought you loved Japanese uh, culture. I do. <laughs> I do. But for me... I thought you loved Donald Sutherland. That's <laughs> true. No, okay, do. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. It reminded me of an Iraqi, Iraqi, Iraqi uh, photograph. You know, his mm. f- photography. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. Those images, mm-hmm. you can either perceive them as beautiful and or venomous mm-hmm. and i just felt like maybe it's because it was set up like a rom-com mm-hmm. and there was such an extreme to that that it, the setup was too uh different than where it goes because it becomes too much like a, the the 19th century drawings that i was right. talking about right. i didn't i just don't believe you need the violence like that right because okay. after a while, it becomes comical. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that's a point. But for me, I if I'm going to be scared with a lesson, right. you know, well, you know I, I, it, I, it's got to be that kind of so, – so the, the stuff like in The Vanishing, right. it makes me weep and cry right. and have anxiety attacks for right. days yeah. because it scares the shit out of well, you. This, and I said before, like the, uh, with The Vanishing, is like I actually I, – I agree with you on The Vanishing. I love – it's one of the most upsetting films I've ever seen. Because people – are disturbed and they go to great lengths right. to right. hurt with no cognitive understanding. Like the like because what makes the van the what makes the vanishing work so well is the banality of the evil in it. Oh, you know, like the guy's just like having dinner with his family. You That's know, right. Like, and you're just like, oh my fucking god, I I, I hope this is the, the way, way he the world sat is. in that chair on the end. It's yeah. just kind of kids running around. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrifying. Purely horrifying. One of the most frightening films I've ever seen. And the uh but there's the the thing with um uh audition that is similar to the vanishing and why I found the vanishing uh the immediate sensation of the vanishing, why it scared me, is that the violence in audition isn't like it's extremely graphic and and horrifying, but it is affecting to me because of its claustrophobia, because it is happening and there's no way out of it. Like okay. that's the, that's I, the brilliance I, Now, of it. here's the thing. I am extremely claustrophobic mm-hmm. and a little touched neurotic. And the thing is, you're not using that in the opening, by the way. And so- uh, <laughs> Cut to the opening. Don't Marker? mark, you fucking douche. <laughs> don't mark that. No, I, um, I am extremely claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely, but I'm claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I got no sense of that. To me, it was theater- Mm-hmm. right theater which is great but i didn't get that sense like in the vanishing i didn't get that sense even of that you felt in venice right right, right. right with the sound and just the emptiness and not because i've been there um and i've been to tokyo and around japan right. many times so for me it was i didn't get the sense of it felt like a paced story that was going for an end right whereas moments in the sutherland film were and pen that opening just it it's you unnerving. Right yeah, you got you right away. So so this the subtlety this right. film and and l- listen the thing it's interesting because this film 
is often seen as the birth of the torture torture porn. Torture porn. Yeah. Oh, of right? course it is. This was the earliest version of that. So Saw and all those other things are like inspired by Audition, right? right. Audition and made that stuff. I would, like to, I would like to go on the record. I'm not against these movies. I think I'm not perfect, against them, perfectly but, valid it, but I just, I feel like violence and to get a point across about violence mm, right. is to understand, for me, you get the point of what violence is all about right. from uh, like the vanishing where you really – how can a human being do that to each but, other? Okay. Yeah, it's the, but, the emotional violence but, of the vanishing but, is what but really here's gets the thing. you. Yeah, but here's the thing that I think is interesting, right? Because the torture porn films really try to just like let's get to the porn. Let's right. get to the let's, – let's get to yeah, the money like, shot, right? Where, where they now, normally blow now, it is – we have actually talked about this movie for over an hour. Mm-hmm. And have gotten to the And haven't yet. even gotten to the yeah. violence yet. Right. Right. And that the violence is actually probably only about ten, it's 10 minutes, minutes less, less. Yeah, and, but and it, it is graphic. Yeah, but it, but it really leaves mark because for me it leaves mark because I'm so invested in this dude's life. Like I I, I buy into him. That's as a character. what's interesting right. is that the that development. Right. So I I understand what you're you're saying is like you don't need the violence to terrify people. Right. I get it. Right. Uh, nonetheless, I still think that there's something really interesting about this character development. Right. Well, the thing is, I mean, for me, like the like I'm uh, I I completely see the the like you know like the the core of why something like say whatever um, don't look now or pin works like isn't because there's violence that upsets you. Like it is, it is it, the emotional core works first. And then they do things on or top of that. The motivation's different, right? Exactly. Well, you know, like, I think that, like the, like the, the, um, like with with audition, like the, uh, the, for me, the violence is, is is used in the right way because it is a, uh, it. I forgot who said this. I read an article that 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 said if you want to make a truly effective horror movie, you want to have um, uh, the three types of scares, right? And the three types of scares are to like um uh, like essentially the jump scare like like your su- the surprise of of something where you like you like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a jump scare it's just like something unexpected that upends your vision of what's happening right you want um uh existential dread which is just this uh claustrophobic feeling of you can't get out of the horror movie. By the way, I in. believe Brady brought this up on. Yeah, I think so. Right, <laughs> and then um, and then uh, and you want disgust as just a just a touch of disgust, so that and in Don't Look Now, it's the um, it's the chop to the neck, right? And it's the it's the it's the paper cut that makes it tangible, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that audition goes pretty far in that direction. But that's what it's trying to like the the horror of an audition is realizing for me that I trapped myself in this position. That's like that's I, the gag. I of the actually movie. thought of something. I actually I remember like Ozu, mm-hmm. before, oh, yeah. before, like but the frames. I felt like. Thinking about it, there are too many cuts. Like if, if you just did a wide shot of her sawing his leg, out. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. it just slowly I'm ride agreeing out. With you on that, yeah, that yeah. would have been far yeah. more effective right. than being like here, 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 right. here. Well, ah, right. Uh, well, up. It was the, a Western that, style cut right. to essentially uh, an Eastern style, or at least that. And it, maybe it goes back to that 19th century right. drawing style of storytelling, where right. you know, and some of that. 
stuff, but it's also there was a vaudeville quality to it that uh oh i agree it's a performance for sure and but it just was maybe it's cut to well here like this is like and you spoon may, you may, feed you, cutting like you, you just may, you may well, let that this. camera move in on that because like, that mm, 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 right. of the leg he's moving his arms up and down in a sawing motion which we'll yeah, explain soon with a with a diamond right. uh, on the, the on, on piano the wire there piano wire mm-hmm. that if you just held on that man it would have felt like i tend to agree fuck. with this stuff like because i'm a i'm a believer in like i think that. The most effective violence is He was cutting to make a hero, which wasn't the point. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I totally get you on that. And like, uh, because there's a a terrible movie, uh, Nicolas Cage movie that came out a while ago. (gasps) I love Nicolas Cage. I do, I do. Mandy, everyone should see Mandy. It's amazing. Uh, And The Color Out of Space looks great too. Um, But um, there's a terrible uh, movie called 8mm that came out years ago. Yeah. It's it's just junk. Um, But the the most disappointing thing about that junk, I tried to explain this to friends. I love Family Man. Did I ever... Yeah. yeah, well, Family Man was pretty good. Uh, but anyway, that that uh, Nicolas Cage in in Eight Millimeter is like it's a plot involving this uh, this uh, this sort of snuff film that's shot on Super Eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the plot is essentially it comes to like, and who would pay for such a movie to be made, right? And I was like, what you do in this movie is you show the entirety of the snuff film to the audience who came to see it, meaning us so the answer to what kind of vile pig would pay to see this it's us right like that's that should be the gag right like you show the whole fucking thing and have everyone be like well like why did why are we watching this and then you say because you paid to see it you idiot you saw the ads you knew it was coming and you wanted to see it because you wanted to be titillated right it's not titillating it's horrifying right and you do that all in a long shot and you say like it's a smack to the audience like you're the fucking criminal here this is your doing. You wanted to see this. Right. Instead, the movie kind of coyly shows you flashes of dangerous imagery. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's not sexy. Like, it's not supposed to be sexy. This is fucking awful. What you're talking about is awful. And if you want me to know that it's awful, you should give me what I paid to see, which is awful. And then make me go, what, what kind of person am I that I wanted to see that? Right. And audition comes close to that. Like, Audition's point is very much the same, where it's like, you, male, male, uh, likely male audience goer, uh, you know, you are the villain. You are, you have trapped yourself in this position. Like, and the world is revealed to be something else, and now you, now you want Actually, mercy. The best shot, one of the best shots was uh, where he's on the floor and he sees her through the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If they just held on that. Yeah. Of her just kind of looking at him in the eye contact and yeah. just calling her name. Yeah. And maybe she suddenly closes the door right. or she comes out. But it's like it's too – it moved too fast. I feel you. No, I understand. And it understand. then made her into somebody like Eon Flux. Right. Do you know what I mean? In a sense of like – Yeah, I get you. I get you. Like hero, it makes her a hero in a way and it just kind of defeated the whole thing. Let's 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 so that people understand what that scene is. Let's, let's not get, explain it. Let's, let's, let's them get, get there. Wonder, let's get there. Right. What am I thinking right now? Okay. Uh, so uh basically uh they have we have a lot to go through and it's already almost 4 hours. Yeah, let's do it. So Epic. uh we uh so basically uh, they have their they have their sex. <laughs> yes, they have and their sex. They have their sex, and then he wakes up as if he looks drugged, mm-hmm. 
and he can't figure out what's going on. Yeah, like, it's like kind of can't remember what happened. Yeah, what happened? And then the front desk is it's like, I've been trying to call you, but no one's answering. It looks like your looks like your guest, guest has left. gone. Do you want to stay in the hotel? What's I don't what's understand happening? what's happening. Right. At which point he can't figure out what's going on. He right. goes back. I, I'm going to try to go through this. Hustle as fast through as, it. I love it. So he goes back to Japan, or goes back. He's in Japan. Goes back to Tokyo, right. and. Um, and uh, uh, tries to find her, but mm. he can't. He, he's calling, no one's answering. Uh, can't figure anything out. Uh, and he starts to look as like, how am I going to find her? He asks his friend, "Do you have her address?" He's like, no, all I have is a freaking resume. Right. I don't know where she lives because I keep just dropping her off on the corner right. or someplace. So the first thing he does is he's like, "Okay, ballet." Look at the ballet. Goes to the ballet. The ballet is all boarded up. This is very disturbing. Yep. All boarded up. And uh, he's like, wait, what? And then, but he hears piano music played from the ballet. Uh, and it starts to get really freaky. So uh, it starts to turn sort of unreal. Unreal. Right. So he can hear that. He can open the doors through the boards. It is and- unreal. Well, I mean, the lighting turns. Like the rest of the movie has been photographed in a very realistic way. Well, and suddenly it's Dutch angles and orange light and it, like it's it goes into a weird And as choice. you go along, you start to think is like because premonition, this all feels like a dream, right? Right. right. Pulls the, a couple of boards off so that he can actually enter the building and he, all he sees is person in a wheelchair playing the piano in a large empty space that looks like a dance floor right right and he starts to talk he's like i called you today i was trying to find you know this, this girl do you know who she is etc cetera, etc cetera. and the guy starts to snicker mm-hmm. and you're like in a classically uh, creepy way very creepy yeah and then he slowly turns around in his wheelchair and you see this very creepy looking guy and goes did you see her? Did you smell her? Yeah. Did you feel her flesh? Yeah. Like, just like... Total creep show. Total creep show. Very disturbing. That's the director, too, isn't it? Is that Mika? I don't know. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> I okay. believe it. Let me, yeah, I'll have to look that up. I, I, I admire that guy because he makes... He is, like, one of the most prolific filmmakers of all time. He's made, like, a hundred movies. Really? And yeah, he's yeah. really, really incredible. But... You also look down, and he's got these very strange feet on blocks that mm-hmm. he's holding, and it's disturbing. Yeah, it's just weird. Everything's weird. Very wrong, weird. Right? And he's got a little vase next to him filled with coals and iron rods in the coals. Right, that are sparkling. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Yeah, very spooky, very weird. Very strange. Uh, so that didn't work out for him. Mm-hmm. That was a dead end. Right. Because the guy just kept laughing at him, at which point- he says, oh, during one of our dates, she said she works at this bar right. three days a week to help her friend called the Rockfish or something like right. that. Tries to go to find this place. Tries to find a place. Finds the place and then is like, weird. Not very – no one's here. Right. Slow place. Down in the basement. Keeps looking down the hall. By the way, a great example of when you uh, – of uh, POV camera mm-hmm. walking down staircases. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Scary, scary, yeah. scary. If you do architectural visualization, 
Never move the camera forward with it because it is disturbing. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so uh, that's the one thing that people's like, I'm going to do an architectural walkthrough and they move the camera forward. It right. makes your space look like a horror film. Yeah, right. Never do that in right. architecture. Right. Just saying. Anyway. Goes he, to the bar. Goes to the bar. Down these strange little hallways and stairs. And he's trying to like, there's nothing there. Right. And then this, and then in the, some guy in the hallway goes, bar is closed. It's been closed for years. Yep. And the guy's like, what do you mean? Goes, for a year and a half anyway. A year and a half. Uh-huh. A year and a half, right? <laughs> uh, and the guy says, what? And goes, well, no, there was a. A murder there. Someone like one of the the, the owner got murdered and chopped into pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy says, "Oh, what?" And he goes, "Yeah, it was very disturbing." It's like, and they tried to reconstruct the body, and they found three extra fingers and an extra tongue. Other body parts body, from other people. But other people were in there. <laughs> and and something like, involved is involved with that record record company guy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> and also we have to mention one of the great scary moments is when uh, she is on the phone or she hangs up the phone and then the bag behind her moves very suddenly right with a sound right and i jumped a mile oh yeah that is one of the best jump scares like clearly there's a dude in the bag the the burlap bag is filled with with dude with 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 dude yes Uh, it is a is it is a massive jump scare yes it's tremendous even as i knew it was happening i'm like oh it's gonna happen it's still jumped the second time it's still good terrifying and uh, so at the bar and then at that, like he also has like, I mean, like that scene is also very weirdly shot with very strange light and very dreamlike atmosphere to it. And the guy is creepy, mm-hmm. but not that creepy. Like he's right. very informative. He's right. just basically, but you can tell the way he's talking is, mm-hmm. oh, it's really disturbing stuff. goes on. It's like, oh, this building is 28 years old. Mm-hmm. So all none of the floors are even. So we just saw the blood coming just out from under there. Right out of there, yeah. And it's I was right. like, oh, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Very weird because right. it's clearly like you feel like you're in a trapped space, right? Because it's like gone all down all these staircases, and mm-hmm. you're like you can't go anywhere except there. So it's not like you can run away very easily. And then we see his place, right, from someone else's point of view, right. <laughs> So then we see his place, uh-huh. right? So now it's at his house, and his uh, his housekeeper's there. Mm-hmm. Now I have to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw this movie, mm-hmm. right? You're like at this point, you're like, this is fucked up, mm-hmm. fucked up, right? First time I watched this movie, it was me and my wife and my friend Paul George, and we were watching it on DVD, mm-hmm. right? We're watching that shot where it's like it's a lock off shot down the hallway and you see his housekeeper walk across the thing. Yeah. At which point I don't, unbeknownst to me, my DVD freezes. Oh, it just hung there on the empty doorway image. Hung there on the empty doorway (laughs) image. And I waited there for like three and a half minutes. And I'm like, there's no sound. There's no nothing. Karen and I are freaking out. Oh we're god. terrified. Oh my god! Oh my, uh, and we realized that the DVD just froze. Froze. <laughs> That's funny. amazing. Scariest part of the movie. It Technical was. It was and I saw it again. I'm like, 
in, in real time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not scary at that's all. Because she just walked there and then she walked across right. and it was like, it was just fine. But, <laughs> but, you, but you are still uh, on pins and needles yes, at this exactly. point. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah. There is a there is a sequence where we see from essentially from the from the girl's point of view as she goes up and into his house, right, interacts yeah. with the dog, and picks up looks at a photo of his wife, and then looks oh, at, the, uh, all, at the all POV at the all POV all POV and looks so, and like a whiskey a whiskey like, bottle that he's been drinking from happening at lightning speed yes, right right so like picture of the wife sees the dog sees the whiskey. Bam, 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 right? And like... She has been in his house. Right. Right. And or, he goes back to his house. And he comes back to his house. And he's depressed. And he's like, I can't find the girl. So he has a big drink. This weird shit's going on. And then he has a, uh, a voicemail from his son mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to stay at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. By the way, absolutely no violence has happened at this point. Zero. You're two, uh, two hours into the movie. Like, you're almost like, well, at least you're an hour... The 15, hour, the, the hour mo- fifteen into the movie. At the least. movie, it, the movie. No, you're you're more than that. But the movie is about as uh, uh, one fifty five. You're probably about one thirty five into the movie. Right. right. Absolutely. Zero, Nothing's happened. Zero <laughs> violence has happened. Right. Just character but study. But you a little, are couple of you are creeped out. Right. right. Hardcore. Um, and not not no violence has happened. Right. And then. Um, so he pours himself a big glass. Pours of himself a big glass of scotch, mm-hmm. and um, you can sense that there are. Uh, he's being drugged. Mm-hmm. Starts to feel weird. Starts to feel weird. Falls over. Falls over and collapses, <laughs> and then goes into a dreamscape. Yeah, which is a, a really. Amazing sequence. And Honestly, the dream stuff is really cool. It's pretty great. Yeah. And fits into Dreamscape, actually. Come to think of it. Color wise. <laughs> Color wise, right? So, what happens in Dreamscape? Extreme, like you have like really vivid blues, really vivid reds. Right. And we get a weird collection of like, first he wakes up and he thinks he's in the hotel again. It's a montage. Right? Maybe all that was a dream. No, no, no. That happens later. Oh, that happens later? Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, no. So uh, he he has these uh, these dreams mm-hmm. uh, about like her uh, and and uh, about her conversation. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- uh, revisiting the conversation, revisiting her conversation during our dates, uh, and then the dream is, um, you know, tell me goes back to that same date. Was like, tell me about your family. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying like, yeah, my dad and I were like kind of close, but not close, whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, my parents divorced. Right. And um, uh, so I end up having to live with my uncle who abused me. Right. And my, and it, and my aunt abused me. And like, my aunt yeah. abused me right. and goes through like a very horrific – it's like, and it's, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. It's like, no. And like – and goes through like this heavy abuse right. story – and you realized how damn it's like. Wait a minute, that's a different like conversation. A totally different conversation. Completely than what I different had. conversation from what was previously right. put out there. As if he is having the memory while she is telling him something else outside of his memory. Like right. Like she may be telling. Like she may be there and telling him this, and it's influencing. I was his thinking dream. about that, but I was like, yeah. it's, "There's so much weird stuff." And yeah. then, at which point, then he goes back. 
to visit mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the 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 old ballet teacher, right? Uh, at who she goes to see, right? It's in, in his dream, right? And violently murders him. Yeah, yeah. By using the 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 uh, a, piano uh, wire with a diamonds. Pian- piano wire uh-huh. with diamonds to saw off his head slowly. Uh-huh. In complete glee. Yep. She's got this beautiful smile on his face and the 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 guy who's getting murdered is happy about getting murdered. Yes, yes. I think he's actually masturbating. I he is. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. While he's getting murdered. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very disturbing. Yep. And then his head rolls off mm-hmm. in a horrific way. Mm-hmm. And this is after we discover that he burned her with the iron needles on the inside. Right. He's the one that burned her right. for dancing. And so he's the one of the main abusers to mm-hmm. her right. her lifestyle. Then we cut to our hero inside of her house or room, the same room where the phone rings and the man is in the burlap sack. Right. right? He's now there somehow. Right. So everything is getting mixed up. Everything and he's dreaming. He's never been there before. Right. So he's in the room. He's in the room. As you see the guy climb out of the burlap sack. No, it gets Okay, it's it's strange because he's in the room. Oh, there's there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. Right. He's in the room and then he's like realize the guy's in a burlap sack. The guy does you're right. The guy crawls out of the burlap sack. Right. Uh Missing several parts, missing yeah. both of his feet, both and of his most feet, of his fingers, most of his fingers, and, and his, his tongue, tongue right. and s- screaming for food. Yep. At which point, you the guy turns around, sees the girl throwing up into a dog bowl, right, and then she serves it to the guy. Serves it the to bag. the guy, and he says, "Delicious." Yeah. yeah. That's his food. Is whatever she throws up at right. him. Right. Which is just disturbing and meanwhile the main fuck. character is just there as if he's not there Jer- and then it, it it goes he's still in that same place and she says she loves him mm-hmm. and he's like in like suddenly amorous is like i want to be with you etc i want to love you completely she decides to kneel down and blow him uh-huh but then you, she looks up, and it's his secretary. Yeah, yeah. He realized he had an affair with her, and yeah. and she says, "We only had sex once. I thought you loved me." And you realize, like, he had an affair with yeah. her, and now he's treating her like she's nothing. Like she's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And at which point he feels really bad about it, uh-huh. and like he did something wrong, mm-hmm. and then he gets pushed down. Mm-hmm. And then his son's girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. starts to do the same thing. Right. At which point he feels even more. He is fucked up. He's he's like, I have really done something horrible to right. women. Yeah. <laughs> I am getting blown by my son's 
girlfriend. Now, is that real or it's no, a dream? But no, that's all. A, like it's just like it's well, a dream. All of it's projected fantasies and mixed with his dreams but, and mixed with everything else. But He's, how is he? In, like, there's a lot of things that are like there's a. It's really hard to figure out what's real and what's not real. Right. 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 But then, like, I think that he probably had sexual feelings towards his son's girlfriend. Like he feels guilty about that. I don't think he because did she was wearing that outfit, right? And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, no, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, like and and so like for all of his sort of like I'm a sweet old dad. Like he's got these fucked up internal, you know, sure. like things going on for himself, and he's just now coming to right to come, and just now facing the, the the horror that he's created for himself. So 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 then finally he uh, um, uh, he. Wakes up from this dream, mm-hmm. and he is back on his floor in, in his house where he passed out. Right, and he can't move. Right, and uh, she's at the um, she's at the uh, uh, at the doorway mm-hmm. uh, in her white outfit. Yeah, putting on and photography is reverted back to realism. She's putting yes, yeah. and she's putting on a large rubber apron, mm-hmm. large rubber gloves. And still wearing her very white outfit underneath it. Yeah, and she's got a very old-fashioned medical bag with her. Right, yeah. and, and is about to perform some horrific torture on he him. He has been paralyzed with a drug that she has given him. Right, which he she says you can't move your arms, but you can still feel all feel the, everything, all the pain. Right. Which pun? Which point she does uh, takes a, uh, a, a stack of needles as you would use. Does them. does does you know basically the worst acupuncture job you could ever <laughs> right. do, uh, and does the very you know the line that everyone talks about in this uh, in this film, which is kitty 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 kitty, which means deeper deeper deeper. Yeah. right. And she's as she's tapping the needles into his abdomen. Right. On his liver and everything else. And he's right. just like many, 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 many needles. And the photography here is a point of almost a point of view cam where she is doing this to the audience. Right. And uh, she does it also near his eyes, mm-hmm. which yep. is also very torturous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, by the way, the sound design it was pretty darn fantastic yeah. at this point, yeah. this especially when she puts the needles in the eyes. After the needles have gone into the eyes, you're like, oh, like okay. But then she goes, bang. Yeah. So you realize how <laughs> deep it is. Yeah, it's such like a strum. Uh. It's like a metal guitar strum. Yeah, yeah exactly. She, uh. It's not like she yeah. like just basically snaps the needle. And that is not eyes. as good as the sound design that is coming up right because the next thing she does is take out the piano wire right and starts looping it around his, his ankle. ankle right and what she starts sawing off his foot right with these big poles back and forth which we've already got the the, the we already knew this was going to happen because right. it happened to the guy in the burlap yeah, sack and it happened to the guy obviously with the, the neck the, with the, right? uh, the, the the yeah but now we're now we're in a now we're. But he also had had these weird feet. We realized yeah. his feet have been chopped cut off. off. Right. But now we're in a realistic photographic mode, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and she is smiling, and she begins to saw. And the sound design is the thing that I remembered most is that the change in pitch from the saw, like as the loop is closing around his ankle, mm-hmm. it's first. It's the sawing through flesh noise, and it goes like, like this, and then it hits bone. It goes, 
Yeah. <laughs> like the first time I hit the, heard that, I almost threw up. I couldn't right. believe it. It's like it's more the sound design far more hideous than any of the visuals. Yeah, and in this you don't movie. see anything. Yeah, you just see her smiling face as yeah. she's just sawing happily away and he's screaming it, and there it is. Yeah. And she saws his foot off and throws, <laughs> throws it away. <laughs> throws it at the window. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Disturbing. then she starts on the second foot. She starts on the second foot, right. at which point, as she starts on the second foot, his son walks through the window. Yeah. Uh, walks through the door. Right. Right. And, she's, and he's like, what's happening? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, my friend, you know, I was supposed to stay over at my friend's house, but like he got sick and there was an ambulance called. So I'm just going to come home. Dad, where are you? Are you okay? And which point she goes like, and she uh, slithers herself uh, outside to try to ambush the son uh, right. from behind. Son walks in, sees his dad paralyzed on the floor, right. can barely talk, is pleading for something. Is like, what happened to you? And then she has like some kind of a mace or some kind of a spray. Yeah. That the, she's yeah. about to spray the kid's face. Spray the kid's face. Right. When she does, then it cuts to the 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 father waking up mm-hmm. in the bed. Right, right, right. And maybe it was all a dream. Maybe it was all just after the sex. It was fine. No, waking up in, in the, the hotel. bed in the hotel yeah. with the girl after their sex. Right, and realize like, oh. Oh, maybe that was all just a dream. And then she, and that's the this is the most amazing thing because uh. it wakes up and he goes. Uh, she says, "I was thinking about your proposal, uh-huh. and it's been." And the guy goes, "What? Your proposal? Mm? Uh huh. I, I think I'll like I'll accept it <laughs> if we can be together." If you only love me. And he goes, uh-huh. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And at which point he's like, oh, fuck. I just proposed to this crazy Right, person. right, right. And it, but he realizes also, like, maybe it's all a dream. Maybe she's not that thing. Like, right. there's so many situations. Because when she saw the leg off, she's like, you said you'd love only me. Right. But you also love your son. son. There's a whole lot of other people you love. Right. <laughs> Not just me. Not just me. <laughs> including your dead wife yeah, yeah. and everyone else. Yeah, right. right. But but then suddenly like this whole situation and he's freaking out in the bed that he just had sex with this girl. Right. Uh, and then it kind of realizes that, nope. We're actually here. This is actually happening. <laughs> Goes back to the torture scene yep. and you realize like it's also a dream. Yeah. Right. At which point now we're back at the – the the son and the girl yep. being tortured uh-huh. or, or like oh like sorry the the the, the she's trying to spray, spray him spray him in the face she's run to the top she, of the stairs to get and, him and, and she and he's like he gets away runs to the top of the stairs she runs up to get him at which point he kicks almost her. gets him almost Al- gets almost him. gets him he kicks her and she goes flying it was a really good shot yeah. by the way yeah. she goes flying down the staircase completely gets uh 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 like pr- massively hurt probably broke her spine yeah yeah right her neck cuz she could see the neck bone sticking yeah, out right it's, it's, it's the oh, neck yeah, the yeah. neck gets breaks broken. her neck yeah breaks her neck she can't move she's paralyzed son calls the cops son calls the cops well, ambulance ambulance uh and and the uh, guy is left looking at her as she is lying on the floor with the neck broken and, and 
she says like how we could have been a major wonderful couple right 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 together. oh it's yeah she'd, oh my god yeah it's it's so horrifying it's like that her final speech is like the scariest part of the movie for me like, it's because absolutely she has such an innocent look on her face right. even right. though she basically sawed off his foot yep yeah it's a disaster but the son who had developed uh, positive romantic relationships and right. treats women with respect is the one who saves his broken right. dad yeah yeah so that's a it's a it is ultimately a moral lesson for uh the creepy old man uh and his son is a is the positive vision of the future a happyish ending <laughs> if a footless one yeah <laughs> i i I actually think that this film is interesting besides the gore, mm -hmm. like a way interesting besides the gore. Yeah, yeah. No, I think like I think the gore is very effective, and like I, I told you before that when we were talking before the, uh, like I think that uh, the first time I saw the it was so overwhelming, the violence was so overwhelming that I was just like I was afraid to watch this movie again. I was like, Jesus Christ, this came so, come so far out of left field, and it's so crazy that it really burned its way into my skull. And this time, because I knew it was coming. And just because I've seen lots of stuff since then, like mm -hmm. it wasn't nearly as uh, shocking right. as as I was the. If first you time. if you've seen this in the early two thousands, it would have been like death things like it now nowadays. So many things have imitated it that right. it's like right. yeah. But it was it was certainly very very impressive when I first saw it. Now I thought like the most interesting part of the movie is the build up and then and the character oh, yeah. and the character deconstruction. And I I agree with you, Eric. Like the I I almost and this. Yeah, this is terrible of me, but I'm just like, I almost want this to have, like, I want, I wanted it to end on the darkest note it could. Like this time through, I was just like, I think you should just like, I think they should do that ending and then go, no, that was the dream. And then he's still on the board and she cuts him apart. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you're going to like follow all the way through the swing is, it was my feeling come out of, coming out of this time. It goes was, back and forth. Yeah. There's also an interesting part in one of his dreams. I forgot which part of it, where he's having. It, 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 it's like he's revisiting his dates, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's having a conversation with her. Right. And then you realize it's a dream. Yeah. Right. And then uh, she's talking about her family, whatever. And then all of a sudden, all these people are turning around looking at him, and he realizes it's his dead wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good bet. It's a good guy. And uh, and she goes, oh. You're here. Yep. It's like, I want to introduce you to this person. Yeah. Because she's going to be like my, my new yeah. my new wife. Yeah. Right. And I want you to accept her as my new and wife. And the old wife was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. No. Bad idea. Not, because she yeah. seems like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then she looks at him and says, nope. She's bad for you. She's bad. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think that's the, the, the genius of the movie lies in the – uh, in like, you know, whereas, how can I say it? Like she lures him, but what the movie is doing really is using him as the lure for us. Like, right. it, like he is a really likable, reasonably, like he's a nice, reasonable guy and you care about him because his wife died. Right. So everything that he's actually doing wrong and a really, you know, like he treats people, you know, poorly in many like acceptable, socially acceptable ways that we just let slide all the time. You know, these like demean, little demeaning things all the time that are represented as kind of cute 
or like, oh, we'll get away with lying to these girls or like, I'll sleep with my secretary and then just pretend like it didn't happen right. and all this sort of stuff that we were just like, no, th- none of this is acceptable at all. Right. And it, the, his realization of that is like the way it reads now is like, you know, like his realization is like, oh my God, I've, I've lived, I've actually done I've done badly in my life mm-hmm. and the guilt and shame of that is represented as the vengeance that she is wreaking on him. Uh, and, uh, and so it's like, it's impossible to, if this were, if you were a scumbag, there'd be no, uh, the movie wouldn't be frightening, but in fact, he's a relatable, nice guy. And so guys, now it's myself watching go like, Oh, he's just a sweet old dude. He doesn't mean to do wrong. And in the end it's like, Mean means to got nothing to do with it, pal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're gonna pay. Here it comes. You know, and yeah. it's and it's that that's the upsetting thing about it. Well, it's really if you great. think about, it, as I was, you know, it, it's it's the Me Too movement, right? Yeah. Like it's it's like oh, and she says it's like you didn't really want to make the movie. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to have sex with me. You're like any other. Guy. creepy guy yeah, and then when she said that it's like oh my yeah. god it's the most Harvey, Harvey, Werns- it's like, Harvey Weinstein yeah. Harvey Weinstein is like yeah you're just gonna sit yeah. there and, and this like, is how you like like as, the, fucked as that person that's how you feel like when the hammer right. comes down yeah you know I'm sure Harvey Weinstein watches this movie and goes relatable <laughs> yeah that's me I fucking I made my own bed and here I am getting sawn up because I fucking deserve it yeah, he probably doesn't think that he's he's a scumbag. Yeah, well, he's a narcissist. Probably <laughs> yeah, too. exactly. Um, but the, that's like that is the 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 cruelty of the movie is like you know at every turn he could have changed his ways and not been in the position he was in. You know, and uh, and I think that's the that's why it's a nightmare film. That's why it's a vengeful vengeful spirit movie. It's right. a vengeful ghost. You know, and I think that uh, and she's represented that way because she isn't representative of like women she's representative of his shame coming to destroy him right and uh and that's the like that's the that's the ultimate the scariness is like the villain is him ultimately in that movie right and i think that's that's very that's very powerful thing to do i i agree that like i would say that like this he, movie he knows he's the villain though yeah no he comes, certainly comes to realize that he's he, the villain. well he right. from the very beginning yeah. he says i feel like i'm a criminal right he says it right before he starts the audition right Right, and then he's he's yep. going to be punished for it, and that's how it goes. But yeah, no, I think that like by today's standards, there's things that I agree with Eric that like I would think would play better if done slightly differently. And maybe it's because it's been ripped off so many times by now. Right. Uh, but uh, like I think that I think that now my choice would be like I would like that violence to be not more gory, but more uh, like more upsetting. Like I I, I would like I'd be like. I really want this to be uh, the cold left turn that it was for me back in the in the nineties, and now it isn't because of things like you know whatever Hostel and Saw and all the other shitty movies that come right. out. And uh, trying to re- recapture that shock is very difficult, mm-hmm. but I still appreciate very much the first you know hour plus. I think that that's the really great filmmaking, and the relationship with the son is great, and him as a as a character being revealed is really great. And his relationship with his kind of skeevy, but likable friend, like all that stuff feels natural and real and, and really nicely done. And Mia Kid is like a nice job. I also like stuff. the fact that his friend feels really skeevy, mm-hmm. 
at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to help you out. Come on, I'm going to do this. And then suddenly his friend goes, he's the voice of reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, (laughs) no. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Like, 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 no. Like, his friend is like, there's there's something not right here at all. Right. So it's very interesting. And so this the, the, the beauty of all these movies, man. It's like all every one of them is about like the dangers of not letting go. Like at any like fucking Donald Sutherland could have avoided it if he had just fucking let let it go. You know, yeah. uh, the dude in audition, if he just let it go, like it started to seem weird. Right. Let it go. Nope. And every one of the like, and of course the the, the creepy brother, man. At any point, like. Maybe get your shit straight, <laughs> right? But it's just like all these, all these things that brings back. The or plot. even the sister and the pain. sister actually, the sister in pain. pain. If she basically yeah. like, like confronted it, confronted yeah, and, the situation with, with her brother right. and dealt with it, as opposed to just like I'm just gonna let yeah, I'm just this gonna let be. That ride. So yeah, sure it'll be fine. Life, life at my house with my brother yeah. and I'm this not, I'm not dummy makes sense. That, it's totally fine. We'll just deal. But yeah, like all these movies pro- promote that that very claustrophobic, claustrophobic feeling of. Bad decisions closing down on you and coming. You have to pay the piper in the end. And yeah. I think that's why it makes a good little trilogy yeah. for a, a horror movie uh, trifecta for you for Halloween. So this is our uh, Martini Giant Halloween uh, uh, tri- trilogy, as you uh-huh. said. Um, it is also because I knew this is going to be a long one. It is also probably going to be our longest episode ever recorded. <laughs> right now, my timer says four hours and eighteen minutes. Nice. With everything Holy else Molly. going on. Yeah, I'm so, fading. Uh, yeah, I know we're all fading because it's actually uh, 12:03. It's past yeah. this night, no, yeah, so we have to we have to move on. That's right. Uh, uh, and uh, Eric, uh, thank you for 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 being here and uh, not fading yet. <laughs> yeah, we held on. It's good. We did three I'm movies. Kind of dipped a lot. in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, that's all right. Sorry, right. I know. No, cool. This is the, for the three movie challenge. I think that was, that we made record See, time. And people want us to do a hundred movies and the eighteen hour episode that we talked <laughs> about. If you allow me to sleep movies. a little bit, I can. We can do we'll rotate take turns, yeah, yeah. Yes. shifts. Get, bring some bunk beds in that's here. Right. And we'll I'll talk the whole time, but I mean, I'm yes, sure. you will. <laughs> that's what I'll do. Amazon, I just want to say one more thing about. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a dream sequence when I wake up in the chair and you're sawing my head off. Either way, I think this has been our, uh, a really good uh, uh, Halloween special, right? Yeah, we had to put one. We had to put one. We could just do like four episodes of Halloween. I'm not going to do that. I figured let's give people the three Halloween films that or horror films that we keep talking about, mm-hmm. and that will be our first Halloween special. That doesn't mean that we won't be talking about Exorcist three for at great length at some point in the future. At some point, maybe but not even during Halloween. Maybe not even during Halloween, but we will be addressing the list of uh, excellent suggestions from all of our listeners. We're very yes. excited about that. Uh, for folks that uh, wrote in uh, wanting to be guests, please actually contact us. Where can they contact us? Whether they want to be on the podcast or whether they just want to comment. Podcast at martinigiant.com is an easy way just to, to email us. Mm-hmm. Just let us do that. You can also reach out if you guys know me personally, which many of you do. Just email me. I'm not going to give that email out on this podcast. <laughs> uh, or uh, text me because some of you guys have my text you, as well. And you reach us on Twitter at? Uh, martini At Martini Giant. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram? Uh, martini underscore Giant. Beautiful. What else? Gosh, is that it? We are on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Martini Giant. And that's that. And the website. 
and a website, martinigiant.com. Come which, and check out uh, loads of awesome uh, fo- uh, photographs that have been well-treated by uh, Eric uh, to include the Martini Giant cast and, and all of the, uh, these great films that we're talking about. Beautiful, absolutely. Beautiful so if you go to martinigiant.com, it's our website. Many of you all see that. All of our podcast is there. You can do all this stuff. But dig around a little bit more. Go to the little hamburger on the side if you're looking at it on your mobile phone and click on that button and look at the gallery section. It is hilarious. Yeah. It is basically all the movies we talked about and pretty much us integrated into all those movies. And it's quite, quite It's pretty brilliant. Pretty brilliant. Pretty and Eric does uh, – you have fun with that, don't you? Yeah. 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 It's good business. Yeah. It's good I just business. do it on my laptop Yeah, he, when he, I'm sitting with my daughter. So it's pretty much lovely. every time we start the podcast, he's like, all right, I've screen captured all these prints. Here's how I'm going to pose you. We go through an entire photo shoot after the podcast. I know it's 12, 12.06 right now. And we're going to have to do it again. But we're going to do an entire photo shoot to make sure that we're in all these, all three of these films. So <laughs> That's right. Good. Where he started, though. I took some of the older photos from the camera. That's right. Yeah, They're yeah. looking beautiful. Yeah. They're looking beautiful. Yeah. All right, uh, gentlemen, are we ready to go? Yeah. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.